guys. Thank you so much for joining us once again on the Pigment Podcast. My name is Ron Aliopoulos, and I'm joined by my best buds in the world. I got Sparks Witty. I'm the best bud in the world. I got Ben Magnet. I'm making sure my cat doesn't destroy things. And I got Brandon T. McClure. The amount of cocaine in Coca-Cola was reduced over time and finally eliminated from the drink by 1929. This was during the Prohibition era in the United States when alcohol was illegal. These are the kind of facts that you get on the Fitness Podcast on these late Sunday nights. Thank you for that fact, Brandon. That slash fact. Not prepared. Neither were I. Of the dead, Zack Snyder's new movie today. We got two weeks worth of news. We were off last week, but uh, Brandon, you got any any uh, things to talk about that we did this week? Well, Ryan, not only do we have two weeks of news, we have two weeks of links. Man, this sounds like so professional right now. <laughs> I know. Um, okay, Ryan, you got two downright nerdies. Oh, I do. Shazam. You have um, Running Scared and Mad Max Fury Road. Yes, one of those movies is really great. <laughs> it's uh, it's the, Running the, the Scared, Running Scared right? Definitely what he said. <laughs> uh, both of those links are down below. You can see both both of those. Um and then Ben, your old school gamer magazine from last week is in the is yeah. in the description uh, below as well because it was supposed to be in the last week's description. But do you want to tell the audience a bit about what that was? Yeah. Um, wait. What did I write about? I completely. Oh my god! I completely forgot what I wrote about last week. That's fair. If you don't remember, guys, it's a surprise now. You can go down there and look for yourself. It's about video games, a bit. It, it yeah. It has. Uh, what the hell did but, I run? But Ben, you also have a Kaiju Weekly episode that I is do. now two weeks old, but that's in there. That I do, I do. That wasn't in there. Last, no, uh, I just wanted to be sure because I forgot. Oh, so. okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, so you talked about Gundam on that one. Yeah, yeah, I did. I talked about Gundam and totally spoiled a really cool part of Gurren Lagann. So spoiler for Gurren Lagann if you're gonna listen to that after you're done listening to this. Um, and then you guys did the review special for Zack Snyder's Justice League. We did. It's been some time. It, it feels weird skipping a week. Weird, yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> We reviewed, we reviewed the Snyder Cut. Check out all the takes. Hot did you, and did you cold. watch any of that, Brandon? Watch the intro. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you watched the intro. <laughs> the I, intro what, was funny. I wasn't okay. gonna watch the rest of it. Good, good, good. I gotta now. I gotta. I don't watch our content, but now I got to. Hey, There's something at no. the beginning. Um, yeah. So the so that is both video and audio. Uh, both of those. Uh, so you, if you're watching this on YouTube, you can check that out. Or if you're listening to this on the podcast, you can just click iTunes. There it is. Yeah, we finally got together and we talked about that movie. Shazam. That four-hour event movie. The Fake Nerds Watch for Invincible, the special for season one of Invincible is in the description below. Woo! That's a great show. Uh, we t- had a great time talking about that a couple weeks ago. But uh, yeah, uh, that, that, that show rules. Mm-hmm. For the video peoples, we got a cool shirt by the Sparks video over here. Oh, is that Scott Pilgrim? Heck yeah. It's Scott Pilgrim with Omni-Man and the nice. guys. Spoiler, um, that's, that ends poorly. <laughs> yeah you have a basement arcade pause menu for with the top loader ben yeah i do i do that was fun uh that's uh both video and audio mm-hmm. are on the feed uh, on those feeds do you want do you remember what happened on that one do you want to say a little bit I about do. that so okay. he and i talked about game collecting and we so we talk, i want to say we like 55 percent talked about the woes of collecting because he lives down in australia so the rules for him collecting down there are vastly different than up here because here in the united states especially where we live in southern california you can like toss a stone or toss a dart and a map and like eight times or seven times out of 10, that city that you threw a dart in probably has a retro video game store in a good, say 30 mile radius, give or take. I don't know. Down Australia, it's a lot different. You, you got to like really hunt some stuff down. So we talked about the differences. We talked about our woes and I am actually impressed with my very 
their knowledge of cricket. Because you didn't think I knew what cricket was, uh, but I do. Nice. The, the, the insect? What's up? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> All right, and uh, Fakner Book Club for a little char in the gang. Uh, the mm-hmm. audio feed for for Fakner Book Club is almost catching up to the video feed. Uh, chapters fifty three to one hundred five is now available in audio, uh, so that link that below. Check Did that out. No. no, nope. Okay, cool. Because my I, there's an Amazon box and my cat's now biting at it. Oh, that's okay. Very adorable. And finally, I have two conversations. In the link, in the link below, uh, one is with Chris Maverick, who is an academic uh, professor uh, who talks to me about uh, podcasting and and his academic viewpoint of fandom. That was a lot of fun. That guy talks a mile a minute. Yes, um, he does. You said academic twice. Oh, you're welcome. Really smart. He is very smart. I really enjoyed talking to him, um, and he had a great time talking at me. Um, so, uh, that's linked below, and of course, Sparks Witty Part One. Sparks, you, you're you're linked below. I'm linked. I'm a link. I'm in a link. I did it. did it. You did it. Where's the uh, Triforce? I made it into the links. <laughs> um, Spark, I, I talked to you, Sparks, about about this podcast. Um, some some podcast confessionals happened yeah. in, happened in that episode. Um, that was a lot of fun listening back on that. Yeah, uh, yeah, I listened back on that as well, and I was like, man, I kind of wish that some of the thoughts I've had in the past few weeks I could have brought to this, but that's okay. I mean, that's what happens when I record I these so early. That's every every day. Every podcast. <laughs> yep. mm-hmm. um, Sparks Way Part 2 will be coming next week, so stay tuned for that. Wow. Uh, that was a fun episode to listen, by the way. And also, oh. Brandon, you're 100% right. If Sparks lived where I lived when I first met, when we were in college, you told, he totally would have been the first oh, major yeah. host of Fake Nerds. Um, yeah, that's true. Um Sparks, uh, Sparks and I's conversation was very long uh, because you know it's us. So I decided to split it into two, uh, roughly hour-long chunks. Uh, so. Also, because we're talking about, because you should say this for part two is a lot of your stuff, your relationship with family. Mm-hmm. Yes. I got on to also have you open up and have an opportunity to talk about your stuff that you've been doing with other people. Yes, that is true. At the point that we recorded, I had done ten already, and I had not uh, opened up about my own views on fandom. Uh, and so Sparks basically does a conversation with me, uh, where he that? interviews me. So with a twist, uh, that was fun. Uh, I'm looking forward to that episode dropping. Yeah. Um, not just links though. I do have other things I want to I want to bring up. Hey guys, the mask mandate in California is ending soon. Just, you know, regardless if you feel how you feel about that, but we still have Fakner podcast masks. Yes, we do. I am going to do a last call on Fakner podcast masks because I think at this point. Everybody's got a mask. Like a bar. Um, so this will this is not the last week, probably the last month. And I'll, I'll post about it when, when I talk to my girlfriend about, about it because she's the one who stocks them. Uh, and I'll post when exactly we'll stop selling those. So if you want one just for a souvenir to remember, hey, remember that shitty time where we all had, had to die from a pandemic? No, you can still, you can Never still use them when you get a cold or something. It's polite. Also, that's true. Uh, I think a large majority of people are still going to be wearing masks for a long time, including, I think, oh, yeah. most of us. Yeah, so 100%. Like, until it feels super, super safe, even if I'm vaccinated, I care about other people. Look, I'm sorry. I Every single year for the past 10 years, I've gotten bronchitis and pneumonia at the same time, except for last year. Look at that. I wonder why. <laughs> Mask up. So that's that. Um, so I'm going to just do a last call. But like Spark said, hey, 
You know, if you're like, like in Japan, they do this all the time. If you're sick, wear a mask. Yeah, they yeah. really do. Um, and they have a Patreon. Guys, one more month to get the Stephen King's best friend shirt. And then it's gone forever. And you get a new one, which we just got. And I'm really excited about it. I think it looks really cool. Good one. Um, that's so. So come July, a new shirt on Patreon. And then Woo. finally, our, our anniversary is coming up. Wow. 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 June 12th is the Fakener podcast anniversary. Um, that's we're now five years. That's incredibly a big five. It's been yeah. five years since I had to talk about Batman versus Superman. No, Biz Dodge Ult. That's true, because your first episode was. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Um, that's crazy. What a Man, full circle. Zack Snyder was my first episode, and Zack Snyder's this episode. It's all full circle. Look at that. All right. Zack Snyder. Time so this is Ryan's last episode. <laughs> <laughs> We're not pulling um, that on him. We're not pulling that on him. No, I refuse. So, an- so our anniversary special will go up probably around the 12th. It's never on time, but uh, around the 12th, the anniversary special will go up. It will be pre-recorded. We are not doing a live show for it. Um, and then just the normal episode will go up that day, uh, the, the, the day after. So stay tuned for that. Yeah. Now I've talked a lot, so someone else go. Brandon, your turn. No, um, I'll go. I'll go. Um, I didn't. I didn't do too much over the last two weeks. I played a lot of the same games I've been playing. Like I still play a lot of Fortnite, uh, either by myself now because it's a sweet looking PS5 or with the homies. Um, I played some more Avengers. Uh, Marvel's Avengers has a a um, a Black Widow event happening right now called like the Red Room Takeover, where where um, Yelena Belanova, um, who is Rachel Vice in the new movie. She's I taking over. Yelena, I thought Yelena was Florence Pugh. Pugh. Uh, yeah, I thought that. Definitely um, what you guys said is true. <laughs> Brandon, edit this is during the podcast right now. Um, I got it. I'll do it. Florence Pugh, I guess, is now a bad guy in this version of the game, which is fine. Um, but she's taken over Red Room, and she's made a lot of really hard challenge rooms. And I love me a challenge room. Boy, they are hard. They're super easy if you can fly, because there's like pits that you immediately die in. But if you're someone like Captain America or Hawkeye, you're just you're done, son. So you got to be extra good. Um, yeah. yeah, that still play is really fun. Uh, I love playing it. They're finally adding some really good costumes. Like finally, we're like, I might want to spend money on them. Like they added um, Iron Man from Endgame. They added a Doc Green where it's Hulk in like his like uh, lab coat and stuff. Um, they added future uh, Captain America Kamala uh, Kamala Khan. Oh um, shit! No. It's been like a really sweet outfit. They added Unworthy Thor where he's got like the missing hand where it's like robot. Um, so they're finally doing some cool stuff. It just took a while to get there. So that's. They- so- didn't they release Superior Iron Man a little while ago? Superior, yeah, I did get that one. I had enough credits for that one, luckily. Nice. Uh, that was all of the credits that I had. Yeah, but it's a good-looking one. Credits don't come easy. Not in that game, no. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a big, big complaint. I see. Yeah, a um, lot. Yeah. Um, so I started playing uh, Final Fantasy VII colon remake, um, and I only played. I played the first chapter, which was exactly mm-hmm. an hour. Um, yeah. That game. Uh, like tr- truly awesome, like really open, strong man. Like, oh my god, like I like it so much. Uh, I don't, I'm not gonna play it anymore because the PS5 version is coming out with the DLC, the extra DLC that you won't be able to get on the PS4. Um, and the game already looks so good how it is. Like, I can't even. I've seen how it looks. Like, I know how good it looks, but like, I can't imagine actually like playing that game with how how seamless just everything is. Like, the thing about like the processing power of the PS5 and even like the late PS4 is like. The cutscenes are just go straight into the gameplay, straight back into cutscene, and it's seamless, man. It's like it's incredible. Like the cutscenes are the gameplay at some points. Is this, is this the first week you're getting to talk about your PS5? Yes. No, no. No, I no, talked about it last week. Yeah, last week. 
uh, two, yeah, last podcast. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so uh, really enjoying that. I'm probably going to wait a couple weeks until that uh, update comes out in June. Yeah. Um, That's so what I'm doing, that. maybe. Yeah. Um, Mass Effect Legendary Edition came out. And, you know, Mass Effect 2 is my favorite game. This is the thing that I've wished for for how many years on this podcast now? Three. It's finally out. Um, I also only played an hour of it because I'm trying to make uh, uh, I'm trying to make content, quote-unquote content, out of that. So mm -hmm. I'm, uh, I'm streaming it hours at a time, and I can... Uh, uh, edit that on my own. Um, hey man, that's a, a 2007 game with 2015 graphics or 2015, 2021 graphics. Um, it looks really, really good. It still plays like a, like an older game, but like that's that's how it is, right? Um, I'm glad they didn't remake it because like it's too new and you don't need to remake it. You just remaster it. Um, it has all the DLC. Um, man, it's just like stepping back into that world so refreshing and so nice. And it's like visiting like an old friend, except your old friend is a thousand year old space lady. Um, I was very, very excited to be back. Um, I, then I played, are you, uh, are you like planning to do a lot of things differently this time? Yes. I'm going to be a bad guy this entire game. Okay. Um, well, not a bad guy, but like in all of Bioware's games, you can be good or evil, a uh, paragon or renegade. And as, as the savior of the universe in my original playthrough, I wanted to be a good person and I saved the universe in a good way, but you can also be like a super bad boy and like punch people in the face and like maybe kill the bad guys when you don't need to. And I'm like, that's, that's going to be my shepherd this time. Uh, and it's already been kind of fun. Uh, uh, just a big old jerk sometimes, and it's it's nice when it's not actually you. <laughs> um, I played. I'm gonna talk about a game we played together now. Um, it's a game called Knockout City. Yeah, guys, and I and I and I was hesitant to play it just because, uh, like, just so, like I, it's a new game to pick up, but like it's immediately got its hooks in me after just like a couple hours. Um, <laughs> wow, it's it is so fun, and it brings like this competitive edge to me that that I haven't felt since like Call of Duty or Halo. Like it's like, I like, I want to play that game and beat, beat people up. Like I, I love it so much. Um, <laughs> just the, like the, the cat and mouse mechanic, cat and mouse, like um, rock, paper, scissors mechanics of you throw it and you have an opportunity to catch it. And then you can do like, uh, like wanted curveballs, or you can like throw it up, like lob it. Um, it's so fun. I'll let you talk about it for a little bit. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm really pumped. I did do this in demo, but uh, they have refined some things and improved it on it even since that demo that was only like a month and a half ago. Um, and uh, you have to like you, you do have to kind of get your sea legs under you a little. There's a bit lot of things to, to learn. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and you're definitely gonna have times where like, boy, I hit the button I didn't mean to hit, and that screwed me up. And yep. and like that happens a lot. Um, but the satisfaction of because this is the, for those who don't know, Knockout City is dodgeball. a dodgeball game. It's a it's mm -hmm. a video game about playing dodgeball, and you are three v three teams. Um, there there is talk that I know they want to do a four v four. Um, you can do other some other modes that are pretty cool. We I tried uh, earlier today with friends of the podcast Marty and Pi, uh, Diamond Dash, which is where um, instead of the points for knocking someone out, you have to collect the diamonds that they draw. Okay. To build up your score. And, if you're, and uh, their teammates can collect their diamonds so that you can't get them. Okay. So yeah, you yeah. have to be more like strategic about when you knock them out and that kind of thing. I play that. Um, Call of Duty before, yeah, so it's yeah. it's a nice variant. Um, but the thing about Knockout City is that it's just so incredibly satisfying to get that catch, to get that that hit with the dodgeball. To it, it feels so good. The, the sounds, the sounds are so good. So well. Um, and it, you feel it's fast, and you feel the motion of it. Uh. That game is awesome. That it's game intense. is my crack right now. Uh, like anytime friends want to hop on for Knockout City, I'm gonna be there. Like it is, it is good. Um, and we we've already got a crew going that uh, our friend Marty started. 
What's what's um, the clan name? Pew Pew City. Pew Pew City. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, when we were, so we played a little bit of, of Knockout City last night, and when he said, and when I saw Pew Pew City, I thought, is that the name of the level? <laughs> and then I think I, I think I figured out because I saw because when we first played, it just had Ryan because Ryan and I were a team, uh, Sparks and Marty were another team, and it was like a blue team, Pew Pew City. I'm like, is that the name of their team or is that the level? I can't tell. It's the name of the crew, uh, and the crew. it's it's really nice. Um, the The whole setting is like this futuristic, jazzy '50s era mix stuff. The so music, you get a lot of like, like the yeah. you get a lot of like the aesthetic uh, clothing and and choices of and car choices from the '50s, but they're adapted into this very futuristic, jazzy city area. Uh, that's very Jet Set Radio. Yeah, yeah. Um, we, oh, yeah. we watched the trailer for this a long time ago. Yeah. Uh, Knockout City is really, really good. I highly recommend that if you're listening to this and uh, you're kind of vaguely interested in anything that we've it's said, free for a week. it is free for the rest of As the of week. this recording. Go play it. Uh, you can try it out, and then if you decide to buy it, everything you did in the game this week will carry over. Um, it's $20, but also it's on Xbox Game Pass. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, I, hi- I highly recommend at least giving it a try, jumping in, seeing if it's for you. Uh, this is this is a game that I think is going to get good attention because it feels great. The gameplay play. is, like, truly great. Like, it's it's so responsive. Like, they, they, they figured, like, what the gimmick is, and they just perfected everything around that then built on and like just the 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 catch and release and throw stuff is just it feels so good like it's so surprising how fun it is to just catch a ball or throw a ball there's a mechanic so that you can fake your throw and watch the other person try to catch that fake throw and then you can be like got you <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> that feels yeah. so good <laughs> yeah um I'm so, and it's again like only twenty bucks, so like I can't wait to just just buy it, and I can't wait to see much like a Fortnite or any other like live game, uh, just how it gets bigger and better over time, more costumes and stuff. Like um, that. something that uh, I I haven't talked about a lot about it, but the character customization is really cool, especially as you unlock more items and you can buy things, and you unlock things by by doing well and leveling up and winning and just playing the game. Um, but the reason why it's really cool, and a lot of people have talked about this, which is awesome, is that um. The character models are essentially very, very much gender neutral. You can mix and match everything to be whatever you want it to be. Um, there is no gender assignment, so it's not like you're picking a male body or or a female body or anything like that, or male features or female features. It's all very much ambiguous. Mm-hmm. There are things that look certainly more masculine, like aftershave, like uh, five o'clock shadow, that kind of thing. Um, those are there, but like you can you design the characters how you want them to be very representational, and they have a diverse a uh, set of skin colors, um, a diverse set of looks, and, and everything styles works together. It's it's a like very cool. it is a very welcoming and on purpose uh, gender neutral um, that you can just de- you decide how what gender you really def- would even define your character as, and it doesn't m- matter to them. Like you you define your look, mm-hmm. uh, and I think that's very special. And they also allow you to design three characters at once. Uh, who are your who are your characters uh, instead of just having to focus on only one? So you can really play around with what you want the appearance to be. And it's just the, this kind of customization, even though it's very basic, is not common. Where you're able to get such a balance of like again, there there are two body types, but they're not male and female. They're just stockier and skinnier. Yep. and that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's nothing saying like one's male, one's female, or anything like that. Uh, it's it's really cool. Um, it is kind of more the thing you want to see the future of character customization going. Where, like, yeah. any feature that you decide, like, oh, I like this part of what would be male, but I like this part of what would typically be female in a game, and but you can't combine them, here you can combine those. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. 
Uh, so I'm, yeah, excited to play more of that game. Um, I think that's about it. Besides some more stuff I did with you. Uh, so I'm gonna. I'll carry on. I'm gonna carry on my wayward son. Sure. Um. Hey. Uh. Two weeks ago, we watched the first episode of Bad Batch. We did do this. Um. Two weeks ago. Not two weeks ago. One week ago. Uh. We just didn't talk about it last week. Um. How's time work? Yeah. It's like a. It's it's a whole 70 minute thing, and I think it's a little long for what it should be. Um. I don't want to spend too much time talking about it. Uh. Has, has a, have anyone else had a chance to watch the Bad didn't Batch get yet? The chance. That's okay. Um. It's, it's definitely doing a weird thing with, uh, this has certainly gotten a lot of attention around the internet, but how it handles uh, the early appearance of, of Kanan when he's still Caleb, uh, and how that relates to Order 66 and goes against part of the comic book that they put out. And that's a weird choice, and I don't know exactly why they did it, because they, they easily could have worked incorporated the comic into what they did, but they decided not to. Um, and not just they didn't know, they just actively decided, no, no. <laughs> um, which is whatever, I guess. Uh, it it just it. I think it does feel weird to anyone who does value a lot of the legends, timeline stuff to feel like, oh, okay, so uh, all that shit we have to take as like, oh no, no, that can't be canon. That can't be canon. But you, because you're making a hardline canon, and then you're gonna violate it, uh, so blatantly. Um, yeah, and all the new comics were like supposed to be canon. Like, wasn't that the point? Yes, too? that, that so. is the point. Like, all of it is supposed to be working together in one true canon. And like, you've had like the minor slip ups of like kind of tiny things, but this was literally revisiting a moment. And again, it's not something where like they came out when they were challenged about and said, "Oh, you know, we actually just didn't even think about that. That's our bad. We made a mistake." They said, "Yeah, we knew, and we just kind of went nah." Uh, and, and that's like okay, I guess. Um, then what's the point yeah. of of trying to push this? It's all canon thing. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's where it gets a little a little funky, I think, for for people. And I totally understand that and respect that because it, I, I think it's one thing when it's like you can kind of make the canon your own, but it's another thing when the company itself is telling you this is the one true canon, and then they they're like, <laughs> except when it's not. Yeah. Um, uh, but beyond that, like I think the Bad Batch episode is good. I'm definitely interested in the the them learning about what's happening with the clones and how they're treated in relation to the others and what what's going on in the transition from the Republic to the Empire. That even the Kaminoans are like, yo, what? <laughs> you had contracts, bro. What's going on? Um, Tarkin's in it. Tarkin's cool. Yeah. Uh, the Bad Batch characters are still great, which is awesome. Um, my only thing is that like it's it's just not quite up to the caliber level of like when we saw the Bad Batch in Clone Wars. Um, it definitely feels the same way that I would say to anybody, like, the, if you watch the very first episodes of Clone Wars or the very first episodes of Rebels, I don't think they're necessarily representative of the quality level that the show becomes. Yeah. Uh, it seems like Bad Batch somehow is also still in that same realm uh, where you're kind of like, I bet this gets better, but uh, this is just kind of pretty, pretty all right. Yeah. Uh, close to good, but not quite there yet. Um, and it's it's my investment in Star Wars that's keeping me, like, grip to want to go back more than it is the like yeah we're really just nailing the quality of this show and yeah. Like, yeah and i don't know uh again not to reveal like too much but like they present like what the plot of like hey this is what's going to be going on in the season and i'm just after everything we've recently gotten star wars i'm like i just don't know if i want to do this like again more like more than anything i think like the the general story of what they tell could be about 25 minutes shorter mm -hmm. uh for what what story we cover in this opening film episode thing that's like uh, comparable to the film that he made for Clone Wars. Um, I think there's a, a whole section of it you could have just kind of taken right out without much issue. Sure. Um, it's, it's just a little, I think on top of like, it's just not quite hitting that quality high. 
uh, it, it, this particular opening episode slightly overstays its welcome. Um, real quickly, it's not in the news. I didn't put it in the news because it happened weeks ago, apparently, but Dave Filoni, um, congratulations to Dave it Filoni happened, on his promotion. It happened last year. It just oh, yeah, last summer. On, it happened last year. It just went on the official Star Wars website this this past week. Yeah, he is now the chief creative. Like, okay, great job. Congratulations. It's like, that's a year that that's been the case. And we just didn't, like, people didn't widely know about it. He was now the chief creative director of Lucasfilm. Good yeah. for him. Yeah, good good for him. I am happy about that because Dave Filoni knows what's up. Yeah. Um, uh, real quick, just uh, there was some more Shit's Creek. I didn't I didn't do a ton of stuff in this past week, especially because I was writing what turned out to be a twenty five page research paper, um, and turned it in because I was finishing my semester, and that was a lot. Uh, but that's behind me. Um, but I, I had a lot to juggle, so not not ton that I want to go over. There was a little bit of CW catch up little bit of Pokemon games all across the board. Let's go Pikachu, Pokemon Snap, Pokemon Go on my phone. Pokemon whenever I can get that drug into my vein. Um, uh, keep it up on Shit's Creek. I did, my mom did come for a visit last week, so I spent some time with her. She had not seen Ryan the Last Dragon, so I watched that with her. I still really like Ryan. I think it's pretty good. I, I understood more of the critique that has come out since it, and I, I don't necessarily agree with all of it. I still think that film's pretty solid overall. Mm-hmm. Uh, I watched Mitchell's versus the Machines for the second time as well because my mom hadn't seen it, and uh, that movie is great. I love that movie. Um, I really, really love that movie. Uh, did not regret that. I also watched a lot of Game Changer, which is a college humor show. Uh, it's just real good, and I got access to a bunch of episodes, and I watched them, and they, they, that's real good. Um, but the last few things I want to talk about, we did talk about Knockout City. I real quickly want to touch on Fall Guys. Fall Guys, we played some last night mm-hmm. as well. It had a big update, and the update allows you to now host with your friends. Um, I'm just really grateful that this is something where, like, I know they've been getting a lot of, like, hey, we really want these things in Fall Guys, and I can feel the team wanting to incorporate all the requests that are coming in, and that's awesome. And I look forward to, like, when crossplay happens, we'll be able to put, like, Megan's going to get on Fall Guys, and we can put her in host games. Like, we can have host games that go up to, like, 60 people if we yeah. want, um, yeah. and that's great. That's awesome. I'm really glad that that feature's come in, that it has all these different tiers of how you can do it. I'm very pleased that Fall Guys feels very engaged with its community and constantly trying to improve the game in the way that they request. Uh, So kudos to them for that. Um, I also watched one single episode when I had some time yesterday. Just like I had a little bit of time. I was eating some lunch before I got in Knockout City and all that. And I was by myself. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to pop on Castlevania, baby. Brand, brand new oh, yeah. season. I watched the first episode of Castlevania. It's a good first episode. I'm, I'm happy to be back. Uh, I'm glad that they give a full series recap. Uh, <laughs> it starts. It's like it's like a five minute recap, and I'm like, cool. I really needed that. I was definitely debating rewatching <laughs> previous. <laughs> Yeah. If I was too lost, and they got me all caught up on everybody, and I'm like, no, no, no. I remember. I'm good. I'm good. Jurassic World uh, Camp Cretaceous dropped its third season. I haven't seen it yet, um, but I was talking to Zara about it because we really like that show. Um, and we were, and I was like, wait, what happened at the end of the last season? And she looked it up. Was oh, they have a season recap. Oh, thank God. <laughs> I, I entirely forgot where like one one character, like a whole thing that happened to one character in Castlevania. And so I really need that recap where I'm like, right, right. <laughs> um, one thing about the recap, super weird. Uh, they definitely frame the twins in the recap. Like, if you didn't watch the show for some reason, they frame their dynamic with him, uh, with Alucard, 
differently. The twins who like don't, try to seduce him and then kill him? Yeah, they don't include any of like the seduction elements. They make it oh. entirely sound like the only reason why they killed him is because they felt like he was going to betray them. I guess. And I'm like, that's a interesting choice. I suppose. It, it, it took out some of the sorrow on Alucard's part, yeah, which yeah. when you open to where Alucard is in the episode, which I'm not going to say much about, but like when you open to that moment, you, it's weird because they're not reminding you of that sorrow. Oh. And everything that they remind you of, like Alucard, it, that that the the way the interaction he had with the twins suddenly feels much less personal in the version they put in the recap. Which is, it doesn't matter if you watch the season, you know what it's supposed to be. It's just a little weird that they did this recap and they specifically omitted all language that even hinted at how much he connected with the two of them, uh, or any visuals that hinted at it. it that was weird. It's it's a little strange that they did that. I don't know why. Um, yeah. And that that threw me for a loop. I'm like, did I? I didn't make that up. That definitely happened. Um, uh, so, so, but that's the thing. Uh, otherwise, super good. The last thing I want to talk about is brand new chapter for Dragon Ball Super came out, and uh, I don't think it was because of the news that came out because this uh, chapter had obviously been done. But um, with the new movie having been announced to come out next year, all of a sudden this plot feels like it kicked into high gear. <laughs> the last chapter. Goku and Vegeta had just been told about Granola, and they're like, "Cool, get on this ship. We're going to take you to him. It's going to take like, uh, it's going to take like six weeks to get there." And they're like, "All right, well, you know the way and all that." Um, and and then this chapter literally opens up six weeks later. They get on the planet. There's Granola. They start they start their interaction with Granola, and I'm like, "Oh, we're like moving quick. <laughs> Got it. Okay, I'm not Granola used to out. this. I'm not used to this, especially in the Moro arc, which took a little more time to get to the buildup of them interacting with Moro." Uh, this does now seem like, if you told me there's only 11 more chapters to this, more or less, uh, uh, of the Granola arc before it leads into whatever the movie is, I totally believe it. That, that tracks right now. Um, so I, I definitely feel like they're, this, this arc suddenly feels a lot tighter. Um, maybe more like the length of the, uh, the future trunks arc in comparison to the tournament arc oh, yeah. of dragon ball super it's very it's going to be it's going to be quick they're going to go through it um and this this feels that way which might be to its benefit because i think that future trunks arc benefits from being faster than most dragon ball arcs um oh. and i think this is going to be the same there's a there's an interesting dynamic i've kind of talked about it. granola is a character who his people were wiped out by the saiyans and vegeta is letting goku fight first and he's kind of like being detective vegeta where he's figuring out that the people who brought them there lied to them about granola and he's like there's there this city is destroyed and there's there's big ape saiyan prince here and he's specifically saying that he hates our species vegeta's doing detective work it's pretty good <laughs> putting two and two together it's, yeah. it's so it's it's like uh toriyama finally turned in the script for the movie and toy toro's like oh right i gotta get there yeah, yeah, uh, that's that's definitely what it felt feels like. Uh, like again, like obviously they didn't time it that way because of when the news. But it definitely like all of a sudden this this story is moving. The story is going. Here we go. We're 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 moving right through it because like I I I don't think they're going to draw this fight out. I really don't. Um, I think this interaction is going to move pretty quickly. Every time, baby. Uh, but that's it. And yeah. So um, hey, real quickly, Ben, I have to ask. Yeah. About it's about your week. Um, does your week have anything to do with what is over your shoulder? Maybe. Okay. <laughs> it does. So Ben, go ahead. 
So uh, two weeks ago, or last week, um, not a whole lot of, of stuff was going on, except I started Castlevania. And I want to say I'm two or three episodes from finishing it. And holy crap, that show was amazing. Um, it sucked me in. I'm I'm intrigued. It wasn't okay. So season three of Castlevania, while I still highly enjoy, um, there were parts when we got to like Trevor and Sypha that I wasn't really like I wasn't feeling it. I was like, I mean, yeah, I want to uh, solve this mystery, but I care more what's going on with Isaac. I care more what's going on with Hector and with um, Alucard. I care more about that than like you know the main characters. This time around. Oh no, everyone I give a shit about. I want to see what's happening with you, with you, with you, all of it. I want to see how it all plays out. In season three, when we would flash back to, not flashback, but when we would go to uh, Trevor and, what's your mm-hmm. name? Sypha. Sypha. Um, I would be like, okay, sure. Where's Bill Nagy? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because I was uh, interested in that. See, mm-hmm. Season three, season three, I would argue, is like the weakest of the show. And it's, it's not bad, but it's definitely the weakest. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I real quick, uh, Malcolm McDowell has a vampire that he's voicing, and you can tell it's him right off the bat in the in the first episode. And I'm like, oh damn, I like this vampire. This oh. is Malcolm McDowell. Is, is he? Because is he Varney? Yeah. Oh, that's who that is. Okay. That's Malcolm McDowell. No, because I was watching it, and both Danny and I were sitting there going, "Who the hell voices Varney? That sounds so familiar." You know, Ben, IMDb is a good resource. Yeah, yeah, it is. It, it totally is. Well, well, we like to like try to figure it out ourselves. Okay, we try to. We don't want to go ahead. Go straight to the. We don't want to go straight to the internet. But yeah, started Castlevania. Castlevania season four is amazing. We haven't got to the end yet, but I cannot wait. It is so far. I'm absolutely loving it. This is becoming my favorite season thus far. But yeah. uh, Sparks, I can't wait for you to get on the on the tra- on for the rest of the ride because holy crap! And that's all I'm going to say about that. Uh, let's see. A little bit of video games were played. I played some video games last night with um, with you guys, with all three of you. We played some Fall Guys, a little bit of Knockout City. Uh, besides that, not really a whole lot of Metroid or uh, Pokemon Snap because I've just been taking care of my adorable little kitten, whom you saw earlier. And also, she's totally taken over my Instagram. That's all I freaking post anymore now is pictures of my cute, adorable little Suki. That's how it goes. Yep, that's definitely how it goes. It's funny because uh, Brandon was saying earlier when we were playing games, it's like, hey, I love you posting all your cat pictures. Um, and I'm thinking he's like trying to like subtly tell him, he's like, no, stop. We, we're sick of it. But no, no, keep it coming. Yeah. Well, I, right before we started recording, I put a box in our room and she sat in the box. It's so freaking oh, cute. cute. Yeah, she's like, hey, sweet box. I'm going to send it. So besides that, boys, I've fallen into a hole. I love that. I've fallen into a. I fall into the rabbit hole and made my bank account to give me for forgive me because I've gotten into looking for retro video games on OfferUp and eBay and it sucked me in and it sucked me in hard. Yeah, it happens. Yeah, so last week um i was searching for sonic mania the physical switch version of sonic mania because i have it digitally on the ps4 and then i got to thinking i'm like you know what if something ever happens to my ps4 and i'm not able to play sonic mania again that's gonna bum me out because that's my favorite 2d sonic game so i sought it out ben you would still be able to play it on a ps5 you own it digitally it'll carry over all right cool but still i like having a physical copy. yeah yeah i get you i get you yeah so I got it. You can also just buy a new PS4 and also be there. 
Anyways, I got it. But also the because I got the special edition where the physical one has a reversible cover where it looks like a Genesis uh, cart, uh, Genesis cover. Yeah. So I snagged that, and also I snagged another because um, the guy was selling this and uh, the Sega Genesis collection for the Nintendo Switch. He wanted fifty bucks originally, but I got him. But I talked him down, and even was able to use a ten dollar off coupon, so I still paid less money. Nice. And I'm like, hmm, that was easy. I'm gonna wonder if there's more. And just uh, like a half an hour ago, I won a bid for Chrono Trigger for the Nintendo DS. Yay! So what I'm what I'm understanding, and that's awesome. Good for you, man. Is uh, you discovered that you can Franken Sons online? <laughs> yes. <laughs> gotcha. I will not lie. It's not as fun though. It's not as fun as actually going to Franken Sons. No, which is what we did today. Which holy crap was amazing. But, I had but sometimes it is cheaper. When I first went, yes. when I first got into comics, I was on mycomicshop.com all the mm-hmm. time looking for variants or older comics that weren't expensive. Mm-hmm. I, I I bought a lot of comics I didn't need to buy. I'm like, sounds sounds like me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Frankenstein's is a very very easy way to to lose a lot of to like waste a lot of money, but. I had fun do I had fun and also the things I did get I'm actually gonna use and I wanna play sometime so I don't see it as wasted. Like I got my awesome one up shirt today. Nice. Yeah. And for, for audio listeners, it looks like oh, the yeah. seven up logo. Yeah, but it's a one up mushroom from Super Mario Bros. because you know, me. Uh yeah. That's pretty much like the biggest thing that happened this week was I was able to go to Frankenstein's with both uh with Sparks, Ryan, and Megan, because these guys have not been to the new location because last I'm, I'm, Brandon and I wanted you to go. Trust I'm me. in a different city. I, 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 I know. Try, if you, what if you could, man? What if you could? Because so January 2020 is when Frankenstein's officially moved from a building that did the job but wasn't the best because parking was absolutely horrendous and there was absolutely no air conditioning. They moved to a better building with a lot of parking spaces. Parking is a lot easier, and they act, and they actually have air conditioning. So when they first moved in, I was, and they also added a new day of operation. They used to only operate on Wednesdays and Saturdays. Now it's Wednesday, Saturday, and Sunday. So of course I'm thinking, hey, Brandon just has to come over to our place early. We all hop in the car, drive to Frank's, have some fun, come back, record the podcast. Yay! Then COVID happened. To all blow over. Like it's yep. <laughs> yeah. And then COVID happened, and it took over a year and a half, but you, they were finally able to go, and it, I just had a blast today. It it was so much fun just to go to the show and just see everyone go, ooh, what's that? Ooh, what's that? Oh, that's cool. And then have Ryan pop up behind me looking at something. Like I had Sonic the Hedgehog 2 playing cards. They had the entire collection for $32, and Ryan's like the little devil on my shoulder saying, Ben, life is short. You should totally just, just get it. Just Just do it. You took money uh, out today, right? Yeah, just do it. Just get it. Life's short. I'm an enabler. Walk, walking in there was like walking back into a convention. It was really nice. Nice. It it was. Uh, I I got a few. Uh, I got quite a few things today. I'm not going to show them all off, but these are some of the things I got. But I will I will show one thing off because it was the, I thought it was one of the cutest things. It's a Thor Pikachu from Avengers. No, that's adorable. They had all the Avengers. I really like that one. Yeah. Yeah. So. That's what. That's like one of the things I got. I also got a few pins, and of course, I got a few games. But yeah, that's about it. I had a blast. Yeah. Nice. Anything else, Ben? Uh, no. That's pretty. That's pretty much a little. Some video games were played. Uh, I I 
remember something Ryan did, and I just wanted to ask if he wanted to say anything about it. You watched Modoc. Oh, I watched the first episode of Modoc. I liked it. Um, um, I think I went into it expecting it to be like a laugh out loud comedy. It's more like a Bojack Horseman that's actually kind of serious at times, which is like really, really cool. And I, I've heard that the more the series goes on, it's like actually like, like pretty emotionally like like awesome. And I'm like, oh, um, so like I think I went into it with like different expectations, but by the end, I was like, oh yeah. Um, yeah, thank you. I, I saw that. I saw that. Pat, I saw Patton Oswald in a Modoc costume. Yeah, that's wild. Uh, it looked really good. <laughs> like, what did they do with that? Uh, they did it for, I don't know. I think I might have been here for a joke. Uh, it's an expensive joke. Okay. Um, my turn then? Yes, you gotta get it. So I do have two weeks worth of stuff. Obviously, we all do. Um, I watched the final five episodes of Primal on HBO Max. This is Gandhi Tartakovsky's new series, uh, Primal. Um, it's awesome. The last five episodes were so cool. Um, there's a lot of really cool concepts uh, that I didn't see coming. Um, and there's a zombie brachiosaur <laughs> that chases them through through a that chases them through a volcano. That's actually pretty cool. It's awesome. That sounds rad. Um, I, lo- I really love the animation. Obviously, if you're familiar with Gendy Tartakovsky's work, you from, you're familiar with it. Um, one of the things that I love so much is when an anime when when an animated character is shrouded in darkness, but all you can see are the, are the eyes. Mm-hmm. I love that, and he does that all the time. And each time I'm like, "Give it to me, baby." Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I love it so much. It's I can't oh, wait for I season two. Wet in two eyes. Just- all the time. <laughs> okay, yeah, because because that leads into Helsing Ultimate, which I which I finally finished. I started in college, um, which was 2012 or something um, when I when I first watched it. So it's been a long time, and I watched. The reason why I stopped is because Funimation, sorry, Genion, who originally owned Helsing, went out of business before the final two episodes were um, released. So Funimation picked it up and I bought them a couple years ago, but I just never watched them. I just didn't get to it. And I always kind of figured I should watch the whole series again. So I did. I brought them. I brought the Blu-rays up. Uh, I'm in, I'm still in my parents' place for my dad's birthday. It was his, it was his birthday today. Sweet. Happy birthday, dad. Happy 88, birthday. 88 years old. Um, and he, sorry, not he. Um, and so I watched the entirety of helsing ultimate all 10 chapters of it happy birthday dad here's helsing (laughs) you know what i would have been more impressed if you sat through the whole thing and said man that was really good you got any more he can't even hear anymore his hearing's going so oh no um it's awesome i forgot how truly awesome that series is i don't think it's quite it's probably holding up uh, with modern sensibilities there's some there's a vampire pastor tries to rape the main character in the first episode. That's not good. Um, I'm not going to claim that's good, but I think the animation. He, he is a bad guy. That's true. He is a bad guy. Um, the animation is is great. The voice acting is probably. I think the voice cast is personally better than the Japanese voice cast. Um, because the Japanese voice cast tries to do the accents with their natural, with the, obviously the natural Japanese. Um, and Helsing doesn't take place in Japan. It's place in your in uh, London, mm. um, sure. and there are and there are German characters. And so the English voice cast is able to do the proper accents for the regionals for the regions that they're in, and I think that just enhances the experience personally. To to be fair, like Japanese doing a German accent 
probably sounds pretty good to Japanese who hear Japanese people doing German accents, and, you know, but I, I know what you mean. Like uh, when your brain is tuned to what an accent sounds like uh, in a certain language, like I get you. Yeah. Um, the actress for, um, that was the main girl in Last of Us. Ellie. Uh, Ellie. Ellie. Uh, her, her, she's in Helsing. Ashley um, Johnson. Ashley Johnson. She, she is, uh, she's, she's, um, Schrodinger, uh, is a cat dude. Um, anyway, if you don't know what Helsing is about, it's about a, a vampire, a vampire hunters, Helsing, Van Helsing, um, fighting, uh, vampire Nazis from taking, from destroying London. And it, I love the animation. I love the blood effects, which is all 3d, but it works really well. This was in the time where they kind of figured out how to, how to blur the 3d effects with the animation. So yeah, it didn't sure. really, so it's not, it doesn't stand out as badly. Yeah. Um, Obviously, the main character, uh, Crispin Freeman, plays uh, Alucard. Uh, he's great, as always. I really liked it. I'm really glad I finally finished it. Um, a 10-year-long journey, almost. Finally done. Yeah. Um, okay. I That's enough of that. Um, also, I really like the German accents. Anyway. Adventure Time Distant Lands Together Again. That dropped. Um, I was just on HBO Max and I forgot it dropped and there it was. I was like, okay, I'll watch that. Oh, <laughs> Mag just, just commented. Mag, Mag, check in in like a week. We'll have some episodes talking about Distant Lands. Yeah, uh, Mag says, hope you guys check out the new Distant Lands. Yes, I did check out the new Distant Lands. No spoilers because, uh, Sparks, you haven't seen it, obviously. Um, and for those of you, it did just come out, so don't, no spoilers. Very unexpected. I didn't think it was going to go in that direction. Um, and I really liked it. I think so far of the three, Obsidian is still my favorite. Obsidian um, really good. Obsidian is really good. I rewatched it before I watched Together Again um, because, you know, we might be doing something. And I still cried. Um, that that There's a lot of moments in that in that episode that just make me cry. Together Again is really nice to see Finn and Jake again. Um, yeah. Those two, those two together. Again, sorry. <laughs> That's why it's called that. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I, I, the trailer didn't sell. Didn't. It's kind of like BMO. You kind of realize what's happening, uh, and you're like, "Oh, this is not what I thought this was. This was going to be." Sure. Yeah. Um, because BMO, as we've talked about, like by the BMO time you had a massive twist at the end. Yeah. Um, although Adventure Time twist is in the beginning, so. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Really good. I watched Knives Out. I have nothing to say about that other than to say I did that, and it's awesome. You're right. You're right. I watched a movie called Finding You, which is a romantic movie about an actor who doesn't want to be an actor, and the fiddler player, violin player that he meets on the plane, and then they fall in love in Scotland, and whatever. Um, it's... But, what? Did they find you? Well, so it's about and so like the girl, she's like a stuck up violinist, classical violinist and the and the and the dude who is in like this massive fantasy franchise and it doesn't want to be an actor because he's been an actor since he was a child uh, is like, why don't you come to this pub and we'll teach you to play the fiddle so you can like loosen up that violin ass. Um, so the fiddle playing is fun. I like I like Irish music. <laughs> it's a cute movie. I didn't hate it. Wait, Irish or Scottish? It's Irish. Okay. They go to Ireland. Okay, because you said Scotland earlier. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> I 
the movie said Scotland earlier too, and then it was Ireland, and they're like, "Don't worry about it." Don't worry about it. Um, there's some really bad CGI dragons though. So if you want to see some really bad CGI dragons, watch Dragonheart Four. Ouch. All right. I also watched Nomadland, the best picture winner of that of last year. I'm happy for Chloe Zhao. Not for me. Yeah. It's really kind of boring. Is it artsy? It's very artsy. And like sometimes like like that'll I'll that works for me. Yeah. Sometimes, but and then sometimes it doesn't. And this yeah, was yeah. just sadly one of the ones that didn't, so. Fair uh, it's, it's not Parasite. Mm. Yeah, Parasite was really good. I watched for the first time the original Mighty Joe Young, 1949's Mighty Joe Young. Oh. Um if probably most of us will remember the remake that Disney made in the nineties. Yep. yep. In the late nineties with Charlie Theron. Bill Paxton. Yep. Um, that is Charlie Theron in that. I was trying to place the girl because I couldn't bi- quite picture her. Yeah. Wow. Wild. Right. Right. So I watched the original, which actually shares very little uh, of what the remake does. Uh, the remake changes a lot. The yeah. the original is very much a King Kong clone, and it's oh, and it, yes. it's apparent because it's the same people making it. Uh-huh. Um, it's the same director, producer, writer um company uh composer everything is the same with the exception of that it's the first movie that ray harryhausen worked on um um, and that's notable he's uncredited but his what he will come to do with stop motion is apparent even in mighty joe young uh because joe is a far more expressive character yeah than i expected brandon i gotta be 100 honest with you real quick so this whole time I thought you were talking about this Brad Pitt movie called Meet Joe Black. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and the original movie came out in like the 40s. And you're like, and you're like, the, and you're like, the ape was really good. I'm like, what? <laughs> Meet Joe Black, the King Kong. Mighty Kong. Joe Young, Meet Joe Black. So yeah. I see how what, you did it. I just that's where I've been the last like two minutes, and I'm like, what did I see? Ray Ray Harryhausen was a student of Will O'Brien's, um, who did King Kong. Uh, and Mighty Joe Young was some of his like practice work for um, Beast from Twenty Thousand Fathoms. Oh yeah, um, yeah. Mighty Joe Young. I I, th- I was I really like it. I think it's really good. Um, and I was, but I was very impressed with what they did with stop motion at the time. How they blended the uh, screen with the sets and you and how Joe interacts with the characters, even if they're not in the same space, because sometimes they do switch to claymation characters that he they interacts with. Um, I thought I thought uh, for 1949, uh, Jesus, that that monkey looks incredible. It's still today. It's, just, it's really funny you're talking about Ray Harryhausen and all that because Beast from Twenty Thousand Fathoms was part of my research paper. <laughs> so uh, I I read all about how like Mighty Joe Young uh, underperformed at the box office and they were trying to duplicate the King Kong success and they're like, oh bummer. And so instead in 1952 they're like, just put King Kong in theaters again. And then that did four times the box office numbers they did in 1933. Yeah, and that led to the Warner Brothers going, okay, now get Ray Harryhausen to make Beasts from 20,000 Fathoms, yeah. which then did Gangbusters and opened up the giant monster movie market. Good job, Ray. Yeah, uh, Beasts from 20,000 Fathoms was a big step into getting us Godzilla. Uh, not as big as you think. Oh, okay. I, I've heard wrong then. <clears throat> uh, uh, a lot of Americans like to say, Fun fact, guys. A lot of Americans will like to say that Beast from 20,000 Fathoms is basically the entire inspiration for Godzilla. Not so. Um, 
they didn't even see the movie, which everyone is saying like, oh yeah, they saw Beast from 20,000 Fathoms and they made Godzilla. Uh, Beast from 20,000 Fathoms was released later the same year as Godzilla in Japan. Um, they had only heard what happened in that movie and it gave them like, we could do that, but like do it in a way where we could do it for Japan. But they had not seen the film. Interesting. Uh, they were aware of it. They knew things about it. I'm not saying that they didn't like go, we could do a big lizard thing in our own way after hearing it. They definitely had heard about Beast from 20,000 Fathoms and were inspired by it in a uh, d- indirect way of like big monster, big monster thing that it. we can do that too. Yeah. Uh, but they were much more propelled by the success of King Kong's re-release, which did go to Japan as well. Right. Um I don't have much more to say other than um, to more King Kong clone stuff. The guy who plays Carl Denham in King Kong is also in Mighty Joe Young as a similar character. Also, uh, having rewatched Beast from 20,000 Fathoms, which was one of the things I did this week, by the way. I watched Beast from 20,000 Fathoms, the original Godzilla's, both of them again, and um, Them, the 1954 film about giant ants. Yes. Uh, watching Beast from 20,000 Fathoms again, I realized that the Godzilla remake is actually just a remake of Beast from 20,000 Fathoms, my friends. Hmm. It's almost exactly the same plot. Which Godzilla remake? Fathoms. Huh? Which Godzilla remake? The 1998 one with Roland oh. and Emmerich. Oh. Oh. With Godzilla coming to New York. Yeah. Very, very similar to Beast from 20,000 Fathoms. Good job, Roland. Uh, okay, so Mighty Joe Young was... Okay, one more thing I want to talk about Mighty Joe Young is that um, I was baffled for a good five minutes, actually for the rest of the movie, because at the end of the movie, there's a fire that just appears. An orphanage just is on fire in their road as they're trying to escape, and it comes out of nowhere, and it's weird. But that's not the weirdest part, because they're in the middle of the desert, because this is taking place in L.A., so they're in the middle of the desert, before the San Fernando Valley was like, you know, people, like places there. They're in the middle of nowhere, there's a crossroads, and there's a burger stand, some dude in the with a burger stand got one car there one dude is like having a burger with this dude and i'm like i sat there for a good like hour thinking to myself like how much business can that guy get he's in lots. the middle of nowhere lots if because he, that's that is like the original pull off and stop at mcdonald's or something oh good point yeah mm-hmm. it was just so baffling to me i was like it was like because there are things in the and there are things like my mom because i watched it with my mom uh that they, she thought was weird i was like that's no weirder than just a burger stand in the middle of the desert. <laughs> it's like the roads weren't else, even paved. Everything else hadn't built around it yet. That man was thinking 30 years ahead. <laughs> he was he was planning the pit stop on the road trip. It was desert. dirt roads in the middle of the desert at night and some dudes at a burger stand. I'm like, why is there a he burger knows, stand? He knows when you've been driving for like three hours, if you're hungry enough, you'll stop for anything. It's like, oh, hey, a burger stand. Perfect. I'm starving. And then it's like, man, this is like one of the best burgers ever. I really liked it. I'm really glad I finally watched it because uh, I've only oh. seen the original, the remake. Then I watched the newest DC animated movie, Justice Society World War II, nice. which I also really liked. Nice. Excellent. I thought that was really good. Um, And Superman's in it in the beginning. So making it a sequel to Up From, up from, uh, up from Tomorrow. Man of Tomorrow? Man of What's tomorrow. the new Superman movie called? Man of Tomorrow? Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, Superman, Man of Tomorrow. So it is a direct sequel to that, so kind of furthering the here we're going, we're building this universe. How? The opening takes place in the present. Okay. Where Barry helps Superman. Okay. And then through 
trying to stop a bullet that Brainiac shoots, uh-huh. a kryptonite bullet that Brainiac shoots, Flash runs so fast that he accidentally, like he does, goes back in time. Okay, oh, so Flash. it's not very carried over from the end of Dark Side War yeah. showing up in the past of this new world. That's not what's up. That's not what's up. Okay, because I wondered if that was what was up. Yeah, I, I thought so too, but it's it's not. But what we got was really fun, pulpy adventure, and they really lean into it. And I think there's some really good characterizations. There's a really awesome Black Canary fight sequence that I was just blown away by. Cool, I love to hear that. I've I've never seen Black Canary used in that way, and I loved it. Nice. Um, Hawkman has a great turn. There's so and there's unexpected characters that I just didn't see coming because they're not they're mar- not marketed. Love it. I, I definitely want to watch them because we now know that uh, from our own personal experience that those movies, most of them are better than, than bad. So. Yeah. Good. And, and what's so great about these new ones is that especially these new continuity ones with this animation style that we're seeing in long Halloween, which we have a trailer for later is that these are people who have normally worked in visual arts departments or animation departments, never been directors. And this is oftentimes their first directorial endeavors outside of a TV show of like Voltron or something. Um, so they're able to kind of bring a brand new creative, uh, creative voice to the DC animated movies, which honestly, even as, as much as I liked the last ones, they needed a new creative voice. And I really enjoy that. We're seeing that. That's good. I'm, I'm glad to hear that. I definitely want to check that out. And then finally on the movie side, I'm so sorry, guys. I watched the 1976 King Kong for the first time. Uh, it is the only King Kong film I have not seen. Uh, except for King Kong Escapes, but American King Kong film. I That timed with the death of an actor that we're going to talk about in the news. I didn't know he was in the movie, um, but he plays the Carl Denham type, uh, Charles Grodin. Uh-huh. Um, he plays the Carl Denham type. It's a really strange movie that's about environmentalism and a giant ape uh, who falls in love with um, Jessica... Lange. Lange from American Horror Story. Um, it's her first debut. She's paired up with a very ugly Jeff Bridges. Like, what the hell did they do to that man? Uh, how do you make a 1970s Jeff Bridges ugly? That's just what he looked like then. No, he he didn't. They gave him this really stupid like neck beard oh, okay. with like nothing here, and I'm like, shave. Him like the makeup and hair choices are bad. Interesting. Okay. Like, I'm just like, shave it, shave it, please. It's attacking her. Oh no. Um, the uh, special effects are really good. It it it's a very weird adaptation of King Kong. Um, I have only seen a single scene from it, and it's the scene where he blows on her. That's really weird. It is really weird because <laughs> it's it's weird early CGI. Yes, <laughs> puffing out his cheeks. He goes, <laughs> and he's blowing on her because she got she fell in the mud. She got wet. Um, she, the, the movie is very bare bones, kind of King Kong. Like when we're on Skull Island, all we see is a giant snake and there's no other like wildlife or anything like that. They do recreate some of the more iconic moments, like with the log or, um, yeah. I think that might be it, but, um, they, uh, the ending is really weird and they don't even say it was beauty who killed the beast, even though they start doing the beauty and the beast bit, uh, well into, uh, the runtime of the movie. Like it becomes a theme. Um, and then they just don't even like, now we're just not going to do the line. Spoiler alert, King Kong dies because it's been, uh. it's the same movie. Um, the way he dies is ridiculous though. He like fall. He's it's the world trade center. Not, not, not the empire mm. state building. 
and he falls flat on the World Trade Center. And Jessica Lange is like, no, Kong, get up, Kong, get up. Why would you? And then Kong just is laying there and he just flops over oh. and falls off the building. He just... Oh, so right. no plane, nothing shit. Oh, that's wild. There's like no biplanes circling them or anything. No, they do. They do helicopters because it's set in '76. Yes, the oh, Brian yeah. Brian De Palma. It's a Brian De Palma bit, um, and it was just so. I it completely undercut the like tragedy of the moment of Kong dying because I just thought it was so funny that he just rolled over like he was going to sleep and then fell off the building. Um, anyway, but you know what? Honestly, I liked it. I didn't think I, I didn't think I would, but um, I had a good time. Right on. Cool. Oh, I read a lot of comics. I'm not going to talk about them all. Don't worry. Okay. Um, Commanders in Crisis. I read. I caught up on. Great. I caught up on all the comics that I, all the single issue comics that I brought. Hell yeah. Uh, finally, uh, Commanders in Crisis. I'm not. I've not read any books from this month. I should be clear. I've not read any books from this month. So this is all months ago. Commanders in Crisis is great. Adventure Man. By Matt Fraction and Terry. Oh, Terry you're Edwards catching up on that one. Yeah, yeah. That, I only had three issues left of that one. Excellent. I really like it. It's a lot of fun. Um, crossover. I really like crossover. Um, there was some some fun little cameos in, in the latest issue that I that I enjoyed. We only find them when they're dead. Al Ewing. Yep. Very much getting Outlaw Star, uh, Cowboy Bebop vibes from that book. It's really great. I like it a lot. Um, they're gonna do a time jump, which I'm kind of really weird about because I have a hard time getting getting like hold of the characters because of my color blindness because the mm-hmm. the coloring is great but it also like affects my color blindness so yeah, sure, that makes sure. Sense. yeah, yeah. that's a, that's an intense uh like art heavy book that like colors are yeah. important very chromatic yeah yeah uh but i love it anyway so you know that's a testament to just how good that book is hell yeah um we only found one of the dead um homesick pilots that book's awesome that book's great three issues of that was i was behind um so we get some cool mech stuff in this in in the in the last issue. I love it. I love it. Um, Birthright. Oh yeah, I, I caught up. This. Yes, I caught up on Birthright by Joshua Williamson, and I forget. I'm so sorry. I forgot the artist because I'm about to praise the art. Um, the art in that book has always been stellar. But one issue that I read, I believe it's 44 or 42, 44 because they're ending at 50, um, is probably my favorite comic I've read all year. Nice. Um, there, it's not a spoiler to say that there's text boxes, text bubbles on the cover. Andre Bresson. Uh, and oh, Andre, yeah, that's right. Andre Bresson. Yeah. Andre Bresson. Yes. I just want to make sure I was pronouncing it right. Yeah, sure. So the cover, oftentimes when you see a cover that has word balloons on it, it doesn't, it's not really important, but they're kind of fun. Like, oh, I'm fighting, I'm fighting hero. I saw you tweet about this. Yeah, that looked cool. But when I read the, so I read the, the word bubbles and I turned the page and it was the next part of that conversation. Cool. And right away I was like, Oh my God, that's so cool. And then, uh, because I didn't say that before. And then every issue, every single page of that issue is a one page splash is a one page splash, uh, of just gorgeous artwork, progressing the story with no ad break. So it's just continuous all the way through. Uh, I was floored by how great that book was. Nice. Um, I think my, I think the best issue of the book in general. Uh, yeah. I've been reading it since since it started. Uh, certainly the best issue I've read all year. Nice. Uh, nice. Doctor Doom Nine 
was an entire issue of nothing but splash pages like that too. Nice. Uh, anytime an artist can commit to that is is super impressive because that's a lot of extra work. I love yeah. people do that for finales. Yeah. Uh, I just love the vibe of it. I'm like, I really feel like you brought that 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 this is gonna be big yeah. finale moment. Everything uh, to, is like a to big... the comic, and I really I feel it. Oh yeah. I vibe yeah. that. I I really like Birthright, and the way that issue ended made made the arc that came after the final arc, very unpredictable. And I didn't know where it was going to go. And that was a lot of fun. Love that book. Sad it's ending. Um, it's ending soon with issue 50, but I, I really like it. It's awesome, man. I read a bit more of that, of invincible. Um, mm-hmm. about halfway through that large S compendium now. Um, and that, hey man, that book rules. Um, I really like the changes that the show made because it kind of makes it feel like a whole, a whole different experience. Um, sure reading it i did have a point in saying in saying that i read invincible but i forgot what it was so i'm just going to move on okay um, injustice 2 i finished it i read uh, uh volumes two through six which lead into the video game injustice right. 2 um i had brought all all those volumes because tom taylor's great um bruno redondo who's also his co his uh his artist on nightwing did most of the art for the issue other people as I was corrected, did uh, other art things. Um, there's a, a Red Lantern Starro, which was rad as hell. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some really great character work, obviously, with characters that don't often get the spotlight with DC. And Tom Taylor just continually proves how great the, his voice is for the DC universe. I think he has a very unique voice while also being true to the characters and never sounding the same. His Booster Gold, his Green Arrow, like if he doesn't ever get a main continuity Booster Gold or Green Arrow book, I'm going to be so upset. Oh, yeah, his Green Arrow, and he, he obviously loves Green Arrow. He puts yeah. him in everything that he writes. Um, yeah, I, Injustice 2, I, I didn't finish it, not for a lack of quality or anything, just like um, I've always wanted to get back to it. Uh, to hear it, it stays good the whole time, obviously, Tom Taylor, so yeah, I'm not surprised. I, I didn't have the Injustice 2 run yet, but the Injustice original run was pretty solid, mm-hmm. so. And unlike that run where Tom Taylor did leave before year three, yeah. um, he stayed on the entire Injustice 2. It did help that it was shorter. Yeah. Um, I really, really enjoyed it. It's heartbreaking. It's unexpected. Obviously, Tom Taylor is known for characters dying, and that's just, that's it. <laughs> that character just died. Um, it's, and like, that it's like another world, so like he can do that, and, it's, yeah. and it matters. It's just kind of reading Injustice Two. I'm just kind of happy that he's finally able to play with the main continuity. For sure. Honestly, I think he should be the new Jeff Johns. I, I you wouldn't hear an argument from me. Yeah. And that's it. That's it. Finally, I'm done. I'm so sorry. No, no, no cool. I wanted to hear some of that. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. I really I, had a good I, time reading this. Whole thing this totally worth it for Ryan to have been picturing Brad Pitt in Mighty Joviance. <laughs> that's true. This man just the one sentence you said, I'm like, this does not click with me. Something's <laughs> wrong now. And you're like Charlie Theron. Yes, yeah, so. it might have been Charlie Theron. Actually, I'm like, I guess I don't remember this movie well enough. Giant ape, weird. Yeah. <laughs> you're like giant. I. That's a weird way to describe Anthony Hopkins, but okay. It's like this right. does not compute. But let's get into our bread and butter, shall we? Let's do it. Yum, 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 yum. Cool. cool, 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 cool. Um, we are real quickly. I'm gonna t- I I'm gonna time code all of last week's news as one thing. So anybody who just wants to skip, go ahead. 
mm-hmm. but if you want to hear what we talked about in last week, you know, you can listen. No, no problem. Yep. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, live show watchers. Hey, man. Maybe they, they didn't hear the news because they only find us. They only listen to us because we're the one stop shop for news. We are the news. <laughs> um, but we do have some sad news to get started with before we do the highlights of next of, of last week. What? I said a funny thing to him. Oh, uh, Jesse Ham, who is a prof- who is a who was a professional art a professional artist since 2006, um, wrote about breaking into comics and gave advice through Twitter. Uh, he passed away this week, uh, last week. Sorry, at the uh, no age was given. Sorry, um, we don't know how old he was. He was young though, probably mid 50s. Um, he'd passed away with a blood clot in his leg. That's a shame. Uh, I did follow. I did follow them on Twitter. Um, yeah, just, they gave really nice advice, and they really love comics. Like, that's always a shame when you know you lose one of your own. Yeah, yeah he, he seemed like a really cool guy. Mm-hmm. Rest in peace. Nice art. And then this week um, we had a lot. Paul Mooney, who is a comedian, actor, and a writer for Richard Pryor, passed away this week at the age of seventy-nine because of a heart attack. Oh. Oh man, yeah, I, he, I, he was on Chappelle show a bunch too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this guy, uh, very funny, very funny. I didn't know that. That's a bummer. Yeah. Yeah. M. Ton- Thomas Inge, I hope, um, one of the very first to cover comics in a scholarly way, passed away this week at 85. No cause of death given. Um, but he was one of the kind of like people who pri- uh, um, pioneered talking about comics in a in a, in a way that wasn't just laughed at. Uh, yeah. 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 Like comics was him. a real medium. He pushed for him for, for defending comic books. Bum that he passed away. Yeah. And then, as I mentioned, I watched King Kong, uh, Charles Grodin was an actor, comedian, was in Beethoven, which I always forget was him and not Steve Martin for some reason. That's the one with the dog, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, he passed away. He started in the Heartbreak Kid also. Um, he passed away this week at the age of 86. Importantly, uh, he was the villain in The Great Muppet Caper. I don't he was. Oh, I, while we bring that up, um, he, he was really, really funny. And he wrote a piece in Variety about his affair with Miss Piggy. Uh-huh. Um, you can find it on Twitter, you guys. It is hilarious. It's super um, scandalous. Uh, that's like, I've seen Charles Grodin in a bunch of things. But uh, Great Muppet Caper probably more than anything else because I watched it a bunch when I was a kid because I watched all the Muppet movies a bunch when I was a kid. And uh, Charles Grodin has always been one of my favorite like celebrity appearances in a Muppet film for the energy that he brought to it. Uh, there was a particularly great tweet I saw in the wake of his passing that was, um, Miss Piggy has been jealous of Kermit with other ladies many times. Charles Grodin is the one time Kermit was jealous of another man. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I love that. Uh, he passed away th- due to bone marrow cancer. So. Yeah. He's very good in King Kong. He's a lot of fun. You you have definitely seen him, even if you're not sure you have. He's he's incredibly talented. He has a great body of work. More mm-hmm. more so than even I realized there's stuff I've added to my list. Like, oh, I got to go back and check that out for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I kind of want to rewatch Beethoven, I'll be honest. Um, do, 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 sorry, I had to refresh because there were things. Also, that I also uh, Charles Grown flat out called uh, Sean Hannity a fascist on Fox. I saw that. Check that out because oh, that's, that's great. That's fantastic. I'm gonna look that up later. We'll put that for later. And then finally, Kentaro Mira, yeah. uh, 
author of Berserk, the manga series, passed away at the age of 54. He actually died on May 6th as a result of acute aortic dissection. He died of uh, over, being overstressed, you guys. Um, yeah. Which is a common problem uh, with manga artists in Japan. Yeah. Um, this one, guys, this one hit me really hard. Um, uh, not because I've read all of Berserk. Uh, it's impossible because it's a single man's work over a body of 30 years. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's an impressive feat into itself that he, that he not only started this thing as a teenager and he did it all on his own. Um, he only got better and better as an artist. If you guys have seen any of his work, it's work. It's uh, it's truly some of the most like beautiful shit I've ever seen in my life. People and, were posting images, and they're just so gorgeous. Yeah, like like some of the most detailed work. Like the the the, the work he put into single panels, page after page, for nothing that's not really important. Just like good architecture, but that's what's important to him. Just like like flawless work. Um, Berserk is my favorite anime. Like next to Neon Genesis Evangelion. Like before I revisited Evangelion, Berserk was my is my thing and while i again haven't finished the the the, the manga um berserk is one of the most emotionally caught best. up because it's not done yes thank you um it's still mag, mag made that comment and that it will yeah. never be completed there's uh yeah. there's conversation about um people in his life who had access to notes he jotted down about the ending so some some form of that as a I, tribute has been discussed being made yeah i um, i really hope that, that rather happens. than like as like a true proper like finale just like adapting it from other there are many, Berserk was an inspiration to a lot of creative artists. So a lot of them are talking about, the, the rumor is that a lot of them about like compiling a piece of work. You don't see this a lot in manga, so this would be more like a comic thing. Yeah, yeah. Where it would be very tributary and like different pieces of it would come from different creatives. Like a Dr. Parnassus. Uh, but, but it all would be based off his notes to bring it to like kind of a finale, but more of a tribute finale yeah. for his work. And I said that. Um, yeah. because, because Berserk was so inspirational. I know like a lot of people were saying like, there's no Dark Souls without Berserk. I am, uh, um, like, amongst dude, others. Like, Berserk is, is the most influential piece of dark fantasy ever made. Like, it's no contest. Like, and this is going to sound exaggerating, but it's not. Lord of the Rings to regular fantasy is what Berserk is to dark fantasy. Yeah, yeah. Truly, like, things in Final Fantasy would not be the way it is. Like, again, all of Dark Souls would not exist like Miyazaki is like is like a berserk fanatic. Like it's like pop culture wouldn't exist like the same without berserk. Like there's, it's so influential. There's an incredible. There was an incredibly touching fa Final Fantasy fourteen tribute, uh, on in the online game. Oh, to that's him. amazing. Um, if you haven't seen it, I highly recommend going and seeing it. If, uh, even if you're not familiar with berserk or his work, um, it made me cry. Uh, it's it's really cool. Um, that they did that. It's it's been super impactful. I I the thing I'm hoping the most is that it brings a little bit more attention to like just how bad. Uh, the work culture is over there for these manga artists and a lot of the creatives. Um, it, it's it's really really rough, uh, and yeah. to lose him to being overstressed is awful. Yeah. Um, so young. Berserk is, so young. Yeah, yeah. fifty four. That's it's ridiculous. Um, Berserk is just it, it impacts so many people because it is it's one of the pieces of media that is willing to show you really really awful things. It shows you it shows you violence and sexual assault and the worst of people but it's about it's about finding hope in darkness in darkness and it's all about uh um, Mira spent 30 years he started this thing as an angsty teenager and he turned into a loving adult and that's the course of that's the the course of gut throughout the entire franchise as well as the big the big swordsman everyone thinks he's this big badass guy and he is but he's also one of the softest softest people in anime he's really soft and he's just like a big dude with a big sword um that book just has so many layers in the manga. Uh, excuse me, the anime has so many layers. I'm just like, mm -hmm. this one really sucked because I, I actually started crying when I found this out. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's this is a bummer. This one. It was crazy. really cool to see because I I'd never honestly I've never read 
Berserk. Uh, yeah. I, I, I don't know who the author was. Um, I've heard of it, obviously. Uh, but to see how this man's work touched so many people that yeah. just posts on Twitter every every day. I was seeing new artwork and people talking about his influence. I it was so great. Yeah, um, it, it is it is a huge loss to to so many people. Um, but again, like 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 all the tributes are just going on, showing like yeah. this guy. He was really yeah. important. Yeah. Mm -hmm. it's, it's nice. All right, now we're we're just gonna be talking about last week news for a bit. News um, time. We did trim it down from what it would have been just a bit. So here we go. Jungle Cruise will still be released on July 30th, uh, but it will now release simultaneously on Disney Plus Premier Access. That's 30 bucks? That's 30 bucks. So. Okay. If you don't want to go to the theater. It is weird for the company to be doing this and also saying, but go to the theaters for Black Widow. Not that I want Black Widow necessarily to be on Disney Plus also, but it, it just feels bizarre that they're like, but for Jungle Cruise, but Luca can't go to theaters at all. Yeah, I thought Black Widow was on Disney Plus. Black what? Widow is, is on Disney Plus for thirty bucks. Yeah, Black Widow is. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. My oh, bad. yeah, yeah. I thought that I, they, I thought that they weren't doing. I it. forgot as well. Um, yeah, they are. We're staying off limits, but okay. I think this. I, I I truthfully, truthfully, I think this is um, yeah. indicative that this is going to be a. Uh, they're going to look at every movie. I think it might be like a movie by movie basis, but they're going to start looking at other movies even well after the pandemic. We're still going to be seeing this hybrid release. Mm. If it works. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, we don't know. We, we don't know until it happens. So, uh, but, but Shang-Chi and the legend of the 10 rings. Shang-Chi. Shang dang it. And free guys. Uh, if no, you guys care. Fro guys. Fro guys. Sorry. Uh, we'll be, I, I keep forgetting that freaking movie is even a thing. Me too, but you know it's written by it's written by very good people. I forgot who they were, but it got me excited for some reason. I'll look them up later. Yeah. Um, it's going to be exclusive to theaters for forty five days. So Disney is going to make a forty five day window for theaters. It'll be exclusive on, and then it'll go to VOD services. Probably not mm -hmm. Disney Plus right away, but other VOD services. No, I suspect Disney Plus will remain when it goes to Blu Ray. It goes to Disney Plus. Yeah, yeah. Um, Secret Invasion. Got a pair of directors. Woo! Um, Thomas Bazucha, let him go, and Ali Selim, Ali Selim, and the Looming Tower will direct the series. Um, these are people who both have worked in like spy drama stuff, so like this totally makes sense for this Nick Fury spy show about aliens. So yeah, they did other things, but I forgot what they what they were. But like more recent, there was a nine eleven thing that they did. Yeah, that's that. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, uh, that's the looming tower. Okay, right. Yeah, like the government, like conspiracy, like you know, they worked in this field before. Oh, Matt. Know. Okay, Matt Lieberman is doing Free Guys, and he did the Christmas Chronicles, and I like that movie. So, uh, okay, there, gotcha. you go. there you go. Okay, Indiana Jones and the Fifth Movie. Uh -huh. Um, Boyd Holbrook and Seanette Renee Wilson have been added to the cast. Uh, 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 Lloyd Holbrook is is the cyborg man in Logan. He's like the big bad henchman guy. Oh, okay. He was yeah, also... he has the glasses on. Yeah, he was he was he in another like movie too. Things. Yeah, he was in another movie too besides Logan. Shoot, what was it? But I mean, he he's worked with James Mangold. This makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm looking forward to Indiana Jones Five. I hope it's good. I'm I'm hopeful. The fact that it's that it's a new director brings brings I I it could be anything. I'm so excited. Absolutely. Yeah. 
comics from last week. Because we finally found out what the trial of Magneto is. Um, that happened two weeks ago. Uh, Leia Williams, obviously we knew, and not uh, Valerio Skitty. Skitty? Sure. Um, it, the art will be Lucas Werneck, and oh. Valerio uh, Skitty will do, be doing covers. I wonder so, if it was like a scheduling thing that he would That makes sense. Um, uh, Lucas's work is, is good too. He's done like previous, I'm pretty sure he's done previous X Men stuff um, in the past. It's going to be a five issue miniseries. Cool. Hmm. So not an ongoing. Obviously, like it would okay. be a weird ongoing, just have a 25 <laughs> yeah. issue trial. Six year trial. Um, the or on issue 200 of the trial of Magneto. It's hour by hour, yeah. <laughs> Um, actually, no, that's a pretty good experiment. Hour by hour, a trial. Oh, man. It'd be so boring. <laughs> I know, right? Statements take three issues. A horrific murder, a shocking revelation, a trial that will divide the new mutant nation. Leia Williams and Valerio Skidi, well, I, guess, I guess he's writing it uh, with her, uh, bring you a new epic that threatens the reign of X and will upend the world of mutants. The truth is hidden, the danger is far from over, and the trial has begun. Sounds cool. I kind of wish I didn't know what was going to now happen at the gala. Yeah, now we know, because now of this, know, we know about the gala. Because now we know they announced the thing before it even comes out. I'm like, okay, well, now I know something bad's happening at the gala. Yeah. And of course, it's, in a, like, it's, it's something's going to happen, but now I know, oh, someone's getting murdered, and it's a mystery. I'm like, there, okay. is a, there is a murder at the gala, and uh, the upcoming gala next month, and uh, Le- uh, X-Factor is involved in this book. That's important for me to say because within this announcement, they said that X Factor has been canceled. Boo. This is rather shocking. You guys. People yeah. were pissed on Twitter. The it's day. one of the more popular books in, as far as sales. Like the number one selling comic, like the week it comes out, like in terms of X books. Like this one is really shocking. And it's, I don't think they're canceling it so because they're going to do this trial of Magneto miniseries. That doesn't make any sense. You don't need to no. cancel a book for that. Um, this one really ruffled the feathers of a lot of people, and we just don't know why. I think it also canceled. feels weird when it comes with the blow of like Polaris being taken away from yeah. the title from to the book, yeah. because of the voting thing, which a lot of comic fans were like, this was bullshit, yeah. uh, and we're not happy about it. And now you get this one-two punch uh, with X Factor being canceled, so a lot of people who really like that book as they should are feeling like, "Whoa, what?" Yeah. Uh, um, heck. And in terms of like, especially for like X Men fans, um, in terms of like open um, um, diversity and like open like sexuality, X Factor is the most like diverse book. It's the one that's not like subtext. Yeah. Like X Men, yeah, like you know Logan, Jean, they're all doing stuff, but they never actually explicitly say it. X Factor, subtext. Is very, yeah, X X Factor is a very like diverse diverse book. Yeah. Um, this one, I, this is a shock. I really like X Factor. Obviously, many people do. Leo Williams has been very quiet on uh, social media for the first time uh, ever, um, yeah. ever since the vote happened. And I think a lot of it is because she's hurt mm-hmm. that this book is gone. Because yeah. she did comment on someone that we that I think you and I, Ryan, we follow. Um, she mentioned that the plans that she had for the books, as far as like trans representation, um, she said. Yeah, that's not going to happen in X Factor anymore. Um, hopefully, it does somewhere down the line, maybe by a trans writer, but it's not my book. Yeah, um, and and luckily we do have Vita Ayala and New Mutants, and and they are doing some some cool stuff, introducing new um, like non-binary mutants and stuff. So like, there is somebody trying to fight the good fight, but like the fact that like 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 
the, the, the gayest X-Men book gets canceled in a, in a line that's supposed to be very diverse and gay. It's like, it's, it's like a slap in the face. Like it really yeah. is. Cause like, like the marketing team and like the, the people who write the books are involved like on like Twitter, like the whole, everyone's like in each other's like soup. And it's like, when this kind of thing happens, I'm like, Oh, you guys really aren't our friends. Right. It's, this is all fake. Right. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's a, it was, it was a wild day. The, 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 the issue that I've been having with the reign of X specifically, because I didn't have this problem with the dawn of X. Mm-hmm. I have been having an issue with the reign of X now that I'm mostly caught up again. I haven't read any books from this month, but I've been getting really, really frustrated that there's a lot of things that were like building to being text. Mm-hmm. Now they're just kind of like, mm, we're not doing that anymore. And I yeah. kind of feel like I don't think the X office is deliberately toning things down. I think senior editorial was like, Hey, maybe tone down some stuff. Yeah. Um, and that's been very frustrating because of the direction we were going in. And now we're kind of like plateauing. And I hope that changes with the Hellfire Gala and the Trial of Magneto, but that's kind of where I feel right now. And X Factors being canceled didn't help that feeling. Yeah, yeah. I hundred percent agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. Sparks, did you have any more you wanted to add? No, you guys covered it well. King of the Conqueror is getting a miniseries, though. Cool. Uh, Colin Kelly and Jackson Lansing will be writing a series with Carlos Mag- Magno on art. It's a five-issue miniseries, and it's. I guess the I'm not gonna read the whole solicitation, but it's they're streamlining Kane's origin story a bit. Yeah, um, this makes sense because every time a new character is introduced in the MCU with a wild origin, they have to fix that shit in the comics. Yep. Uh, it happens with happened with everyone. It happened with Captain Marvel. They made that thing nice and easy. Mm-hmm. Um, Kang, you guys, because in the comics, it's 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 a yes and no situation of is this Nathaniel Richards, the great 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 grandson of Reed Richards. Um, and it's kind of like a, a, cause Kang has many different incarnations. You know, he's like an ancient Pharaoh, but it's a dude who just went back in time to become a Pharaoh. He's Immortus. He's all these different incarnations. The Senate of Tony Stark kind of thing. That's where it gets like really, Iron Lad. Iron Lad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. where it gets fishy with the Iron Man stuff. Um, but this feels like he's like the river song. Uh, that's the Dr. Who reference. She's yep. the lady. She's like, Kang shows up like randomly throughout time as different versions of himself trying to figure his life out. Um, so this is a really cool way to just like a, a character who's like built in the t- in the timeline to actually streamline it. Um, yeah. It's very cool. Makes sense. Jonathan, what's his name? Jonathan uh, from Lovecraft Country. Jonathan Majors yes. is playing Kang. Um, it makes me think the Nathaniel Richards stuff is just going to become straight canon. So when the Fantastic Four introduced, they can hang out with Kang and do Kang stuff. That'd be cool. Quick side note: Did you guys see that clip of uh, Emily Blunt in an interview where this guy comes up to ask yes. her if her husband? Very funny. Was? She is so done with it. Oh wait, like, no, wait, not not her husband. It was at an interview. Yeah, they were at. She was at, She was in a press junk for a quiet place. Mm-hmm. You know what? Where a bunch of like interviewers come in. Yeah, and, and they talk. come in and every out person and talked. Every person asked. I gotta ask. Fantastic Four, and finally she just lost it. She was like, no. She's, yeah. If she was ever gonna do it, she's not anymore. Hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. We ruined you, it for her. Y'all ruined it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't stop doing that. That's how you get the clickbaits of like Martin Scorsese hates Marvel or whatever. Yeah. All I right. Just, I just feel bad for her. It's like, my God, that Me sucks. Too. You're talking about a different movie and everyone wants to know about the one you may or may um, not do. And just like the really shitty thing, I feel bad for the press people who are doing those interviews because I know a lot about like how some of that, like some of them are definitely doing it because they, they feel like that's like, I want to ask that kind of thing. But most of them are being told, make sure you ask that. That's the pop. Uh-huh. That's the trending. That's thing. the click. You you have yeah. to ask. It. So they're required. Like it sucks for them too. 
they have to go there and ask them that question that isn't something they want to ask them, isn't of substance to what they want to do for those interviews. And they have to do it because it's the trending topic. Yeah. And that sucks. It sucks for everybody involved that that's the kind of shit that we have to do. Maybe you'll be the one that she gets the answer. <laughs> All right, moving on. Bitterroot, a comic book, is getting an adaptation. Regina King is going to direct it. Woo, woo, woo. Uh, Bitterroot is set during the Harlem Renaissance of 1924 and follows a family of monster hunters who must defend New York City from an evil force that threatens to transform humans into creatures as the last of their kind. The Sanjuri's family must decide between saving or killing the invading monsters. Hmm. Uh, that's what the comic is about, so I assume the movie will be the same. Yeah, like 1920s, like black monster hunters, like probably having to deal with like racism in like in America. Like that sounds dope. Yeah. Like, yeah. Lovecraft Country has opened so many doors. Like it's, it's incredible. Yeah. And Watchmen, yeah. Well, wa yeah, Watchmen, Watchmen opened the door for Lovecraft Country, and the Lovecraft Country like blew the doors open. Yeah. And Regina King's coming from Watchmen, so absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, got a new appreciation for comics for sure. Hell yeah. David F. Walker, Sanford Green, and Chuck Brown, who are the creators of the comic, will produce the movie. Great. I met them at a comic con. They signed my Power Man and Iron Fist one that they did. They're they're terrific. Nice. They're nice. The Golden Globes were in the news. Oh, yeah, they were. NBC will not air the Golden Globes. Good for them. In 2022, uh, citing the awards body failure to promptly make plans on reforming its controversial and discriminatory practices. Uh, apparently, Tom Cruise has returned his award, which I didn't know that. Um, okay. And uh, Netflix, Amazon, and Warner Media are also boycotting the Golden Globes. Hey, uh, I think this is really great. I kind of wish this would happen to most of the award shows where they would just be like, yo, um, treat all the people below the line way better uh, and above the line. Like, what are we doing, guys? All all award shows are kind of lame in some way. You know, there is there is some like nice value of like, you know, appreciating the artists and stuff. Um, the Golden Globes are definitely the worst of them, though. Yeah. Um, that's just an excuse for people to hang out celebrities. So Minari was nominated for Best Foreign Language Film. That's just racism, is what yep. it is, because it's an American movie. Um, it's yeah, that's wild. Um, honestly, the Golden Globes are like the. I don't think I've watched the Golden Globes live in my life. I've never. Watched I, the did, I don't care. I about did the. Globes. I did the year they they put that black and white Will Forte movie in Best Comedy. Mm, okay. But it was a drama. Yeah, I always watch wow. like the clips online, but I don't think I've ever watched it. Nebraska, is that it? Yeah, yeah, Nebraska. That's a good movie. Yeah, That's but it's a, a drama. It's a really good movie, but it's a drama. Yeah, hundred percent. And they put it in best comedy or musical. Does that have Harry Dean Stanton in it? Uh, maybe not. I'm not sure. The only time I actually was like, oh, good for her in the Golden Globes was when Kay Seagal won her Golden Globe for playing Gemma in Sons of Anarchy. Oh, okay, there you go. Yeah, other than that, I'm like, people are like, hey, the Golden Globes. I'm like, I don't care. Click. Well, again, yeah, like moments. I could watch that clip online. I'm not going to There's definitely been like nice awards out of the Golden Globes. Brooklyn Nine-Nine oh. won the Golden Globe in its first season. But on a whole, like, what what value is this? Yeah. Did Hedge Globe ever win anything? Nope, don't care. I think there's also a question of like a deeper analysis we need to do about like what the award shows actually mean and, and who they're actually for. And like, are they a publicity center? Are they actually acknowledging like art within them? Yeah. The one that I, again, I don't watch, like, I think the Oscars is the only one that I would ever do live, and I would do with you guys. Uh, the Independent Spirit Award is one that's really cool, and that's one that's, like, 
that all the celebrities love going to. It's like where they actually appreciate the art and like all these small indie movies that don't get actually considered get to show up. And um, that one's a cool one to look out for. Cool. Yeah. Speaking of cool ones to look out for, Enola Holmes <gasps> is officially getting a sequel. Uh, Millie Bobby Brown will return, obviously, as Enola Holmes. And Henry, Henry Cavill um, has also been confirmed to return as Sherlock Holmes. You like that movie, right, Brendan? Yeah, I really like the movie. I know Sparks did too. Yeah, cool. cool it was cool. really good. Love it. Solid. Yeah. Really, really good film. Good. I like the movie. It succeeds. Um, I'm really, and we talked about when we both watched it um, that it would be really nice if it got a sequel because I'd, I'd happily see more of these. A hundred percent. I think that the the tone uh, is really friendly. Like something that I thought could come off a little too for kids. Um, it's it's just a really good movie. Yeah, uh, it's got it's got a really light, uh, nice tone. I think I I I would make an argument that it's my favorite thing Millie Bobby Brown has done. I don't. I'll for me, there's just like Stranger Things because like Godzilla, yeah. whatever. Yeah. So that's I will I back Sparks up. Cool. I'll watch yeah, that movie. I, before I haven't seen No Home, so I can't really fight against it because the only thing I've seen her in that I say is the best thing is of course Stranger Things because you know Godzilla is Godzilla, but. I mean, I'd like to watch it. Yeah, you should. I think you'd like it especially, Ben. Yeah. Um, Harry Bradbeer, who is, who is the director of Fleabag, um, also the director of the first film, is returning as well. And Jack Thorne um, will join the writing duties uh, again with Harry Bradbeer. Um, Jack Thorne is the writer of the first film, and he's also the head writer of His Dark Materials. Um, so the whole, whole crew is coming back. Getting worked on. Ultraman. It's having a banger year. Hell yeah. Despite um, Shin Ult- being uh, put on hold. Yep. Yeah, Shin, Shin Ultraman on hold. Uh, uh, there's an anime on Netflix that Netflix made. Um, a live that action was show. Years ago. Oh, was it? Uh, well, yeah, we watched live action. like two years ago. Hmm. Yeah. Well, a new CG animated Ultraman film is coming to Netflix that will be directed by... This is American, by the way. We're not... This isn't coming from Japan. This is an American company working on this movie, um, which is interesting. And I think the first time it's happened for Ultraman. Yeah. Yes. Sounds like it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, This will be directed by Shannon Tyndall, who is an animator who previously worked on Coraline and Kubo and the Two Strings. Love it. Oh, Um, Will be co-wrote. She'll co-wrote the script with um, Kubo screenwriter Mark Hames. So that's exciting. I love Kubo. Nice. Yep. And uh, DuckTales reboot director John Aoshima is also involved in some capacity, probably as a producer. But they didn't say. Um, a little bit more information about it. It will be stylized, but not strictly anime. Um, and so, you know, the people are speculating more along the lines of like Spider-Verse or um, Mitchell's yeah. animation. Ooh, that'd be so. Yeah. Uh, and it will be produced in partnership with Super Yara, Super Super Yaya, the company who owns Ultraman. I apologize. Um, who, they, they control the Ultraman franchise. I'm be partnering with them to make this. Uh, that sounds awesome. Um, I wonder. Um, yeah, because again, there's that Marvel has an Ultraman comic where it kind of streamlines it and makes it like like nice and friendly for people to want to jump into. Um, so I imagine they'll do that kind of version of like a little. It won't go as crazy as, as like some of the Ultraman stuff I've been watching recently, where you know you have giant god Ultraman with a big beard 
Um, Su still great. <laughs> Subaraya is uh, named for A.G. Subaraya, who did uh, created all the special effects for the original Godzilla. Nice. Oh, uh, Ultraman. This is, so this is kind of cool that this is you know this is the first time that Ultraman is getting an American adaptation, really. For sure. Um, and it's been around not as long as Godzilla, but a very long time. Yeah. So yeah. very cool. Has has more content technically. Yes, because of the show. Because it's primarily a show. Yeah, and they have made many. Yeah. We got some. Now we're up this week. This week's news. So welcome back, everyone who skipped. <laughs> um, Discovery was in the news. Interestingly enough, as AT and T. Like the Discovery I, Channel? Yeah. AT&T. Oh. Sorry, I'm going full Goldblum. AT&T has uh, decided to sell Warner Media to Discovery. At least that's what it looks like. For $43 billion. Wait. So Time Warner is being sold to Discovery. Time Warner no longer exists because Time Warner was bought by AT&T. I mean, okay. it exists in the sense that like they still exist under AT&T. Well, they're more they're Warner Media now. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Ben, understand that Discovery is not just Discovery Channel. Discovery, yeah, it's um, like it's like TLC, Food Network. It's a, it's like a bunch of those channels, right? Yeah, it's yeah. HGTV, Animal Planet. They own all of that. Yeah, and now Warner Media. Well, they, not yet. Should it go through all the legal rights that it has to go through all the Should legal? Should it be the other way around, like Warner owning them? Because you would think Warner be bigger, right? You would, but AT&T, here's the thing. A lot of people are talking about this online as a good thing. AT&T never had any business getting into the content game. Um, yeah, they, they, they were in such bad debt after buying Time Warner um, that they had to sell a bunch of properties already. They, we talked about they sold Funimation. Yeah. Um, we've talked about how they sold, they tried to sell Warner Game, Warner, Warner, Warner Bros. Games Montreal. Oh, yeah, um, so they've been trying to recoup the money and then HBO Max isn't doing the the money they they expected it to, so they're they just so they're just like you know what three years we're good we're gonna go back to our we're gonna go back to our thing uh, so someone else take it and Discovery is the so the, buyer. Um, the crappy thing is that um, and you know it it really depends um, a lot of people have brought up like is it already kind of too late did AT and T already do too much damage. Um, good that question discovery, that discovery can't fix it in certain aspects um because there's definitely choices that we've talked about related to dc films dc comics um plenty of other properties under the warner media umbrella uh where it it there bears an argument of can can they even reverse the damage done here at this point yeah. Um, and it's not clear. And will discovery? Will discovery? Like, I'm sure it can be reversed, but will discovery actually be up to the task of doing it? So, I have I heard everything you guys talking about when yeah, I went yeah. to the bathroom. Because yeah. the audio listeners didn't know. Um, a lot of people are viewing this as a positive because, like you said, AT and T had no right to try to like. They're not a creative branch. Like, they're not into entertainment. They're technology, right? Discovery is all about that. Literally, all they do is make entertainment, very much like a Disney. Um, this is a better situation for us and for fans and stuff like of, of like the entertainment properties. But again, it's a you just keep tossing this like child around. Like I think I the think damage is done. Right? I think yeah. what's very frustrating to a lot of people and like I agree. Like it being out of the hands of AT and T is pretty much a net good, and I do want that. Um, I don't want AT and T to have power over that company. However, 
Uh, it does very much because of what they've done, how short a time span this has been of three years and how much money they spent and all the choices that they already made to two things. Uh, makes it feel like they, they bought this really nice ship they punched a big hole in the bottom of it, and now they want to pass it off to someone else with some duct tape over yes. that hole. True. Yes, um, I agree. I but I also think that there's an argument that, that can be made that AT, when AT and T went in there, the name of the game was streaming. We are putting everything digital. We are getting rid of physical. We've heard that in countless places. Um, we 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 heard someone someone in the know saying that they're by next year they're not going to put out the DC animated films on digital on uh, physical only digital. Yeah. Um, and I think, and that was AT&T being like, we need to make back our money, get everything on HBO max cells were streaming and DC universe infinite, I'm sure was eventually going to replace physical copies of DC comics. Um, I think that was the plan with discovery. I don't think that's the plan anymore. I think they're, they're like, where they're, I think they'll put the brakes on at least that. Yeah. This is also going to put a lot of things in a weird limbo space now. Um, if it if it is going to happen, we're going to be seeing like a similar limbo to the Fox changing over to Disney. Like what, so a lot of pre creative projects aren't going to know what they're doing. Mm -hmm. um, we don't know whose jobs are going to survive. Mm -hmm. uh, there's going to be rejiggering. It's going to be weird. This um, is a lot of con. This is a lot of content houses that Discovery is uh, is inheriting. Yeah, um, and and while Discovery has run its own thing, uh, it, there's nothing to say like they will know what how to handle what they're gonna take on if they do it. Yeah. Um, so it's it's very weird. I know that, like it, it, to give you like a minor idea, like there are people who Infinity Train was recently canceled, and so there are people who are like this might be how we get Infinity Train back because that was almost certainly an AT&T decision, um, and it that's not what that means you know like we could be optimistic and hope that that's the case um for things like that but uh we, we might see a lot of it just cut down even further uh yeah. to, to the essentials like some some of the media that survives yes it's going to be taken care of but i'm not confident and comfortable with what we might lose in the process of this i'll tell you what though because i remember how worried we were and some people were when when at&t was initially buying it three years ago I, I, we, we survived that and DC survived that. So honestly, if they survive that, they're going to, I think they're going to be fine. Did you see, guess what happened because of this? Um, uh, there's plenty of stories running around on those types of sites that Disney is going to buy DC comics from, from discovery. I, come on people. Come on people. I, I am less concerned about um, DC necessarily than I am about like a lot of other uh, Warner Media properties, both yeah. the back catalog of mm -hmm. Warner Media properties um, and uh, some of the other projects that are not necessarily. Uh, this is this would be things like Dune, the future of the Dune series, if the, depending oh, yeah. on how the film does. I, but again, that's um, the thing where I think Discovery knows that, like, oh hey, we just inherited the new Star Wars. Uh, we're definitely going to do that. Well, but you don't. But we don't know that. You know, this isn't. I, I think the thing that makes me like, you know, yes, this is objectively this is better than AT and T because AT and T didn't know what the heck they were doing um but this isn't like when fox was going into the hands of disney where like disney has proven success with a whole lot of these diverse properties yeah. discovery has just a lot of really strong reality programming for a certain type of person yeah, yeah. um you know this is this is not their wheelhouse this is going to be a whole new territory for them we don't know how they're going to do especially with having to manage so much of it maybe ben yeah maybe it will kind of be like a like what disney did with marvel like hey you guys do what you do and we'll just give you support 
and like maybe Disney or I would love just, it if it's that. Yeah, Discovery's yeah. like, hey, we have our reality TV, but now we actually have our fiction uh, stuff. This is that's the stuff. that's the hands off that's the hands off thing that we were hoping that AT and T would have when they got when they mm-hmm. bought Time Warner. We were like, that's how they should handle it, but they were incredibly hands on. Uh, and the other thing about this is, uh, you know, Disney has the money and the resources to be hands off and support them and say, yeah, you you know, we trust. Go do your thing. Here's here's the resources you need. Um, Discovery is not. Uh, even as they inherit these things, they're not immediately going to be bankrollable no. on all these diverse properties. Some things are going to be stripped out at least for a time. If it's been $43 billion, though. Well, they haven't yet. But I mean, I was saying, like, if this is I know, happening... I know, but like, because uh, they, they are banking on the future profits, but for a time, they're going to be strapped and it's going to, oh, yeah. they're going to need the returns. And so, you know, it's going to be weird. I'm just saying, like, you know, you don't have that immediate cushion that is the Disney cushion that happens box where it's like yeah it kind of doesn't they they can throw whatever they want at it they're going to be fine yeah one thing i am looking forward to i'm looking for the john oliver jab at at&t for this it's gonna be fun oh of course point um Boy, john oliver never let them off the hook for anything never no, he didn't i just um, love it every time he was like oh see business daddy your little boy is acting up again what are you gonna do about it? just like constantly poking the bear that has at&t business daddy. um hey you know what Discovery, Discovery, sit down. I want to talk to you real quick. If Jim Lee were to happen out of the editor-in-chief role, I wouldn't complain. Um, but it's going to be like priority number three hundred on a long list. Yeah, absolutely. CEO David Zasloff, who is the CEO of Discovery, uh, will now serve as the CEO of the new company, which I think is I think they announced is called Warner Discovery. They're going to combine the names. Mm, okay. Does that title not work for you, Ben? Mm. <laughs> Could be better. I'm more of a Discovery Warner kind of guy. But like, I, would yeah, say, but... I would say call it Discover Warners. <laughs> Come, Discover War- Warners. Josh Whedon's Batgirl. Sorry. Batgirl is coming. Um, the new HBO Max original movie Batgirl has now landed two directors. Adil El Arbi and Bilal Fola, who directed Bad Boys for Life in the upcoming Miss Marvel TV series for Marvel Studios. Look at that. Like, Miss Marvel's so good. They're like, hey, can you do that for us over here, please? Yeah, now they're doing Batgirl. Crazy. Um, DC Super Pets announced their first casting with Dwayne is, The Rock Johnson as Crypto. Is Batgirl connected to Batman? Who knows? I'm gonna say yes. Is it, I don't is think they Jeffrey know. Wright's daughter. I that's. I'm gonna say yes. Okay. Because if they got like they got creators of color, like oh yeah, make we're gonna have a black Batgirl. Like that's that's what I that's what I hope for. I hope we'll see. I don't think they know. Maybe it's Ben Affleck's Batgirl. <laughs> Wild. All right. Anyway, DC Super Pets. <laughs> uh, just, uh, what's his name? Fuck it. Oh, oops. Um, Gwen <laughs> Johnson. J.K. J.K. Simmons. Um, it's oh. his daughter. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> All right. Dwayne Johnson, Crypto the Super Dog. Okay. Cool. Good. Good for him. He's been he's been Black Adam for a decade. He gets announced to be a dog in two weeks. Two new animated movies, two new animated shows, have been announced from Cartoon Network and HBO Max in joint collaboration. Batman Caped Crusader. Yes. Bruce Tim will return to Batman. Yes. Oh um, yeah, oh, I saw this. This looks rad. With Matt Reeves and J.J. Abrams, uh, yes. they are developing the new, the new. What'd you say? 
I said yes and kind of no. Yeah, well, um, <laughs> he's not like making it; he's just producing it. Yeah. They are they are developing the new Batman animated series. No relation to Batman the animated series. Yeah, but look, I like that key art. Big ears. Me too. Love the big ears. Um, someone pointed out that he he is a similar Batman to d- design to uh, the last Bruce Tim animated movie, which was um, Soul of the Dragon. Yeah. Uh-huh. Very uh, cool. Uh, they did. They did say something along the lines that they want to make Batman the animated series for for the current generation. So like the the level of of what they brought to the table for that for today, yeah. uh, and I'm all about that. I think this is what Mark Bernardin was talking about when he said that they're developing a sequel to Batman the animated series. I think wires got crossed, mm-hmm. and this is that project. Sure, makes that sense. that make it, it would make sense. Um, yeah, I can see why you would jump to thinking it would be. Uh, that yeah uh, i'm i'm happy I, I i'm excited about it i'm sure it'll be a spiritual successor in a way yeah i'm sure and hopefully it won't be yeah. as horny as other bruce tim animated shows because he has gotten a little out of hand we don't know how much of that is necessarily bruce tim it's mostly his his stuff so i'm gonna i'm gonna put a lot of it on him no, no. <laughs> he likes to draw scantily clad women i'm just all saying, right i seen right. it and apparently have Harley sex have sex with most people. Then the other one is My Adventures with Superman, yes. which I'm very I'm excited so for. So happy. I'm so happy. This looks so this, cool. this new, uh, the key art was released for this one. Looks incredible. Um, we do have a bit more information about this one. That we don't really about Batman. Oh, except Batman's going to dive more into the noir elements going back to Batman the Animated Series. So. Sweet. But My Adventures with Superman... The new series is called My Adventures of Superman, and it stars Clark Kent, Lois Lane, and Jimmy Olsen as 20-something young members of an investigative reporting team at the Daily Planet. Together, the would-be Man of Steel will work alongside Lois Lane and Jimmy Olsen as they navigate through this kooky thing called life while fighting bad guys. Looks fun. And Jimmy Olsen's black. Yeah. Yes. Lois They've Lane already... is here, and it makes people mad for some reason. Oh my god. People are dumb. <laughs> Yeah, I saw s- some idiot just go like, like, oh yeah, I fixed it because I felt like this. I'm like, just, just oh yeah, yeah, it. I saw the the one where she's like, just, I just don't like it when girls look like boys, and, and I'm like, I think it's hot, whatever. I've seen both laying with short hair, with shorter hair, like of the pixie cut. The before. energy, the energy that one image produces, it's just yeah. one image, and I and I I see it. That is Lois Clark and Jimmy. Like, yes, that is. That is a, a great distillment of what they are in one image. If you were to show me that picture and say, hey, who are these three people? And you didn't tell me this was a key art for My Adventures of Superman. I would say, oh, yeah, that's Clark Kent, Lois Lane, Jimmy Olsen. Yeah. Um, there's also that weird, like, Aquaman show that we've seen one image of. And if you put, like, the Batman, Superman, Aquaman show, they all look so different. Yeah. yeah. And that is exactly what we've been asking for. Like, give us something different. Don't give us the exact same thing. Like, that's lovely. Yeah. Now, they've already ordered two seasons of this show, so that's excellent. Um, and Jack Quaid from The Boys has been cast Ooh. as Clark Kent, Superman. That's cool. Nice. Wait, who's Jack Quaid playing in, in The Boys? Huey. Huey. Oh. Yeah. Um, Alice okay. Lee. I was scared it was Homelander. That'd be funny. Um, <laughs> Alice Lee uh, has been cast as Lois Lane, and we don't know who Jimmy Olsen is yet. Cool. 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 And finally, in DC animated news, Injustice is getting an animated movie. This was leaked because the 
uh, press release for Batman The Long Halloween Part 2 dropped, and one of the special features is an exclusive first look, the next animated feature, Injustice. Cool. And this is just a movie, not a show? Right? It's just a movie. Okay. Hey, guys, get ready for more Evil Superman. Yeah. Now, Wolverine. I get it. I'm right in the middle of Injustice hype right now, so this got me super excited. Here's here's my thing. If it's just a movie of the game, I don't care. It's got if, it's, if it's if it's including stuff from the comics, I'm more intrigued. Yeah. But if you are just going to tell me essentially the game as an animated film, no thank you. I think it's literally going to be the game plus all like the backstory stuff that's necessary. I hope so. yeah, yeah. So that's fine. Yeah. I I'm going to say what I hope it is. I don't think this is going to be this is a far flung hope. I hope it is a uh, it is a movie set within Injustice. So either like the next story after Injustice Two. Or somewhere in between something. Oh, it's like it's established already. Yeah. So like it is, it is, it is part of the continuity of Injustice already, while not being an adaptation of anything we've seen before. What it probably is is an adaptation of the. Of the, of the We're gonna game. see Joker do the thing to Lois, and then yeah. And that's, yeah, yeah. Um, that would be cool, Brandon. Yeah, it's like it was just like, oh, this takes place just like in like year four, and it's just a really important story you don't know about. Yeah. Um, that would be really that cool. That would be cool. But we're just gonna. But that's not what's gonna happen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Justice is still good. Either way, look, it's great. Maybe Tom Taylor's writing it too. That'd be hey, that give me favor. Okay. I am all about like get this energy out on this animated movie and do your injustice thing so that I don't have to see it in live action anymore. Hell yeah, that's true. Cool. Comics news again. We're back to comics. Boy, we got a lot of evil Superman ahead of us with that in the Suicide Squad game. Yep. Oh, you're right. But that was yeah. brain control. I mean, there's always an excuse. It's true. I uh, don't know about you guys, but I'm pretty over Evil Superman. They're ready for more. Fear State. The next DC Comics event, Batman event specifically, is called Fear State. A horror-themed Gotham City event that unifies plot threads started in DC's 2021 publishing events, DC Future State and Infinite Frontier. Uh, Scarecrow, that stuff there. Um, Fear State not only continues the Scarecrow's vision of a fear-controlled Gotham, but also Mayor Christopher Nakano's uh, mission to protect the city with his groundbreaking deal with the Magistrate. So this is what James Tinian is doing next. Uh, I am all about the real long Halloween. This? I really like what they're doing with Scarecrow. I really like it when they make Scarecrow scary, which happens very all too rarely in comics. Uh, yeah. DC has done some really sick stories each Halloween uh, in their Halloween specials. Mm -hmm. And the idea of doing a horror event like this has me pretty intrigued. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I had a blank. I had a poop thought. It's gone. Come back to me. Are you reading reading this run? No. So I'm really mad about it because I started Tinian's run and I thought the first arc was totally fine. Mm-hmm. But apparently since then, that book is just like the, the bee's knees. Like everyone I know on Twitter is like saying, and I, and I talked about a couple weeks ago, like like people were comparing it to how interconnected and good the Krakoa stuff is with X-Men. Like the bat line right now is excellent. Like everyone's loving everything about it. Um, even that Joker book that it's supposed, it's actually just a, a Gordon book in disguise. That book's awesome, apparently. Um, if I've I can heard e- nothing but good things. Yeah, if I can easily jump into this without having to like, pick it up in the middle of like a run uh i, I probably will pick this up because i want to get involved i want to get back on it 
Yeah. Uh, it does intrigue me. And then they also announced that there will be tie-ins. One of them will be a new series launching out of this called I Am Batman, which will be the sequel to the next Batman digital first series by John Ridley. So John Ridley and Travel Foreman will be doing I Am Batman starting with issue zero, which we'll yeah, see. John, John Ridley's having a good time right now. Oh, yeah. yeah, he is. Uh, this will see Jace Fox, who is uh, the, the second born son of Lucius Fox, take on Batman officially like we see him in Future State. Cool. So cool. Speaking of John Ridley, Black Panther. Oh man, we didn't talk about this. So happy. John Ridley is doing the new Black Black Panther run after Tanahisi Coates. Yeah, I have uh, the whole Tanahisi Coates run of Black Panther, and I think it was a solid run. Uh, it's not over yet, which is weird. Uh, we were definitely like talking about uh, what what is happening with Black Panther because Black Panther was delayed a year because of the pandemic and like even when comics started back up like black panther didn't mm-hmm. it took a long time um and i i part of me thinks that they were trying to find who the next voice for black panther was going to be and i'm really glad it's going to be john really i think that's awesome um yeah. i believe the artist on it it's wonka ball who is Monk who's Monk doing is. guardians guardians of al ewing and everyone's like uh-oh Wan's leaving guardians what does that mean it's because he's doing black panther which is arguably a huge book to do so <laughs> no one's mad yeah. um it's great this will launch in uh, August. They're talking about it being a more of an espionage thriller Black Panther book. Yeah, like James Bond Black Panther. I yeah. I am super interested in how Coates' run is going to wrap up to lead into this, and I'm really I'm really stoked. I think this is a good voice to follow it up with. Mm-hmm. This is cool. Let's keep it within the Marvel family. I was going right to drop away. Black Panther out of my uh, pool, but I guess I'm not going to now. <laughs> well, this will be a new number one, so you got to put up a new poll for it. Yeah. Let's keep it within the Marvel family, as The Defenders was just announced. Um, a five-issue miniseries called The Defenders. We'll see Al Ewing with art Javier Rodriguez. This Defenders roster will be Doctor Strange, Silver Surfer, Red She-Hulk, The Masked Raider, and Cloud. This is uh, this is cool. Like I didn't expect this to be a, a long-running series. A miniseries makes sense. Um, everyone knows the Defenders because the Netflix stuff, and it's a bunch of street-level heroes. Guys, the Defenders—that's not what the Defenders are. The defenders are like Doctor Strange and I and Silver Surfer and like Hulk, and it's like the powerhouse team of the Avengers. Um, so it's cool that they're kind of coming back to those roots. Uh, the Masked Avenger is a new, like, is like an old, like old '40s character that Al Ewing brought back uh, with Incoming a couple years ago. Um, that character appeared for like a split second. Uh, now he's actually joined the Marvel Universe again. Um, in a way, kind of like how Bucky Barnes was missing for like 80 years and then became the Winter Soldier. The Masked Raider is coming back into like the full force. Um, another Al Ewing book. You're going to buy it. Yeah, Al Ewing's killing it right now. Uh, yeah. Much like Tom Taylor with DC, I'm happy to see Al Ewing getting the recognition he deserves. Yep. Marvel across the board continuing to crush it, except for that one fantastic, fantastic Oh my God. Book. So now we know who the bride is. Um, it's So you know who Victorious is. So just real quick, just like a second, okay. Doctor Doom is is having a big wedding, right? The big anniversary or the big anniversary is like 50th issue or whatever. Um, Doctor Doom is marrying his basically his daughter. Um, if you know Doctor Doom lore, Victorious is like his second in command, like his daughter, and he even says in one point in Doctor Doom, "You're like my daughter." But Dan Slott doesn't know about that comic, so he's marrying his daughter. <laughs> Dan Slott had some interesting things to say on Twitter last week. He always does, and he's always wrong. It's true, all of it. He's just, just such an ass. He's going to block us on, on, on StreamYard. He blocks oh, everybody. Wintergard. You, you know it's a problem whenever anyone critiques you and you block them. Everyone's so happy. Your immediate response blocked. is always to block them and then complain about them after you block them to everyone else. Yeah. 
dick. And probably a gotcha moment from Marvel Studios. Marvel's, Marvel Comics has revealed the new four-issue miniseries Winter Guard by yeah. Ryan Cady and uh, Jan Bazaldua. Heck yeah. Basically kind of confirming that we're going to see a, a bear man in, in yeah. Black Widow. Man, yeah. first, it was, first it was David Harbour on, Twi- on, on Instagram saying, hey, you're going to see all these characters. And he said Ursa, who's Ursula Major, who's a man who turned into a bear. Uh, and then we're getting this comic. Um, it's funny because last year there was like another Black Widow like miniseries that featured her and Yelena. Yeah. Uh, but then the movie got delayed again. So then this book got delayed. Yeah. Um, uh, it's funny. Uh, real quick, just like ruminating on the slot thing. I don't want to beat a dead horse or anything, but like definitely like it's interesting to me because I think the whole Marvel run right now is so good. Like things I'm reading and things I'm even not not keeping up with, but I know they're solid because I've been reading some of it. And like all the writers across the board are just kind of killing it. And if you ask me like, what should I read Marvel? I'd be like everything in the last five years, except every time slots on tile, just drop it until he leaves it and then go back on like Iron Man. That that little run on Iron Man he did that was like, don't do that. Wait for Cantwell. Yeah, wait for Cantwell. (laughs) Wait for Cantwell to get Fantastic Four. Wait for Cantwell to get Fantastic Four. I cannot believe, I forgot that he wrote Iron Man for like two years. I forgot that. It's not my memory. Yeah. Whatever. He's not a DC, so I don't see him a lot. Thank God. Oh, man, they're going to get him next. Anyway, <laughs> Spirits of Vengeance, Spirit Rider. Cool. New Spirit is a new uh, Ghost Rider one shot by um, Taboo and Ben Earl from Black Eyed Peas well, with art by Paul Davidson. Do we this is, see this? I could swear it's not a cover of something like this that no, it wasn't Frank and Sons, it was something else. Never mind. It was probably on Twitter. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna read this I'm gonna read the solicitation real quick. We, we both retweeted about it, so that's probably why. Blaze has been through a lot lately, Johnny Blaze. From ascending this th- from ascending the throne of hell to nearly murdering his former allies on the Avengers, but his nightmare is far from over. Something or someone is haunting him, and only a ghostwriter with the powers of a sorcerer supreme can find out why the dynamic writing duo of taboo of the black eyed peas and B Earl expand the writer mythos with an action packed special that will kick off a brand new era of vengeance. Uh, Kesh- about to be the hottest thing in hell. This is a, a, a ghost writer from the 1800s. Yeah. It's like a native American. Ghost Man, writer. I'm glad that they just keep trying to, yeah. to get something that they, they'll stick with. What's cool uh, is, and they're always like interesting. Um, taboo wrote werewolf by night. Yeah. And, um, uh, that's really cool that this like black IP is also secretly like, yeah, I just want to write comics and like they're good enough where he keeps getting more comics. Um, mm-hmm. That's cool. Good for him. It's kind of like Kareem Ab- Abdul-Jabbar just writing um, uh, I, yeah, yeah, I pick, Holmes. I pick oh, up every Ghost Rider title, so I'll yeah. pick up this one too. Yeah, that Ghost Rider in Hell one was pretty good. Yeah, I really like the Ghost Rider. I, I like what they've been doing with Johnny Blaze. I just kind of mm-hmm. wish they would be consistent because they keep yeah. canceling it and then trying again. That last Ghost Rider run getting cut off at the knees. Oh my god, what happened to Danny Ketch in that last run was so cool. I'm so upset it, we're not seeing it that. It really sucked that that just kind of got cut right off. But the nice thing is like, those elements always come back with somebody. Yeah. yeah. Ghost Rider never it is the never-ending nightmare. It, <laughs> it, it, it always continues. Um, Avengers Tech On. Written by Jim Zub with art by Jeff Chamba Cruz. Um, I'm not going to read the solicitation. What I'm, what I'm going to tell you is what it is. Avengers Tech On is a Sentai-inspired action-adventure series produced in partnership with Bandai Namco in Japan. Uh, so first there was the Avengers mech. mech thing, and that was apparently super hot. So like, what if we did yeah, that? That's pretty fun. 
What if we did that with Power Rangers? Yeah. I'm so now we're getting Avengers Power Rangers. So I'm I'm intrigued. It feels it. like an inevitability. Yeah. Well, and it's the same person as Mech Assault, right? Yep. Avengers Mech. Avengers Mech. And so, like, you know, apparently that's doing good. So I, I gotta say that this will be good. this will be fun. Um, uh, I think Avengers Mech, having read the issues that are out, I think Avengers Mech is a super fun use of the concept of exactly what it is. The Avengers have to fight a thing that requires them to get into giant mech versions of themselves. Um, you can't go wrong with how they decide to handle it. I think it's, sure. I think it's exactly the, the enjoyable, entertaining version of that concept I just said. Warhammer 40,000 is getting a new oh. title. Sisters of Battle. This is really great. Written by Torin Gronbeck, uh, the Mighty Avenger, the Mighty Valkyries, with art by Edgar Salazar. Ryan, what is this? So you have the Space Marines. Uh, there are thousands and thousands of legions. Then you also have the Sisters of Battle, who are just an all-female group of super killer ladies. Just uh, it's another another section of warriors we're going to follow, but they're all cool ladies. So that sounds really cool. I am really glad this is happening because it means that the previous Warhammer comic did well enough that they are going to keep doing Warhammer comics. 100%. And I'm super happy to see that. 100% I agree. Um, because I would too. definitely like waiting on pins and needles like, are we going to get another? Yeah. Because <laughs> I'd like us to get another. I, I hope this continues. And that uh, book's and like, great that it is. That book's still new. It's not, it hasn't even hit like 10 issues yet. So like, that's fantastic. No, it ends at five. Yeah, it ends at five. It's a five issue. <gasps> that's, that's, why, that's why I was like, hopeful after the fifth issue. I dropped, know. I'm like, oh man, because it was a five issue limited series. And I'm like, I, cause it was them clearly testing the waters. Makes sense. Okay. Uh, and, and I was waiting. I'm like, when are we going to get an announcement about like, are we getting more? Did it not do well enough? It did well enough. We're getting more. That's great. Thank God. This cool. is another five issue mini series. Cool. Yeah. yeah. That wasn't an ongoing. Cause I was really hoping to see, watch more. I, more. I, I think we're going to get a few five issue mini series for a while, probably setting up a lot of disparate parts of the world. And then, then if that's all clicking and we're hitting, We'll get, we'll it'll get be, it ongoing. It'll, and then it'll be like the Star Wars line where you'll have the main book and then you can have your smaller characters and stuff. I, I truly kind of prefer getting the limited series right now because you're getting like really nice tight stories. And you can get a trade. And I don't need a, a Warhammer comic right now that's just trying to put a lot together after a while. I'd like just mm. give me a lot of like good stuff. Because then firsts. also, if it's like trying to do like what Dune does, which Dune's doing a well, but if you just try to have like a really dense lore book where it's like 20 pages of lots of text, then it can get just like overwhelming in a lot. Whereas yeah. like Marnius Calgar, it doesn't. It's it 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 slowly drips you in. The other thing is like uh, doing the limited series allows them to jump over to a lot of different points mm-hmm. uh, of Warhammer for it, which I think is going to be really valuable, especially especially for people like myself, like Ben, like Brandon, who are new to Warhammer and trying to get find our bearings in it. Yeah, guys, read that Warhammer comic. It's good. Yeah, I picked up the trade. I'll, I'll read it when read I get there. home. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. Black oh. Hammer. You know I love Black Hammer. Um, Black Hammer is getting a new spinoff. It's tattooed uh, the, on your heart. It should be. The Unbelievable Unteens is a new spinoff in the world of Black Hammer, written by Jeff Lemire with art by Tyler Crook, who is the, the artist on uh, Colonel Weird Cosmogog, which is really good. Um, I want to read the solicitation for this one because it sounds really cool, and I think you guys might get a kick out of this too. After signing at a comic book convention, unbelievable unteens artist Jane Ito finds herself visited by one of the characters from her own creation. But was it her own creation? Were the unteens an actual school of teenage misfit superheroes who battled supervillains under the lead of the mysterious Dr. Miles Moniker? And if so, 
who wiped their memories and why. As Jane's world is turned upside down and she learns the true nature of her identity, she discovers a sinister plot leading her to assemble a team she had suspected was purely fictional. Hmm. Love it. That sounds like, I thought this was going to be a Teen Titans ripoff. That sounds way cooler. Yeah. So, it's kind of like actually, the fiction. It's like, it's like you've yeah. been Truman showed into uh, this fake reality. Bro, you're a hero. The Truman Titans. Yeah. I really like everything that's come from the Black Hammer universe. Um, everything that Jeff Lemire does, anyway. So I'm, I'm. You want to? If he wants to keep expanding it, I'm going to keep reading it. Sounds good. Uh, real quickly, uh, this isn't in the news, but I just want to like say, a Star Trek Mirror War comic is coming. Uh, that's going to be kind of like a major event. Yeah, that looked tight. Those look really cool. I'm super stoked. That looked cool. I didn't want to say much much about it because we already had a lot, but I just wanted to kind of express. Maybe you'll finally watch the Star Trek so I can read it. So you go see some evil Picard. Um, yeah, returning to the evil Picard timeline. All right. Echo Lands is another comic that looks really cool by J.H. Williams III and, Hayden, and W. Hayden Blackman, colorist Dave Stewart, and letterer Todd Clean. Those names sound familiar. It's because they did the New 52 Batwoman run. Mm, probably one arguably the best looking book of love the new yeah like that book um they left early controversially uh controversially they left early because dc wouldn't let them marry uh kate to maggie yep um and that just destroyed that book that book never bounced back i stopped reading it yeah (laughs) me too um this is a new creator-owned title from that team, so I'm super stoked. Obviously, it's going to look gorgeous. It's all going to be landscape art, um, so it's it's landscape paneling, uh, horizontal uh, pages. Um, set in a bizarre future world that has forgotten its history, Echo Lands follows a reckless thief, Hope Red Hood. Hope holds the key to excavating a strange, dark past, but only if she and her crew can escape a tyrannical wizard and his unstoppable daughter, but fate will send them all on a path leading to a war between worlds. Well, okay. Sounds all right. Yeah. A mythic fiction epic where anything is possible, a fast-paced genre mashup adventure that combines everything from horror movie vampires to classic mobsters and cyborg elves to Roman demigods and retro rocket ships, it's going to be a hell of a ride. That's a whole lot of words you just said there. That's a whole lot of words. That got me excited. When yeah. I read that, I was like, oh, damn. I'm going to do it. All right. Okay. Yeah. Some animation news. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a long episode, Mag. Sorry. <laughs> um, the Monkey King is getting a Netflix animated movie from Stephen Chow. Oh, Kung Fu Hustle. Yeah. That's cool. Inspired by China's famous legend, Journey to the West, the film tells the story of a very special monkey and his magical fighting stick who team up to fight against gods, demons, dragons, and the greatest enemy of all, monkey's own hubris. That sounds cool. Uh, I really want to play that video game. Me too. Oh, uh, Wukong? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Stephen Chow's a great, great director. Um, Has he done she... animation? Jimmy Neutron. Wow. Yeah. All right. Yeah, that's Stephen Chow. Whoa. Christopher Walken over there. Whoa! Whoa! Wow! Surprise me. Um, Boons and Curses. So this is part of a thing. Uh, Netflix has announced three animated projects from Asian American creators. Cool. Uh, Bones and Curses is a 2D animated series from Jadeep 
Hazrajani. Hope I pronounced that right. This one sounds cool. In a magical land of Maya, a cosmic war is on the horizon. The Raj and his monstrous army threaten to destroy any who stand against them. The universe itself hangs in the balance, and our only hope is three feet tall and made of butter. Claiming to be a cursed warrior from another time, Bon may have been transformed into solid ghee. G-H-E-E. -E. I don't know. Uh, but he won't let that stop him. Teaming up with Ronnie, a young thief with delusions of grandeur, Bon must use every arrow in his quiver if he wants to defeat the Raj, heavily inspired by ancient South Asia, Boons and Curses, is an adventure comedy highlighting the myths and legends that have enraptured generations. Ghee is a class of clarified butter that originated in ancient India. Oh, pronounce? there you go. Oh, uh, G Ghee. It doesn't have pronunciations. So. Um, Garta. Ghee. Anyway, so yeah, so a little butter dude fighting monsters. That sounds that makes me more excited. I'm into it. And it's 2D. That's cool. Yeah. That's TV. a series. That's a series, by the way. Um, because Monkey King is a movie, this is a series, and this is also a series. Mech Cadets. Yeah, I know this one. Which is a 3D animated series adaptation of Greg Pak and Takeshi's Takeshi Miyazawa's Mech Cadets, Mech Cadets U, yep. which is a Boom Studios comic book. Yeah. I, I, I got the first issue of that. It was charming. So the Netflix will be adapting that book. Um no word on who is... Oh, sorry. Aaron Lamb is going to be the writer and executive producer of the series. Cool, cool. I like I like mechs, and I like cadets. So there you go. Yeah, it's a, it's a Greg Pak mech book. Um, I won't read the solicitation of that one, because I think we're mostly familiar with the concept of that one. Um, all in 2023. That's when these are all coming out. Great. Adult Swim was in the news. Twice, ah, actually. So much, so much good news. A little bit of last week in this one. As Aqua Teen Hunger Force, Metalocalypse, and Venture Brothers wow. all been announced to have follow-up movies. What an insane day. Y'all that, that this happened. Y'all I'm I'm super happy about Venture Brothers. Uh I know he's super happy about Aqua Teen Hunger Force. I'm not I'm not as deep in that uh myself, but the big one for me is Metalocalypse because yeah. that story was unfinished. It was one entry away from completion. And the fact that they're getting to finish that story is awesome. I'm so happy for Brendan Small. As a movie. Yeah. I think if you're in Vamp for a while, this one will be right back. Yeah, sure. Sure. Uh, yeah. Uh, getting the conclusion of Metalocalypse is amazing. Um, mm -hmm. This was a whole saga of people wanting him to be able to finish it. Uh, Brendan Small was uh, at one point trying to pursue finishing it on his own, uh, but Adult Swim refused to give him the rights back to Metalocalypse so he could do it. So the fact that they are finally allowing him to finish it is great. I'm also super stoked to have more Venture Brothers because we know we talked about Venture Brothers uh, being shut down. Mm -hmm. Really, really sucked. Uh, and I'm glad that that is not going to stay the case. I hope uh, that we either get a good ending to Venture Brothers or that this is a window to more Venture Brothers. Yeah. Yeah, Max excited for both uh, Metalocalypse and Venture Brothers. I'm with Brothers. you, Max. Yeah, I'm with you. And the news, the news, oh, sorry, go ahead, Ben. I'm mostly excited about Metalocalypse. I never really watched the Venture Bros, but I think I might really like it. Aqua Teen Hunger Force is weird because I did watch Aqua Teen Hunger Force, but I didn't really, it, I didn't hate it, but at the same time, I didn't, I wasn't like, hell yeah, I gotta watch Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Definitely it was kind of, it, you know what it was? It was one of those shows that I would watch just because I'm waiting for the show after it. Mm, yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, Aqua Teen Hunger Force will serve as a, all these are uh, going to be premiering 
Um, they will be released physically and digitally for a 90-day exclusive window, and they will be followed by premieres on both HBO Max and Adult Swim. Cool. Um, Aqua Teen Hunger Force will serve as a continuation of the hit animated series. It will follow uh, the adventures of Frylock, Meatwad, and Master Shake, who consider themselves crime fighters despite the fact that they never actually fight crime. Mm -hmm. uh, Apocalypse will be helmed by the original series creators. It will pick up directly after the rescue of Toki Wartooth from the opera, um, and it will see whether the band can choose between their egos and the greater good of the world. Uh, to embark on a gauntlet of dangers to try their very souls and finally write their salvation song and bring about the Metalocalypse, uh, which is great. And Venture Brothers, uh, it brings back their the creators and the runners uh, on the film after the original series was canceled. The Ventures will now be finding out if Doc's latest invention will make them or break them as Hank searches for himself, Dean searches for Hank, the Monarch searches for answers, and a mysterious woman threatens to bring their world crashing down around them. Uh, pumped, happy, Really, really excited, guys. This is great news. It's it's it makes sense for things like Venture Brothers and Metalocalypse to you know like they they're not that Aqua Teen Hunger Force wasn't beloved, but like that had a, that had a movie already. Like that show finished and it had a movie. So the right. fact that like they wanted to still continue to do stuff with that both show both too. Venture Brothers and I I imagine that Aqua Teen Hunger Force wasn't in this boat, but both Venture Brothers and Metalocalypse were in the midst of stories. Yeah, not having concluded like. Venture Brothers last season ended on a big cliffhanger, and Metalocalypse was right in the middle of the lead up to its finale. Yeah, and I got a poster uh, when, of the Aqua Teen movie yeah. that came out 15 years ago, so their story got told. So, but again, like those are like quintessential like old school Adult Swim characters. Yeah. So the fact that they're coming back just makes me really happy because I yeah. grew up with those guys. That's awesome. That was a close one. <laughs> <laughs> all right, okay. we got all the Adult Swim news. Uh, no, nope. we got those three things. Just uh, kidding. Time to talk about the Vindicators. Oh, right, right, right. Yes. Uh, we're sorry. I'm turning oh, this back on. Okay. Okay. The Vindicators. Vindicators. A Rick and Morty spinoff is coming, uh, which will star Supernova, Vance Maximus, Alan Rails, Crocobot, uh, Crocobot, sorry. Crocobot. That's the one. <laughs> and Noob Noob. Noob, noob. Uh, the series will follow uh, the the Vindicators as they fight crime, uh, avert genocides, and yuck it up without Rick and Morty. Hmm. That's what they said. I'm so I'm I'm surprised that it took this long to actually get our first Rick and Morty spinoff, with how successful it is. With the way that like Game of Thrones is getting like so many sequels, like 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 I was expecting. Like, all right, uh, I'm excited. Like, I like the Vindicators. Yeah. I just don't know if I need it yet. Like. Again, like once you lose the direct creators, if they're not fully involved, this is a shorter thing. So this is yeah. only going to be eight to ten episodes so far, okay. um, and it is being executive produced by by Erica Rosby, Sarah Carbianer, Dan Harmon, and Justin Roiland. So they are involved in some capacity, okay. but I don't know how much of a creative hand they'll they'll have. Yeah, um, kind of like like a what's the show Solar Opposites? Is that yeah, the Solar Opposites. Yeah. Like, I wonder if it's going to be like that, but it is a direct Rick and Morty thing. So I wonder if they will be more hands, hands on. Yeah. Um, you do, you do kind of risk tainting the brand if it, if it is kind of a lesser thing. So I do wonder if that Dan Harmon will be there for like quality control. Yeah. That's what I'm, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Cause like a solar opposites can, we talked about it when Rick and Morty's first trailer dropped for season five. It's like, there's so many Rick and Morty clones out there, but nobody does it like Rick and Morty. I, I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if, they can they can find a way to make like 
a thing that feels like it fits in the Rick and Morty world, but doesn't have to feel exactly like Rick and Morty because it will feel like these characters, the Vindicators, their version of the Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. It'll feel like those characters. Yeah. Uh, and it'll feel like its own thing, but it'll also totally feel like, yes, this fits in this world. Yeah. I think those characters were also introduced in a really strong way with identifiable enough personalities of their own mm -hmm. that they can define their own thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. I agree. Alabama Jackson is going to be a robot chicken spinoff, which will star Donald Faison as Alabama Jackson. I, I'm i not familiar with this character. I think he must have come up in recent I seasons remember, of I, Robot I Chicken. I watched a lot of like older Robot Chicken. I did too. Yeah, he, he wasn't part of that. This is definitely someone who I think must have become recurring with Donald Faison in the more recent years of Robot Chicken. Yeah. Uh, but good I like when he works with them, uh, they give him a lot of fun work to do. I've seen Donald Faison play different characters on Robot Chicken and be great. Uh, in particular, he's my favorite Stormtrooper when they did their Star Wars runs. Alabama Jackson. Runs down the home of Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru. <laughs> Alabama Jackson is a smooth-talking time traveler who lands in exactly the wrong place at the wrong time, every time. If he is able to survive long enough to get back to the present, he just might find something he wasn't looking for himself. That's the show. Yeah. It's, it's interesting that the, I guess like this must, the only reason this would be called a robot chicken spinoff would be because like they, they introduced this character's existence on that. Yeah. Cause like, it's not the first time that studio has worked on a different cartoon for adult swim. Mm -hmm. um, there's been at least two I can think of uh, Frankenhole uh, and um, the one that was like power Rangers. Uh, I forget the name of it, but um, both of those got canned pretty early on in their runs. Oh. Uh, but cool, um, that team that team can do good stuff. That studio's done really good comedy for a long time. Uh, this has been created by Donald Faison and produced by Stupid Buddy Studios, which is the studio that does Robot Chicken. I mean, Donald. yeah, I mean, I guess if like if they're that passionate about it, they have a good, they think they have a good enough idea. Like, sure, yeah, right? yeah. I like stop motion, like Robot Chicken. Yeah. Sure. Aquadonk side pieces. What do you say? Aquadonk side pieces. Cool. <laughs> Is going to be the continuation to Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Oh, what? Yeah, this is a spinoff to Aqua Teen Hunger Force, which will be the next story in that universe. I had no idea this was happening. This yeah. Okay, uh, fans will be bestowed with the gift of learning what happens in the later lives of various side characters and villains, such as the Moonites, Moonities, <gasps> the Plutonians, MCP Pants, oh the God, Frat Aliens. My brain. Happy Tim, Happy Time Harry, uh, Hand Banana, and the Cybernetic Ghost of Christmas Past. Oh my God, guys! This is this is like triggering my twelve-year-old brain right now. All these <laughs> names. The Moonanites are these are like these like Tetris-looking like moon guys that live on the moon, and all they do is like they love to flip them off. They're like, look how big our fingers are, and like their fingers just like grow. They like <laughs> so, so irreverent and ridiculous. Like I'm, I can't believe it's happening. He goes, called Aquaton Conkadunk. What is it? <laughs> Aquaton. I I wish it was called like, that. <laughs> Side pieces, okay. <laughs> Aquadonk side pieces. Um, cool. The series will premiere later this year and has been created by the creators of Aquadonk Hunger Force, this Matt Melero and Dave Willis. That's fantastic. I didn't, I didn't know this was a thing and it's happening this year. That's so cool. Aquadonk Honkadonk. Nothing's ever nothing really done. Aquadonk Honkatonk. <laughs> I wish Aquadonk. it was called that. I got nothing. I got nothing. Yeah. Uh, Mag, it was a thousand years ago. Yeah. All right. 
Um, I, I'm sorry I put this one on here, but please help me figure out what this means. Crapopolis. 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 Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Crapopolis is coming. I figured it was it was that. Yeah. Um, created by Dan Harmon. This will be the first animated series curated on the blockchain from Bento Box, and it will be an NFT. I don't know what half of that means. Okay, so hold on, little sparks transition. Okay, so real quick, an NFT is a non fungible token. It is a digital piece of art that you pay money for and then you are the one person who owns this digital piece of art but it's digital and you don't actually own it that's the thing it's really it's really bad it's really stupid um it takes lots of processing power to make these images uh it's really bad for the environment people claim that that like oh there's ones that aren't as bad hey guess what it's all it's all bad you're spending a hundred times more energy to make a, a fake digital image yeah. what i don't understand about this is I don't understand how you're going to make an entire animated show. The point of the NFT is like, you own it. You are the one person who owns this thing. So is it going to be an animated show that one person just owns? Or is it like, like, I don't, I just don't understand didn't, this. I haven't explained it. Didn't Kevin Smith make one of his movies an NFT? Yeah. Yeah. Like the next movie he's making is like, um, he's going to sell it as an NFT. And then that person can do whatever they want with it. They can distribute it if they want. It's a stupid, it's stupid. It doesn't make any Ridiculous. sense. Um, I'm really shocked because Dan Harmon is like a pretty progressive guy in terms of like entertainment and like stuff and like like he's very green like green you know like environment mm. environmentally so this is really shocking that he would do this um considering like the amount of processing power it would make to make a you know 16 episode series that would like destroy half the amazon rainforest like so then what's what what does it mean when it says curated on the blockchain blockchain is like is like a is a thing i don't know i actually don't yeah. know yeah what is that stupid brandon <laughs> All I know I, is like it's a series that like you could that one person is gonna maybe own and they could do what they want with, but that doesn't make any sense because it's the guy who made Rick and Morty. And then what is it? What is but like curated on the blockchain? And the blockchain is the thing on Twitter where people block a bunch of people. That's well, that that's that is a that is a a service that uses the same name. It's not the same thing though. Hmm. Set in the mythical ancient Greece, Crapopolis is centered on a flawed family of humans gods and monsters that tries to run one of the world's first cities without killing each other fox is debuting a dedicated marketplace for crapopolis that will curate and sell digital goods ranging from nfts of one-of-a-kind character and background art and gifts as well as tokens that provide exclusive social experiences to fans so hey guys, yeah. cool i'm never gonna see it because i refuse to support nfts yeah i and the thing is like yeah it's like oh it's like if we're gonna be able to sell you like gifts like they sell you like gifts as like as like a token, and like hey you you're the only person in the world who owns this gift, but then you just like go post it online and then everyone can steal it. So yeah, like it's like it, it's a stupid it's a stupid technological fad. I hope I hope it dies. I hope it goes so, away. I didn't know what NFTs were until you guys told me, and it sounds really dumb. Don't worry about it. It's a fad. It's you know cryptocurrency. It's unfortunate. It's unfortunate how many creative voices have decided to get on board and sucked into it, uh, and reproducing it. And I'm like, this is just all bad. Yeah. Um. This is taking the uh like, sorry guys, hate to tell you, but money isn't real. Yeah. Um. It's a it's a it's a manufactured idea uh, and concept, and NFT is like the artistic i uh, version of that, where uh, your art isn't actually real and you don't actually have it um do, do you guys know um you know the charlie bit my finger you know that the video 
the chale. You ever seen that brand? Yeah. Anyway, it's, it's, it's an old internet video, like one of the most famous, like original YouTube videos of all time. That person is removing that video from YouTube and making it an NFT to help that person, to help like the kid who's now an adult pay for bills and stuff, right? Like they are, and they're and like the video will no longer exist on the internet except for the one person who owns it. Unless you already downloaded it in something Unless else. you already downloaded it like the rest of the world. Yeah. So it's like, it's stupid. All right. Movie news. I like still, it. Still not done. Attack the Block is officially getting a sequel. Joe Cornish and John Boyega are officially reuniting for a sequel of Attack the Block. We did a review of Attack the Block for Halloween last year. We did. Yeah. Good. Uh, this Ooh. is crazy because this is going to be like 15 years later. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> so John Boyega is going to be like, yo, I was like a teenage like like street gang guy. Now like he's going to be double the age he was. So like yeah. that's going to be really cool to see like where is that character now? The aliens are obviously going to have to come back. Has the world been preparing like Independence Day 2? <laughs> Like they're technologically advanced. Nope. Also, that's how the old. only thing I like about Independence Day too is that they yeah, well, and, and it'll be 15 years later tackling of the politics in Britain. So Hell yeah! Um, oh man, that's so exciting. Good stuff. You're gonna you're gonna get the pre-Brexit and the post-Brexit. Yeah. Ooh, that's right. I never thought this would happen, but I guess that Highlander reboot is officially getting off the ground. Chad Stahelski's Highlander movie. Yep. Is officially cast. Henry Cavill. Cool. Not nice. not my first choice, but but I'm glad the dude's working. So. Makes me very excited, honestly, because I'm really happy with Henry Cavill's output of late. Mm-hmm. I think he's great in The Witcher, um, mm-hmm. and I would love to see him as Duncan Connor McLeod. Duncan's McLeod. the TV show. Yeah. I just want to see him on screen more. Yeah. Me yep. too. Um, it was first reported as kind of like he's in talks, and then he posted on Instagram, "Yeah, I'm doing it." So I'm I'm stoked. I'm I'm so stoked because it's like, yo, one of the John Wick guys is gonna make a sword a sword fantasy like slash movie, like yeah. but in modern day. I'm like, all right, cool, maybe. Like, and look, when was the last good Highlander movie? So the like one. the first one. Yeah, so like, let's get another one in there. Let's get another good Highlander movie. They're gonna only be one. There have been plenty of Highlander movies, but there has only been one good one. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe there only can be. We'll find out. What about the second one's great, guys? Ben, have you seen Highlander? No, I just know the quote. I think you're gonna really like it because the entire soundtrack is clean. I think. I think you'd like it just in general. Yeah, I, 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 I might. What we should do? What we should do? Oh my god! What we should do? We should show him Highlander to the quickening, and then ask him from this, "What do you think the plot of Highlander is?" And then that's show him Highlander. That's how you ruin a franchise. That's that's how you make someone not happy. Oh. <laughs> I was say, do you want me to like this franchise or not? Highlander to the quickening takes some very interesting turns. Quickening. All right, Knives Out. The Knives Out sequel has officially started casting. This happened last week, but there's some for this week, so I moved it into this week. Uh Dave Bautista. Yes. Edward Norton. Yes. Janelle Monae. Yes. Catherine Hahn. Yes. Leslie Odom Jr. Yes. Kate Hudson. Yes have all been added to the cast of the sequel to Knives Out by Ryan Johnson. That's just a murder row of talent. And do you remember who Leslie O'Dom Jr. is? No. He's Aaron Byrne Hamilton. Oh! Gotcha. Yeah, he's good. Yeah, he's good. This is a great cast. This is a great cast. It's gonna be I a really oh, man. love all-star cast 
murder mysteries. That's mm-hmm. why I like the Poirot films. Um, the one there is. I, there's, more, there's another one coming. Um, but I am so happy that Ryan Johnson is kind of committing to getting just like, I'm not going for, I'm going for powerhouses. Yeah. This yeah, is, this, this cast is blowing the, the Death and the Niles cast out of the water. And it's so yeah. cool that, that now we live in a world where like Dave Bautista is like a, a name that yes. like people are excited. Yeah. Like, oh man, he's going to be in this movie. Like, good for that guy. Yeah. Dave Bautista was in the news a lot last week too, talking about his time on Guardians, yeah. uh, the makeup yeah. and things. Very Everybody's interesting. Like, Why are you going to stop playing Drax? And he's like, because I'm old and I'm tired. And I hate the makeup. <laughs> like, it takes eight hours. I'm 50. I mean, he also talked about how he's disappointed with where his character went in Guardians Two and Infinity War. I can see that. Yeah. Um, I think, well, he was he was always really mad. He's like, I never even got my moment with Thanos. Yeah, and I I respect that. I 100%. feel like that's a reasonable thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, hopefully, uh, I think that I think he and James Gunn will deliver a good turn for him in the third one if it is going to be his last. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, I. I really like Dave Bautista as an actor. Um, he's really surprised me uh, when I watched Blade Runner 2, and I was like, oh, damn. Um, where was this? Yeah. Um, so I'm happy to, that he just continues to grow as an actor, and now he's in a Knives Out sequel, and Knives Out's great. Guys, it's it's a crazy world where, like, you have The Rock, who is like, you know, he's he's the wrestler turned actor, but it's like, Dave Bautista is the one who's going to win the Oscar, though. <laughs> Probably. Give him a couple years. Hell yeah. For, for yeah. real, man, yeah. Nobody um, sees John Cena coming. Here's my drama. I do really like that that of the th- there are like three really good wrestler turned actors yes. out there right now with I, I Dwayne mean, Johnson, like, but Dave Batista and John Cena. You've got Dwayne Johnson who's had like this long career of like he's built a solid like what he's doing. Twenty years of it. It's movies. worked really, really well. And then you have Dave Batista who's been doing some really good like legwork catching up. But John Cena is like sprinting into like oh. I'm gonna be really good at this guy. Transformers, <laughs> Fast and the Furious. Uh, um, uh, the Peacemaker. Peacemaker. I think that's gonna send him over. Oh, the yeah. Oh yeah, dude. Suicide Squad. Yeah. James Gunn's making wrestlers mega stars. Hell yeah. Yeah. I look. I hope that we. I hope this isn't the end of this casting because. Knives Out casting works like a drug. If yeah. James Gunn, I don't know if he is. If James Gunn is a wrestling fan, could you imagine him making a movie about wrestling? Mm-hmm. Oh my god. With Stephen Amell? Yeah, sure, why not? Yeah, Sh- sure. sure. He could be in it. Cameo. Sonic 2. Electric Boogaloo. Yep. Has a, has a, not solicitation, a synopsis. Yes. After settling in Green Hills, Sonic is ready for more freedom, and Tom and Maddie agree to leave him home while they go on vacation. But no sooner are they gone when Dr. Robotnik comes back, this time with a new partner, Knuckles, in search for an emerald that has the power to both build and destroy civilizations. Sonic teams up with his own sidekick, Tails, and together they embark on a journey to find the emeralds before it falls into the wrong hands. Well, this just sounds like the Sonic movie I wanted. <laughs> yeah, it does, doesn't it? Oh, man. They're going full video games with this one. I'm for it. I'm all Thank for goodness. it. Thank yeah. goodness. If, like, if the next one didn't go full video games, I was going to be like, what, what are we doing, yeah. guys? If, we're, if the yeah. Sonic movie, like the sequel, was still just like one CGI character the whole movie, I'm like, what are you guys wasting here? What are you doing? Yeah. Thank God. <laughs> And we see like, we saw the we saw the the still from behind the scenes, so it, like Knuckles yeah. will swip will will flip sides. Oh no, he always does in the games. So in in the games, it's like Robotnik tricks him. 
Knuckles does his thing, finds out he's been duped, teams up with Sonic. Knuckles is a bit of a bonehead. Cool. I like yeah. bones. Yeah, I'm I'm excited. I'm I'm looking forward to this. I'm like, yay. All right. Trailers. Woo! Tea time. This will be last week and this week in one trailer section. So get ready. Let's see, how, let's see how much I remember, baby. Let's do it. Solos is out, but it wasn't out last week when we were supposed to talk about this trailer. This is the one. This, this is the one. Alan Mirren, yep. Anthony Mackie, yeah. Morgan yeah. Freeman. Oh, they all have different lives in and around. Yeah, yeah. Yes. It looks like it could be cool. I want to watch it. It looks it looks pretty artsy, but it also doesn't look boring artsy. Look, I want to watch. Mackie has a twin, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I want to watch whatever's going on with Dan Stevens and Morgan Freeman. Like you, you yeah. sold me there. Yeah. So, I got a little Cloud Atlas vibes from it. Um, I did too. I did too. Yeah. Because there, because it does. I haven't seen it, but it does feel like the trailer is telling us that Anthony Mackie grows up to be a Morgan Freeman. Yeah. And like that's what the that's what like the story and, is generational. And, and Anne Hathaway grows up to be Helen Mirren. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I I read into that too, but maybe that's not it. So we'll see. Yeah, who knows? Maybe Anthony Mackie's twin becomes Helen Mirren. Oh, that's a twist. Face and off. Anthony Hopkins. Anthony Hopkins and Hathaway becomes Morgan Freeman. It's a secret face off. I mean, I, I genuinely like maybe it's going to be about something different, but you can say a dumb thing too. <laughs> <laughs> Screw you. <laughs> The protege, Sandra O, oh, Sam Jackson. Um, Maggie Q. I'm sorry. Michael. <laughs> no, Sam Jackson's in it too. Oh yeah, this is the one. This yeah. is not Sandra O oh, though. This is That's Maggie. why I said it's Maggie Q. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Oh, wait. Yeah. And like, it looks like Sam Jackson dies like in the beginning. Uh, of the this movie. is the director from Casino Royale. Right. Yes, Martin Campbell, who's great. Who also did Green Golden. Green he did Golden and Casino Royale. Green Lantern. Green Lantern. Well, no, don't stop saying Directing that. is not the problem with Green Lantern. <laughs> uh, yes, you're right. But Martin Campbell did do uh, two of the best Bond films. Yeah. Uh, I really like Maggie Q. I yeah. think she's capable of more that she, than she's usually Love offered. I haven't really liked her right. Nikita series. Um, so the idea of seeing her in this and her going toe-to-toe, -to -toe, I'm like, Michael Keaton doesn't usually jump on a thing unless he likes it. So he must like something about this. Yeah. He actually looks, I remember she looking good. Yeah. So the first half of the trailer I thought was a little like okay, uh, but uh, I'm hoping that it's actually going to land because the second half looked like it got some good beats in it. I like yeah. the concept of Michael Keaton being the person she's hunting, but also seeming to like be sexually interested in her. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I like the the Michael Keaton looks like he gets a little physical in this one. Yeah, the little action sequence that's yeah. cool. You don't see that often. Yeah, pumped. Ben, yeah, tell us about Lizzie's story. Oh, I'm out. <laughs> Life, I Wait, Stephen King's best friend. You need to tell me about this. <laughs> this is um, this is the pilot to your podcast. Man, this one definitely had scenes in it that I remember. Uh, so, uh, Julianne, Julianne Moore. Moore, right? It's like everything's kind of ethereal and dreamy. Uh, she's yeah. she's with the 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 guy who passed away, and uh, he right. he told her how his stories come to him, and uh, she's kind of uncovering all this stuff. It looks very weird. I've heard that this is, like, one of the more, like, con uh, not controversial, but, like, uh, you either really like this one or you don't. Divisive. If you like, yeah, divisive. Thank you. Uh, this is one of the more divisive stories from Stephen King, from what I understand. Like, you, you, this either really worked for you or it really didn't, and uh, right. I'm, I'm super intrigued how they're going to do this ad adaptation. Sure. Eden, 
new anime coming to Netflix. I yep. thought this looked awesome. So you want to talk about this movie. because I remembered I remembered Brandon and I were talking about cutting this this week. Is it um, the robot one? Uh, yeah, the anime with yeah. her living with the robots. And uh, I remembered, like, Brandon was like, this is better. the trailer that sold me. And I'm like, one of the other trailers was better. Yeah. They saw a different trailer than the one you and I watched where we were like, we're sold. And they were like, ah, <laughs> this keep happening. <laughs> Uh, but I, this this trailer, this new trailer, looked really good, and I'm really into this. Yeah, I'm excited for this anime. It's coming out real soon. Cool. Um, so it's like a, it's I'm like a lady to... living with a bunch of robots. This uh, yeah. the, the the main reason I'm excited about this uh, is that the concept looks good. But the other reason why I'm enjoying it is that this is the 3D animation done well. Um, yeah. The 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 characters look expressive. The animation looks uh, crisp in its own way. Yeah. Um, this is the way I want the 3D anime. Uh, to to be heading in the direction of this looks better than uh, the previous 3D anime Netflix outputs as far as character modeling, and it certainly looks better than the uh, Studio Ghibli 3D films. Oh, yeah, the Earwig Witch movie. Yeah. By the way, speaking of, I'm seeing some wild things coming out of Godzilla Singular Point. I'm so excited. Oh, um, so it's out in Japan, yeah. um, but also if you have a VPN uh, in America, you can watch it. Um, I... I talked to one of the guys from Kaiju Weekly, um, and the co-host who wasn't on that podcast, he said he's already watched it, and it's awesome. I'm, have you uh, have you recorded your episode already? I did, but it comes up next week, so that's why I'm going to talk about it next week. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's some some things. I haven't really spoiled it for myself, but it's coming out in June in America, um, dubbed. So I'm, I'm stoked. Can't wait. It's cool because it's coming out over there weekly. Yeah. Um, whereas the Netflix is just they're just gonna drop it all at once for us, and I'm like, oh man, they're like taking it more seriously over there because it's like a weekly thing. I'm like, that's nice for them. Yeah. I want. I wish we could do that. Anyway, uh, moving on with that, Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard. I thought this trailer looked really fun and kind of sold me more on the movie than the first trailer did, but also, random Morgan Freeman appearance. Yeah, he's in the movie for a little bit. Also, um, also the movie narrator man. Yeah, like Bryce oh, yeah. was a, was a hitman's bodyguard, and then this happened. Yeah, um, that's that's weird. That this is the movie they chose to bring that back. Morgan yeah. Freeman's role in the movie is really really funny, and yeah, you may or may not have seen this movie. And I may or may not have seen this movie literally now two years ago at this point. Um, but his inclusion in the movie is really random, but it's really funny. Um, when you find out like why he's there. Um, yeah, that movie may or may not be pretty good. We'll see. The one we've all been waiting for, the Green Knight. Fart. Yes, so good. I take my money. No joke. Like, like if Dune weren't coming out, like this would be it. Like this mm-hmm. looks like this looks like like a piece of art. This looks much grander than I assumed watching the first trailer. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a stunning, breathtaking moment with the these giant people walking and and Dev Patel looking onto them. I was uh, floored. Yeah, by that was coming from an A twenty four movie who generally mm-hmm. keeps like things low scale. Yeah, um, I'm I'm really excited to see this kind of like be an A twenty four movie, but also like be broader in scale, uh, yeah. something they've never done before, something more fantasy. I'm stoked. Yeah, um, the Dave Patel kicking tree dudes' asses with an axe. Oh, uh, the prosthetics on the Green Knight are so good. Yeah. And it's just like a, it's, it's, it's like a, I, I'm not super familiar with like the original, like Arthurian lore of the, the Green Knight, but like in the movie, it's like this dude shows up and he's like, anybody good enough to fight me? And then he gets his ass kicked. He's like, cool, fight me later. And then Deftail's like, I want to fight you now. <laughs> no, it's, the, it's the idea is like, if you can defeat me, I'll come back in a year or something like that. Oh, in a year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, then yeah, he's like, like when he tra- in the trailer, when he chops the head off, he's like one year handsome. Like, okay, is he laying down a curse or something? Cause he got beaten or something. 
Yeah, I thought it was like maybe like a rematch in a year or something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm stoked. Can't wait. I, I, when we first saw the trailer, um, we talked about how like we'd be down if A24 was just like now we do our Arthurian films. And we're like yeah. cool. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Panic. Fear Factor made into a TV series. This is the uh, Amazon series where they're oh, living oh. you can get a lot of money, but you have to compete in the thing that could kill you. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's like a yeah, it's it's Fear Factor the but a movie and it's like lethal. Not not not. I don't remember being crazy about this one. Um, I'm, I mean, like, I'm definitely intrigued by the concept for sure. Yeah. Um, it's based off a book uh, that I've heard is is not bad. Um, uh, it's not like great or anything, but like it's it's decent with its concept. Um, and the the idea of uh, this reminds me a lot of a Stephen King short story where they did this thing where um, you had to you had to walk for as long as possible, and um, the the person who walked the longest wins. But the way that everyone else loses is they die oh, yeah. because they die by not completing the run. And if you try to leave the walk. Uh, because they have a path for you. If you try to leave the walk, uh, they kill you. Okay. Um, because that's the that's the agreement you step into. But you get like a massive reward. And this reminds me a lot of that of this idea of of you know you can you can change your life forever, but you're literally going to put your life on your line to do it. And that's that's a really interesting idea. And uh, the relationship dynamics they they have the room to form because of it. Uh, very like kind of pseudo hunger games as mm-hmm. but not being like forced against your will you're volunteering yeah, yeah. uh for this opportunity to change your life hunger games okay the sparks brothers yeah this looks like a great documentary i want to see it it's like you're right it's about sparks over here I'm really about- excited it is it is edgar wright's first documentary um this is a band who um no. i had never heard but everybody knew Everyone knows. Everyone knows them. You just don't know it. I had, I had never heard of them, but uh, I'll tell this on the I'll tell this on on the show. Uh, they're in Gilmore Girls, and I always thought it was weird that there was this piano player with the mustache and and a guy singing in this one episode where a bunch of troubadours end up in Stars Hollow, and I was like, wow, that, that's so weird that they get this kind of like focus. So I looked them up. I was like, oh, they're in a band. I never looked any further, and then I saw this documentary. I was like, oh, that's them. Mm-hmm interesting yeah. apparently they're super influential i'm super stoked to see this yeah i'm glad that it's, it's gonna be a thing that's awesome yeah it looks like a really really fun cool documentary yeah this and the beatles documentary that peter jackson is doing are two that i'm really looking Ooh, forward to didn't know that he's doing a beatles documentary yeah he's doing a beatles documentary did you ever see we can never go home no i did not which is his other documentary. I believe that's what it's called. It's a World War One documentary where he is able to remaster the footage so good that oh. it looks like it was filmed last year. Oh, that's uh, They Will Not Grow Old. Or they they Will not, not Grow Old. Thank you. Uh, they Shall Not Grow Old. Uh, yeah, that's excellent. And he's doing the same thing with Beatles footage. Oh, that's that's going to be spooky. So it's not. So it looks brand spanking new Beatles 4K. footage. But, but it's like yeah. old footage that you've never seen before. This is archive oh, stuff. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, I'm super stoked. The Forever Purge. I didn't. This, this trailer was okay. Yeah, I'm really into the Purge franchise. I've talked about the the second season of the show. I will talk about forever. Um, yeah. And yeah. I really like. We're all, yeah. we're all fans at various levels. Yeah, yeah. And I really like all all the movies. And the ending of the Purge election year um, 
is the purge is over. Like they've, they, they that's the, they're going to end the purge. And then this, I guess could be picking up those threads, but I kind of liked more of the political worldview that we were getting in the previous purge films. And this looks more along the lines of like what we got in the first one. It, it, yes. Because like now the premise is gone. Because now it's not the purge. Now it's just people that's committing crime. Like yeah. that's a regular well, movie. Well, I mean, like I like the idea of this because it feels like the the inevitable. Like they're saying this is the last purge, and I'm like, this does feel like what I feel the end of the purge had to be, which yeah. is that the people who suffered because they were lower class didn't have the resources to defend themselves. Each purge, eventually, like they're so constantly exposed to violence that they're like, fine, fine, all the time now. We're not obeying the rules about it anymore. And they're like, the purge is over. And it's like, no, no, it isn't. And it's the lower class in, in general. It seems yeah. like it's the idea is like, yes, you have the sycophants, the really messed up people who are going to take advantage of that violence happening too. But the general push is the class who has been pushed down. The, the people who this was designed to punish mm-hmm. uh, are, fighting are back, finally yeah. saying, no, no, no. You want to play this game? We'll play this game. But we're not going to play by your rules. I love that premise. I just think the trailer was. Yeah, I, yeah. Just, yeah, I, I agree. I the trailer of that. I agree that I don't think the trailer works and I do see what you're talking about sparks. And I'm, and I hope that is what it is. Um, because what, one of the things I really like about the first purge, not the first purge movie, but the movie, the, the first purge, um, is that they talk about the fact that all this is going to do because it's about implementing the purge. All the purge is going to do is create a nation of, of psychopaths. And yeah. if that is, mm-hmm. and if that is what the forever purge is about is those, that nation of psychopaths being like, no, we're just doing this forever. Now I mean, uh, I'm into that. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things where, like, I, I kind of, I hope this is, let me put it this way, I hope this is the last film purge, like, in the timeline way. Yeah. I hope this is uh, taking place at the events that would be the end of the purge, truly. Um, this is where the bow breaks, where it's all done. But I think you can still do so much in the years in between and the years before um because the purge is such a rich idea to to encapsulate and i really hope this film at least does some of it i don't expect it to do go as hard as i want it to but the whole thing is like you imagine living in the world of the purge and it's like you know people like us who like maybe we barricade ourselves pretty well but like my best buddy pie or something he didn't do it that well this purge and he got killed yeah. and how do i feel about that yeah. and how do i feel about the people i lose every single year even if i'm doing okay uh, and while the rich are always fine, because uh, it can't be a switch. You can't just turn. So you can't just flip a switch and be like, okay, no more killing is no more nightmare right. killing and is legal. Pretend, and they want to pretend that that's the thing. And then you have like things like we've seen in the in the purge show at least, where like you explore the fact that the rich have parties about being able to kill the lower class and things like that. Yeah. Like it, it, there's so much so gross and wrong about it, and the the inevitable end that I'm I'm glad that it at least seems this is going for is that that class goes enough is enough screw you no more rules purge all the time it's a violent revolution um, you yeah. you you have to you have to have that be the ending so i'm really glad that that's the core concept that yeah. seems to be behind this i hope the film lives up to that idea so is it a lower class so is it lower class versus lower class because we're following a family of immigrants yeah see that's the part where i get bummed about it because it, well, well part of it is that you see them there is that one part of the trailer where they there's there's like the wealthier people who own the ranch or something who are like the purge is over and they're like no it's not and they're like clearly work hands or something but the core family we're following you're right doesn't feel like they're part of that they feel like they're just going to suffer at the hands of like people who are taking advantage of the violence yeah. uh it doesn't look like it is about the class warfare like that is going to be a background concept but not the thing the film is following which is what bums me out at least in the concept of this trailer yeah mm-hmm. but 
but that is the idea. I feel like it had to be the pure idea of like eventually you say the purge is over and the lower and people say no, it isn't. Sure. Uh, that's always the way the purge had to end. Ben, you've been trying to say something. Yeah, I'm surprised it took them this long to make a movie like this. To be honest, because I thought after like the second pur- or even like the third purge movie. I was like, okay, there's gonna be like something that comes up where people are just gonna be like, no, f this, purge all the time. This is great. Well, well, you want to put that off for as long as you can because unless you're gonna tell stories beforehand, you really can't do any more after that. That's then, as big as it gets. Then you're capping that's the, the that's, story. That's the end. Yeah. That's the finale. The the other issue with the purge comes in with the first purge, which was the fourth film that came out. Mm-hmm. Um, it's set in 2017, but it came out in 2019. <laughs> so the purge timeline is already caught up to us. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So you always kind of run into the, the well, to be fair, election year is like 2040 or something. But the still. Thing is, the thing is, like, because you can explore any year, even years that have already been visited of the purge just from different perspectives because it's supposed to be so widespread. So you, we could oh, even so. revisit the, the whole country. So we can even revisit the events of this film where people say the purge is not over again from a different perspective where it is more about that class warfare. And I'm really open to that. Um, I'm definitely nervous that, like, much like the very first purge, this is not going to live up to the idea of what's going on behind yeah. it. Yeah, I really I think, like the uh, the last three. No, I actually, need, I do should I should do I should watch the other purge films because the only ones I the only one I've seen is the first one, and I didn't watch the whole thing. I watched like eighty percent of the beginning, or eighty percent of like the first half of the film, skipped parts of the middle, and then the last. And then the very ending where Lena Heaty, like where the sirens go, and she just tells everyone to get the F out of her house. Cool. So you haven't seen the perch, got it. Okay. Um we probably can't do it. I was gonna suggest we do an episode of the purge movies. When's, when's the next one's coming out? July. Oh no. Yeah. We could do it. We could well, maybe. We could do it. We'll we'll discuss it. We'll talk about it. Because I do think Ben should watch them, but I'd also kind of want Ben to watch the shows. I, I don't think, I, yeah, that's the thing is, I don't think we could do the seasons in the movies. Yeah. We could do the movies. We could probably do season two in the movies in that time. I don't think Ben could do both seasons of the show and the films. That's true. Um, but we, really we, could, we could have a discussion about it because, like, I want the purge, like, I'm kind of bummed if this really is the last purge, to be honest with you, um, because I feel like there's still so much that they can really dig into there. And I know I haven't seen most of the movies and I've seen a season of the show, but I'm like, I'm aware enough that, like, what they've done still hasn't like gotten into the into the real depths of what I want them to do with that concept. Yeah. Um, and I want them to keep pushing those boundaries with it. And I really, really want this one to do that too. And if this is the the idea of that finale event, and you know, it's them saying, you know, no more rules. It's it's going to be what we want it to be. Uh, we will we will take back uh, for what you've put us through then I hope that that concept does either get fully explored in this or gets explored again in another thing. Season three? No, well, it shows that. Well, they did move Top Gun. So maybe we could do it. Okay, anyway. Um, <laughs> all right. Venom, let there be carnage. Oh my god, oh, right. Shit. Um, <laughs> I, I, like, I'll be honest. I really liked this. Yeah, I, I, I liked it. Um, it's It's... It's giving me more of what I what I want. No, that what I that what worked in the first movie. Let me say. Um, I hope they don't lean too much into that. But that's um, that's what I'm nervous about. I yeah. definitely am nervous that like this is going to be a 100% like oh they they think this is dumb funny lean hard dumb funny let's go. Uh, I just like to point out that uh, 
uh, Andy Serkis, who directed this movie, realized that uh, they messed up hard on Willie Harrelson's wig in the first movie, and they fixed it, which made me really happy for some dumb reason. But oh, like, I'll, hey, I'll be, his hair doesn't look like crap. I'll be it's perfectly honest. Bomb. I'll be perfectly honest. Ninety percent of the reason why I liked the trailer the first time I saw it was because Woody Harrelson's hair looked better. Uh, he looked so much better. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think I think that's really good casting. I really like Willie Harrelson. That dude, like when he gets to be unhinged, like he he like he can do some like like good Nick Cage ridiculousness. Um, uh, I I certainly think that this can be better than the original, but I also don't think that's a very high bar to clear. Nope. Um, I think this could potentially be good, but I suspect just based off this trailer, if I were to take my guess, I just don't think this is gonna be for me um it could it could very well be a, a pretty fine movie i just it might still just work so hard against what i want uh for for venom for carnage that uh i just might not myself be able to get on board with it and that's okay yeah. it's okay that this just might not be for me guys i i just i think a lot of this is just uh uh unamusing yeah sure. um at least it, instead of it being uh black on black it will be black on red cliff i really i really like the uh Here's the thing. I actually found the, the beginning really funny when he's like, catch up, catch up. <laughs> yeah, I, I liked it too. Um, like, And I like Tom Hardy as like as uh, Eddie Brock. It's just like that I script. Found, I found him pretty underwhelming in the first movie, uh, but in just this trailer already, I'm kind of like really jazzed by his performance. Yeah. Um, so so I, 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 I like, I do like the bit you were talking about, like some of the Tom Hardy venom, even though it's like, this is Venom. Um, yeah, this is this Venom. I know. I yeah, like okay, uh, but it is it, I, it, it is entertaining. I acknowledge that. I think the the heartbreaker for me is that I'm like, cool, we're doing the Cleus Cassidy and Eddie Brock story, but like, who the who is like he's talking. He's got this narration where he's talking to Eddie Brock, and I'm like, what what the heck do you guys mean to each other? I know you saw each other for that one discussion in the previous film, but like. Who gives a crap? Like that's not character development. Well, in, have a relationship. Well, it's in the fun. comics. Well, in the comics, the reason why why Cletus Cassidy is obsessed with Eddie is purely because the Carnage symbiote comes from Venom. He calls him Daddy because well, of that. And they're in the same. They're in a cell together. Oh yeah, that's true. They they are cell. Eddie shared a cell with. That's how he gets it. Like that's a relationship. This, this, so, this, so in the original film like the original film's not good the first venom i don't like and they didn't build anything so this film is coming from that and i'm like they don't have anything there's no relationship there uh and that sucks that's just so we're not we're working so hard to build something out of that well i mean mm-hmm. he's getting introduced in this movie so like i think we're gonna get plenty like what, what, what we need no he was introduced in the last movie. no he was in a post credit scene Yes. No, he was in the middle of the movie. He goes and interviews him. The post credit scene was a tease for him to be Carnage. Oh. But he goes and interviews him in the middle of the movie related to the, the stuff that he's doing. So they have an exchange, but they'd never met before. And oh, then and he's just like, oh, yeah, you're a thing. And blah. I definitely don't remember that either. I know. I remember him being Cleese Castile at the end of the movie. Yeah, that's, because the post credit scene is the Spider Verse teaser. He's in he's in two he's in two scenes, and one is him being interviewed by Eddie in the middle of the movie, and the other is the post credits. That sets that up. I'm just gonna take your word for it, but I don't. Well, the, the post credits is the Spider Verse is the Spider Verse trailer. Yeah. Then clearly, it's or like end of the movie, whatever. The movie. Like, yeah. Anyway, anyway, it doesn't matter because the. In the in the year and a half since the first, I this is I'm not even trying to defend Venom, but like here I am doing it right, Jesus. Um, 
Eddie Brock, uh, uh, in the year and a half since the since Venom one, he's been going back and forth. That's like, oh, it's good to see you again. I've missed you. Like, like they 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 have a connection that we don't have yet, but we're gonna see more of in the next movie. So like that for me is not a big deal whatsoever. Yeah. Move on. Carnage. Let there be some. Snake Eyes. The new GI Joe spinoff. Well, hold on. Let me. What was the song? Oh, oh, I'm on a new level. Oh yeah. That was that um, one for this one. This is the uh, Henry Golding G.I. Joe spinoff. Samara Weaving is in this, uh, which I didn't know at first. I think I honestly, I was really impressed. It's pretty short, but I, I was happy with what I saw because I kind of wrote this movie off outside of just liking Henry Golding. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, Snake like guys, G.I. Joe origin. Yeah. <laughs> that probably shouldn't worry, worries me, worry me as much as it does, but yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, it was a short trailer. Like, like it's got, at least it's to have good action. Like, Henry Golding's cool. Um, mm-hmm. Like, it felt like it kind of reminded me of Mortal Kombat a little bit. Like, just with the trailer, like you know, oh, we got rival clans and all this stuff. Yeah. Like, oh, cool. I mean, that is what GI Joe is. So. Yep. Um, yeah, GI Joe is such an eclectic sense of characters. Like, you can really just pick one and just do an origin story for it, I guess. Um, and I really like Henry Golding. So, um, I mean, yeah, I was I like the sword fights. Hopefully, the the full trailer is uh, pretty impressive. If uh, if we're doing like a slew of GI Joe character films, I wish that the moniker for them was not GI Joe Origins, but it was Yo Joes, like Yo Joes, oh, yeah. Snake Eyes, Yo Joes, Yo Joes, whoever. I'm into that. I'm 100 percent into that. Um, yeah, Snake Eyes is cool. Like he's in Fortnite right now, so whatever. This week's trailers. Ooh. Uh, no Man's Sky, Mass Effect Normandy. Uh, so this is just a, a, a cute little Easter egg thing, like um, that they put at No Man's Sky, or like, hey, you can get the Mass Effect ship. So it's just a, a cute little thing you can do. Yeah, it's, I thought you'd be interested. Yeah, in it's, it's cute. It's like a little, just a little, little Easter egg thing. And you've talked a lot about how No Man's Sky is basically just like improved. Yeah, uh, like two and a half years ago, that was like the most disappointing game of, I've ever played in my life. And it looks cool. And now that game is like, I keep Very coming vibrant. back to it. Um, how much have, is like, it? Uh, it's probably it's probably on sale. If you might, I might pick it up. Brandon's like, I could, I could start flying through some space. It is like, Brandon, <laughs> especially for you, man, it is legitimately like the most relaxing game you can ever play. If you just want to like go to a cool planet, see what it looks like, travel to another system, to solar system, go land on a new planet, build a base. It's, I really do. It's really lovely. And I was really excited for it when it first came out, but then I heard it was so disappointing. But Brandon, now I'm, I'm Brandon, thinking, who's like, my whole mood is I don't want to be on Earth anymore. Yeah. And you're saying there's a game where yeah. I can do this? He's um, the doctor from Futurama where he's like, I don't want to live on this planet anymore. <laughs> Batman the Long Halloween Part 2. This is the R-rated one. We've already seen Part 1 for sure, right? Yep. Well, they're coming out. Well, this is the closest they've ever come out. Uh, these types of movies have ever come out. This is yeah. June for Part 1 and then July for Part 2. It's just odd that they would, wouldn't release a trailer. I mean, they wouldn't wait to release a trailer when we don't even have the first one. And that animation looks good. It does. It looks real good. Yeah. Animation I looks really good. I really like Jensen Ackles as Batman. Yeah, he sounds oh, pretty. Yeah. I mean, I never had complaints about him as Batman, but he's like, man, he sounds really good as Batman in this trailer. Poison um, Ivy. Yeah, Poison Ivy. All, all of um, there's just some really cool Scarecrow animation in this that I saw um, briefly. I'm, I'm, it's the same animation style for Man of Tomorrow and um, Justice Society. So I'm, I'm in on this yep. new universe altogether. But this one looks really great. And I'm glad they're they're doing it justice by making it two parts so nothing gets yeah oh yeah 
only thing I was a little iffy on is that, like we said earlier, if they're releasing a trailer and we haven't even seen part one yet. But I mean, know, so sorry. far it's like I still yeah. want to see this trailer. I mean, a lot of people kind of know that the Long Halloween is a different origin of Harvey Dent turning into Two Face. So. Yeah, and I think the the part two trailer doesn't really spoil too much, if, no. even if you're not that familiar um, outside of the Harvey Dentist Two Face at the end. Yeah. Um, but I, I think they're pretty non-spoilery. No, it's I was actually I watched the trailer I think a few times to try to find some like are they trying to spoil anything from the book? I'm like, oh no, they're pretty. It's like locked. The let's see. I've been, uh, been doing the news for two hours. Um, Monsters at work had a small little teaser. This is our first look. Monsters at Work. I really liked this. Billy Crystal, John Goodman, they're back, baby. Yeah, I like the new characters' energies. Um, Roz, right? She's back? She's back. Really like they, it. They're MILFs? What are they? They're MILFs? Myths. Myths? They're MIFT. Monster, monsters <laughs> in something training. Did you say they're MILFs? Yeah, it was an acronym. <laughs> there's, something, hey, there's something similar, right? <laughs> That's fair. Um... I'm I'm very happy with how this is looking. I can't wait for the full trailer or the show. Uh, considering this is not done by Pixar Studios, it looks pretty good. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, really high animation for what we've seen from Disney generally. Money. Well, this is coming out of Disney Animation Studios. Yeah. Like they're they're putting work into this with uh, the, they're helping the Disney Television Animation Division. At least that's my understanding of it. Hotel Transylvania, Transformania. This is the Venom Let There Be Carnage for me, guys. I am not interested in this movie. Um, real quickly, I think we should talk about the controversy. Um, guys, the Invisible Man's not hot. Apparently this is a problem for people. Apparently wait, there's a change.org petition to make him hot. Wait, wait, wait. Apparently, okay, apparently there are a lot of people growing up, like, you know, teenagers when the first hotel transylvania came out and they had a mental image of what the invisible man would look like and they've been thirsty for it and now he is not attractive enough which is reasonable to an extent because i'm like you are kind of mentally picturing a character you shouldn't ever see and now you're seeing him so i kind of understand you don't need to make a petition about it seriously Anyway, I've liked all the Hotel Transylvania films, so I'll like this one. I'm not concerned. Yeah, I like them all, too. Even though I think the trailer looks more or less underwhelming. I do like the joke that Frank gets really hot. Yeah. Uh, interesting to see Van Helsing's back. I think, that, I think that's great. Uh, yeah, it's a little weird that Van Helsing's back. Um, it definitely feels like that, oh, you brought that villain back around for some reason? I mean, sure, okay. Um and I and I do like the gag uh, with the zombie where he gets cured and then rebitten immediately. That's really good. Oh wow! The zombie humor that Tartakovsky has done in the Transylvania films is some of the best uh, humor he's ever done. Honestly, that zombie brachiosaur was disgusting. All right, I, mean, I didn't. Funny enough, I guess I should have stuck with watching this trailer because I saw this trailer. I watched like the first part and then I just stopped. I was like, I don't want to see this. It's just weird because I liked the first two Trans Hotel Transylvania films. I haven't seen the third one yet, and I liked the first two quite a bit. The third one. Uh, they have notoriously never had very good trailers, um, and the films are usually better than the trailers that they put out. Uh, I I think maybe only the first one had a good one, and even then, I don't think it represented the film right. that well. 
Uh, Maddox says, and Adam, Zach turning into Adam, Adam Sandler. Yeah. Sandler. Oh. Sweet it. Tooth had a new trailer. Man, I'm all about this vibe. I really like this trailer. I'm on this trailer. I'm toothed on this trailer. You gonna bite it? Um, yeah, man. It looks like it looks like it's like it's like big in scope. Like they're they're giving it the budget. Like it's, it's so colorful. Yeah. Seems yeah like a lot I love I love the whole look of this of the just the trailer in general. The, the way the show I'm, looks is great. Uh, I'm really ha- I don't know the actor's name, um, but I'm really happy for the actor from Artemis Fowl getting something like this. Now. That is where I recognize that guy from. Yeah, yeah. Right. Okay. He's getting a much better kid companion adventure. Yeah, I agree. Um, oh I, yeah, I love the, yeah. I love the prosthetic and CG work on the uh, hybrids. Yeah, they look great. He's got a great name. His name is Anonzo Anonzi. Nice. God, I Did you say Anonzo Anonzi? Nonzo. Nonzo. Anonzi. Resident Evil Infinite Darkness. We Not finally get a sense of what the series is. Not a lot of zombies. A lot, lot, lot of talky talk. A lot of political, like not, not fun political stuff. I will say I really like how this looks. I really like the animation in this. The animation yeah. looks good. Uh, the first like 20 seconds, I was like, is this is this World War Z? Am I watching World <laughs> War Z? This looks like World War Z. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Never got that sequel. Um, no, World War Z. I really like <laughs> I really like how this looks. For example, the um, the sequence where he's on the bridge and the chemical thing. I thought that looked really cool. Um, yeah. Animation. This has already sold me, but I hope it's I hope it's going to be cap- uh, uh, friendly for people like me to watch who haven't played the games. I'm I'm gonna I, I I'm I'm honestly gonna say no because that, that Capcom, especially with those movies, are the like like every new movie is a new entry into the lore mm-hmm. kind of in a way. So like um, we'll see. I'm gonna I'm gonna say it's probably not gonna be lore friendly, but I could be wrong. Maybe they'll change for a TV show. Um, yeah, who knows? But I I, I thought it was pretty good. Heck yeah. The mysterious Benedict Society. This wasn't too different from the preview we saw on the on the insurance day, or yeah, insurance day. No, event. not insurance day. Investor day. Investor day. Um. Uh, but I still like the look of this. Um, it's very, uh, what's that director's name? Um, Anderson. Oh, Wes Anderson. Anderson. Very Wes Anderson meets, uh, like, Children's Umbrella Academy. Um, I'm into it. Real quick, the Umbrella Academy season one is finally getting an official DVD release. Um, um, but this this looks very similar to Lemony Snicket's A Series of Unfortunate Events TV series. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm all about that. But brighter, totally. Um, so I, I, I like the look of it. I'm not sure if it's if it's gonna be for me though. This might. This kind of looks like excuse to uh, kid even, friendly. Yeah. Even if I, even if I don't end up watching it myself, I'm really glad that content like this is being made for kids. Yeah. Yes. yes. Like nice young detective solving mysteries. Yeah. Yeah. Look, it's got it's clearly got some good quality behind it, even if it's not necessarily aimed at me. Yeah. Tresse. New anime coming to Netflix? Uh, yeah, based off a Filipino comic series. That's cool. Yeah, it uh, reminded me a lot of Helsing. Yeah, uh, kind of like a Filipino Hellboy. Yeah, and I kind of agree. Uh, I'm into it. Yeah, it's it's like um, yeah, it's like a Filipino like like monster hunter, um, demon hunter. Uh, I also like the Netflix anime logo that they introduced. Oh yeah, the N yeah. anime. Yeah, it looks pretty cool. Um, oh, I didn't see that. Yeah, yeah at the beginning of the trailer and end of the trailer, there's a little N anime. Uh, Netflix anime 
logo that they've designed because they're investing harder in that, which is cool. Yeah, looks really cool. Mm -hmm. No sudden move. Okay. This is the Don Cheadle heist. Movie. Yes, this is the Don Cheadle heist movie because I, I I put this one on here. I always forget. I only put this one on here to be like, hey, look, Brendan Fraser's in a movie. Brendan Fraser, that's great. Uh, this is a cool cast. Uh, I'm happy to see Ray Liotta back doing something too. John Hamm, David. Uh, John Hamm and David Harbour are both in this as well. Um, I like the look of this. Uh, Steven Soderbergh. As far as a cast. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know. If you got a good good story with them, then great. Steven Soderbergh is the guy who directed the Oceans movies, so it looks like he's coming back to make another cool heist movie with cool people. Speaking of heist movies, shall we get into our, our main topic? That was so smooth, baby. Thank you. <laughs> that was who I was trying to think Karen of. Culkin. Karen Culkin. Oh, yeah. I was trying to remember another. Yeah. Thank you, Meg. He's, in, he's the one with Scott Pilgrim. Yes. Full spoilers for Zack Snyder's new Netflix film, original. Um, the first original film he's done since Sucker Punch. Hot dog. Um, Army of Darkness. So, nope. Army of Darkness. Army of the Dead. Army of Darkness is a better film. Um, Army <laughs> I mean, of the Dead. I mean, that's, I mean, no, I would agree with that. That movie's yeah. real. <laughs> like it or hate it, Army of Darkness is a great film. Yeah. Um, so, full spoilers from here on out uh, for that film. So, if you don't want to know anything about the movie, it's twists, turns, it's whatevers. Skip ahead. I think it's cool that when I Googled our, uh, our, our, our let's see, Army of Darkness 2, Jesus. When I Googled <laughs> Army of the Dead, it's playing at our local theater. I thought that was really neat. So oh, nice. uh, it's cool. If you I, this, you had a chance. I think this is the first time that Netflix has developed a movie that felt like a big screen blockbuster. Yeah, oh, yeah. It did feel like that. Yeah. I will agree. Like it felt like a regular movie. I, yeah. I think that's also Zack Snyder knowing really well. Like uh, he knows really well how to use his resources to maximize the look mm -hmm. it helps that he like like he was the dp on this movie like he shot this movie himself too. well that's actually one of my biggest problems is i really hate how this is shot oh okay yeah yeah. Okay. i hate the i hate the focusing things he does the close-ups with the with the the unfocused backgrounds i i could i was I'm i so annoyed i can't it doesn't bother me but i totally get it yeah i think this is his most underwhelming cinematography yeah. yeah, I mean it is. It is. It is definitely. Even though, it, like, I don't like the looks of the DC movies, those definitely at least have like a style to them. Yeah. Like, and this is a little more, like, a little more kind of just if, generic. If you didn't tell me that this was a Zack Snyder movie, visually, yeah, I wouldn't have known. I guess that's like, and that's thing for him. <laughs> but that's kind of sad because that's yeah. kind of my favorite thing about him. Even when I don't like what the movie's substance is, yeah. Visually, I think he's a really pronounced director, and I'm kind of surprised. Maybe because his collaborators make it better. I'm kind of surprised at how kind of middle of the road the cinematography on this was. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Not all the time. No. There were shots that, that I thought really stood out, yeah. but but overall. Ben? Yeah. Um, I was going to say that halfway through this movie is like, am I really watching a Zack Snyder film? Because, I mean, once again, love it or hate it, just the Zack Snyder Justice League cut, there's some gorgeous shots. But you can tell, like, this movie was directed by Zack Snyder. Same with 300, same with Deal. And, I mean, I guess I was trying to watch this, like, where is all the slow-mo 
Because this, I feel like this would, if there was a movie to use a lot of good slow mo shots, this would be the one to do it. Well, it was in the, it was in the opening montage. Yeah, it's, it's, it's which is a good opening montage. He always has. It is like, a good opening montage. He has yes. good openings, like pretty much a lot of his movies. So he is good at that yeah. part. Yeah, I, um, I think the biggest positive I came out, I came out of this film with, is that this is the first time I've watched one of his movies post Watchmen where I didn't feel like he was angry with me. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Because okay. I, because like he, he's, his DC movies are angry. Um, they are. They are. He is. He is mad, and his politics comes out so so far. Zan Randy and politics are all through those. This is the first time I've watched one of the films where I didn't actively feel like he was yelling at me for something. Yeah. yeah. Um. And and I, this is something I want to talk about a lot, but I I do think what happened to him in his personal life affected the way this movie came out. Because oh, there's sure. a lot of stuff dealing with fathers and daughters in this movie that mm -hmm. I think is 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 what he's he's working out a lot of shit in this movie. And I think it worked out in the better for his film. Yeah, I don't think it I don't think it's quite all the way what I would what I would expect, but I think the character development in this movie is some of the stronger that he's done in his entire filmography. I, I agree. No, I agree. Um uh I, I like this movie. I I don't love it, but I, I like it. Like I I'm pretty much in the same spot. Yeah, like, um, yeah. I don't think it's great, but, like, I had a good time watching it. I'm glad I watched it. Like, I would have liked to have seen this on the big screen. Like, like Dave Bautista beating up zombies is, like, really cool. I, I think the zombie stuff is awesome. I really the, like it. The, 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 what, I, what I said in the beginning uh, holds true throughout this movie, where most of what Netflix would call a blockbuster, like The Old Guard or that one with Jamie Foxx and Joseph Gordon-Levitt, like those are made for Netflix movies. And while they have big budgets and they look good, they you can tell those are from Netflix. Army of the Dead is the first one that I felt like this is what you've, you've got the award films, you've got the Oscar films, you make the quality that, that the studios make, but you don't quite got the, the blockbuster market. And I think this is your first time you've got the blockbuster, you've got the blockbuster yeah. market. Yep. Um, I think the character establishments are pretty good. I don't think everyone's development is good. Mm -hmm. Some are. Uh, I think a lot of the dialogue is bad. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like in lesser actors' hands, it would be this is a student film script. Um, most of them are able to pull it off. Not all. Uh, certainly not Batista's daughter. Um, she's, she's Katie, the character. I don't. I know the actress, but like right. she. Also, the actress I don't think is very good either. But like I think she's a bad character, and the actress is kind of bad. So that whole character for me is like, oh boy. And her dialogue. I kind of, I kind of didn't want to bring this up, but there's a funny joke in in the pitch meeting for this movie, which just dropped today. Um, oh, I'm watching that. Nice. The Screen Rant pitch meeting, where it's just like, and we're gonna introduce his daughter, right? Who gets everyone killed? What? Yeah. <laughs> by the way. Um. Yeah. I. I think. Uh. So my my biggest like critique on the film. I think is it's I think it's just too long. Um, and I wouldn't mind the length if there was substance. If there was substance that was developing the characters or I felt like I was connecting with more of them because I, I think again, I think pretty much everybody's established well. I just don't think they're all followed through on very well. At a certain point in the movie I just kind of wonder why they're standing there. It bothers me that there's a lot of scenes where two people end up talking to the side and the whole group is just kind of standing off screen blurred out. Mm -hmm. Um and I'm like, what the hell are all of them doing? Like th th that happens multiple times, and I'm like, what? Why are we acting like these people are alone and there's not other stuff going on? I love there's a scene where like where Batista's arguing with his Dave Batista's arguing with his daughter. And he's like, all right, let's move two feet this way and have the same conversation. Yes. And it's like you just moved over for? there just yeah. so you can have the same conversation, not quieter. Uh, yeah. I, um, I 
forgot what I was going to say. My bad. Uh, yeah, I, I just think that, you know, I would not mind... Okay, two things. Like, I would not mind the runtime if, like, there was more going on in film for it. I also wouldn't mind the runtime if there weren't other Army of the Dead projects already in development. And the fact yeah. that this world is already going to be expanded on, I'm like, th then this doesn't need to be this long. Like, uh, uh, like things could be picking up. There's definitely, like, things of, like, rounding up the crew members for the heist where I'm like, why are we taking forever on this this is the slowest moving heist movie i've ever watched mm -hmm. this that's the, that's one of the things that i i that's my, one of my biggest criticisms with it is that this film doesn't have the energy of a heist movie it has the energy of a zombie movie yeah. and i i get it as actually i wanted to make a zombie movie but everything we've heard is this is a heist movie with a with a zombie background drop this heist movie heist movie the trailer has a lot of energy to it and it's a lot of fun um the movie doesn't carry on that energy and that's uh, that's a bummer i'm not saying it's like it needs to but for a heist movie i kind of expected the same amount of energy that we get when uh tanaka um scorpion is yeah. doing his um is doing his like setup that's got the energy of a heist movie and that's a lot of fun but the movie doesn't carry on that that energy yeah so there was this one part in the movie it's right when um the smart the alphas the smart zombies when they burst in there is a shot that when one of them gets shot in the head and you see the blue stuff, but it I'm looks like it. It, I jump into, into, into it already. All right. Man. Oh, you know where I'm going with this? Yes, we know. Okay. So the robot zombies. Hell yeah. yeah. The, yeah. There are robot zombies. Hell, I'm so, oh, we can't, we can't talk about this yet. Cause I love it. So I was, much. I was waiting for this. <laughs> I thought we were talking about this way later. I was going to like cover everything else. This was going to be Okay. Great. Let me backtrack yeah, a little. Okay. Let me backtrack. Hold on. Okay. Let me backtrack to one of the, um, to what Brand said. Saying that um, saying this is a heist movie. Well, in heist movies, they get away with it. Not everyone dies. I don't least... mind that. I don't mind that. I just kind of wish I cared about their deaths. The only I one I really them. cared. I... The only one I was like, no, was the safe cracker when he pushes yeah. the uh, other guy into the safe. And I was like, oh, that is like a noble sacrifice. That is like a sacrifice. And actually, I completely forget about him the whole time. Like when they dropped the nuke on Vegas. Um... Oh, did he, how did the Terminator, he the Terminator Sarah Connor Chronicles dude, um, you know who I'm talking about. Spartan. Yeah, the security guy, the glasses. Yeah, yeah. Oh, his, I think his death's too long, but it's kind of cathartic. No, it I, I like it. Yeah, I like I, it. I, I agree, it's a little too long. I mean, this whole movie, in my opinion, is way too long. Like oh, two and a half hours. Good God. That that's a good that's a good place for me to 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 go. There's a world building problem when you make animal zombies, because like birds. As soon as you make a zombie bird, the world's done. That's it. There's there's the zombies everywhere. Yes, but also this is a movie where like where like this is not a smart movie. Let me say. <laughs> this is a situation where like if you're actually if the city was actually going to be nuked, these people would be too close to it. They would like oh like my God, like logic the, is the not guy who walks out of the safe into a nuclear wasteland. Yeah, yeah. Logic is, is not what I'm in here for this movie. Like like that kind of stuff. Like I can pass. I can push it away. Because uh, that doesn't super bother. I can't, I can't talk about the nuclear bomb stuff very well because this was the wrong week for me to watch that movie. Doing a bunch of research about the way we have portrayed nuclear bombs for in sure. our media yeah. since we dropped them. Yeah. Um. And I was like, 
oh, I see everything I was reading about and about how gross our, our popularization that we've been propagandized into using the mushroom cloud when it's actually an or, like an image of fear, but we made it an image of American might is really disgusting. Yeah. Uh, so this was the wrong week for me to watch this in terms of the nuclear bomb thing. So I'm sorry. Like I hate everything around that nuclear bomb. Yeah. I, uh, I, I agree with, I agree with Ryan um, about the, like, this is a pretty dumb movie and this is kind of Zack Snyder going back to making dumb movies. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm here for that. It's just, he does spend a lot of time world building and I don't, I kind of like it. I like the world building, except I don't need to think about zombie sex. Um, did not appreciate that. Um, I like, I like but, the emotion because, you know, it's saying like they are, they are their own species now. Yeah. They sure. have a future that you are blowing up. Sure. Um, well, and then, and then they, the dude kills that future, but I get it. I don't know. Personal opinion. I didn't need to have it. Um, it, oh, what was I going to say? Shoot. Oh, uh, and so the world building is interesting and it's, and it's fun with the alpha, with the alpha alpha and then the alphas and then the, 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 the shamblers and, and things like that. And then you've got like, you decide just to not world build when it comes to the animals, because you know, that opens up kind of a can of worms. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I think that's, it's a cool image. The, the sacred and Roy tiger being a zombie, but it does kind of open up a can of worms. I don't think Zack Snyder was quite willing to play with i personally don't think it opens a can of words because it's like what what like what's the real world logic of of zombies being real right like if like airborne viruses everyone would be a zombie right like that's how how do they contain them well enough to surround them with tankers yeah again it's like these are like real things like man this movie's too stupid to even like if i if i think about this one thing i'm gonna think about all of it and i just you just can't like with this movie i just like I get it. Why does absolutely no? Because there's no way like they don't know at the camp is like just everybody paid off enough that they don't care. Everybody knows that there's a back way in, into Las Vegas. They yeah. just don't give a shit. Yeah. Like, I like the back way is just you just open the door. Yeah. yeah. Um, like, why would you drop paratroopers into a zombie infested Las Vegas when you know? Uh, I want to talk about my absolute favorite piece of world building lore mythology about the zombies in this which is that the, the shamblers are stupid yeah. and they stayed in the sun too long that they dehydrate but if it rains they come back for a little that bit. is dope yeah that is yeah. a great zombie fact i yeah. think that's awesome kudos to them that's so cool um I, I agree um that actually goes into another criticism i have about Chekhov's gun is apparently not a thing in this movie um, because we get like the sense of like, oh, the dude, don't touch that dude's saw. There's gonna the, the saw. It's important to him the saw, and then he doesn't use the saw in any cool action sequence or the yeah. shamblers being too stupid and and oh, yeah, in the true. rain. Like I kind of feel like that's yeah. all set up. I would like to see in the yeah, movie. Like, like we never point. see him wield the saw. The saw only comes out when they need to cut a hole to escape. Yeah, I kind of I would have liked to have seen like when he's fighting the the alpha. With the saw, like that's yeah. his that's his weapon. Like we see in the opening montage, I'm like, oh, that's some bad, that's badass. Also, I kind of like the opening montage where they have the people with the pictures of families and their military that was gear. Cool. But okay, at the same time, I really don't like how I was really looking forward to the mom who we see get crushed after they finish, finish building a wall because she is like a, a soccer mom who finds her daughter, and I'm like, I am like, I want to see this story. I want to see this play out and then they get crushed i'm like god damn it zach you had a someone there that i wanted and i cared about oh, and yeah. then just murked them right in front of me bloody yeah, i think that's well done but you bring up an excellent point 
my problem with that thing in the montage that we're seeing like the the quick glimpse of like this is who i was before kind of thing is that we do it for um just those handful of characters and i'm like why didn't we do this for all of them or or why didn't we at least do it for the ones that we're, we need to care about the most because i will argue that like yes we care about van and scott uh but we do not really get to care about the the one girl who does survive not the mom but the other one who's like the engineering one who's close to dave batista has romantic feelings for him but the, the only time that she really gets developed is the moment that she decides Crack. to express that before she gets immediately murdered which and is I wild wonder, what was the point of that yeah that's for me the one that sticks out the most of the character development stuff is like the dave batista and that girl like connecting i'm like but you guys really haven't like i see she was un she was never developed yeah like i see why you're doing this like oh they were old friends who didn't connect but like you didn't really work towards i will it. also make an argument that in the establishment in the montage everyone else is shown to have like people they were saving or fighting for mm -hmm. she's just shown to be a badass mowing down zombies and her flashback photo is her alone mm -hmm. uh and proud yeah like it sets an image of like she's she doesn't connect with people it's and her that nothing in the script after that ever contradicts that idea yeah her montage photo is her holding a picture of a, a not a picture, but a magazine cover that she was on. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it makes her feel like uh, an isolated character to begin with, and yeah. nothing changes that. So when that scene comes out of kind of nowhere, where she decides, "I'm going to take this moment right now while we're concerned about the bomb dropping on us early," uh, to talk about um, our romantic feelings that haven't been addressed this entire time, and all yeah. like this is really terrible character work. That she is, she is my one of my bigger problems with the film because I'm like, you're just not getting to do anything and then you get in, in, a, in a film of like other people being done well. That was shocking. The shock value of that is really good. Yeah. Uh, and the pain for Batista in that moment is really good. Batista's really, really good in this movie. He's really good. He's, he's working, he's working with like a, a subpar script and he's turning, he's turning the gold stakes out of this. Like yeah. there's, he's like really crying. Uh, in this movie, I think man. he and Tig Notaro and Tig. Uh, the, the guy who's playing Eduardo yeah. uh, and Van, and Garrett Dillahunt are all bringing it. And the girl who played Lily. Yeah. I think all those actors are really honestly bringing it. Yeah. Uh, it's just the script isn't always serving them. Yeah. Like Eduardo is basically, he's just there after we find out who he is, which the is YouTube that he's guy. the guy who does YouTube stuff. Yeah. And then he's just kind of there because his, his kind of humor is relinquished to give Dieter focus. Yeah. And again, like, wouldn't bother me in a 90 minute movie. Bothers me in a two and a half hour one, though. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, you mentioned Tig Notaro. If I didn't know that Tig Notaro wasn't present at the time of filming this, I wouldn't have known. I would have just said, why does she kind of look like she's not there sometimes? Yeah. She looks a little <laughs> small. Yeah, she looks a little blurry it's, there. It, it's really impressive, though. Like, like I thought she was going to be in the movie for, like, five minutes. She's, like, she's in the movie. Yeah, she's she's in the movie a lot. And they're just CGIing her in place of the bad guy who's no longer in this movie, thank God. Yeah. Um, She's like really, really funny. And like, I'm actually like, I think she's a great, she's probably like the best character in this movie. She's got like, good energy. She's got I really love how they recruit her where it's just like, uh, uh, two million, I'm in. You don't want to know. I don't, two million, I hate my life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll change yeah. my life. <laughs> yeah. Two million, I'm in. You don't want to know what you got to do. I'm the helicopter person. I assume yeah. you need a helicopter. Uh, I love that it was like, all right, we're going to get 15 million. All right, you're going to get 2 million. All right, you're getting 500,000. All right, you're getting 25,000. Yeah, you want to make like 100 bucks? Like, <laughs> it's so good. The, the levels of keep stooping down. Um, yeah, I think this movie's pretty fun, and I think it has a good energy. It is too long. Um, 
I definitely think some of you can cut out like 20 minutes of a lot of talking because it Easily. ends up it ends up like not amounting to anything, especially with that that engineer character or the lady. I don't even remember her name. Um, yeah, yeah. I think the action is great, like really good. Specifically, the one scene of of like of um, them trying to creep through the hibernating zombies. Oh, yeah. That's and the cool. one girl gets distracted. She has the best action scene in the whole movie. She's killing it in that scene. Except then yeah. she gets. So I kind of like it how she like raises her hand sheepishly that she's never killed a zombie, and then once she's in it, she's just like murking zombies. Yeah, she does such a good job. It's so and tense. she breaks through the glass, and the, you see Garadil Hug go, oh, oh shit! I'm just like, <laughs> yo, help her out. Yeah, uh, okay, uh, I know we this we've established this is a stupid movie. We ha- we can't put logic into us, but it just annoyed the ever living crap out of me how the YouTube star held his AR his uh, AK forty seven sideways and he was getting headshots every single time. Um, was like, I, I to Ben's point, like you know, there 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 are certain things where you just kind of go like, kind of a dumb movie. Fine. Um, there's there's an important thing that's kind of tied to two elements that I it's hard for me to get past. It's hard for me to accept that absolutely no character ever asks Naka, how come you can't just tell us the combination to your own safe? Mm. Which is safe. Um, we gotta get a safe cracker for that, mm-hmm. I guess. Okay, sure, fine, kid, fine. Again, this is one of those things with one line of like, oh, once once the city went under, like the, the security lock broke or yeah, something. Sure. Just one line. Would've been fine. Yeah. Um, but it's weird that no, no, no character ever questions that. Yeah. Uh, the other thing is, like, if Tanaka never cared about the money, truly never cared about the money, all you wanted was an alpha's head, I'm like, they could have done that if you just told them. They could have done that, and you could have paid them. You're clearly still rich. Yeah. Uh, plenty for them to have done it. And they could have done it in that very first interaction they have with the alphas and just actually done it in and out and been done with it. I don't know why you go through this elaborate idea of, like, but go get the safe, guys. Get a safe cracker to crack the safe and go do all these things. I just want an alpha head. And you can tell that it's the military... And you could tell that the military was involved. You had like a bunch of those generals in the, at Tanaka's house. Yeah. So yeah. clearly, it's like, yo, military's in on this somehow. See, I thought. And these are all for, and these and the guys going in. At least two of them are former military. So it'd be just like, yo, we're gonna give you the sweetest deal ever. You just go in, get one dude's head or one lady's head, GTFO, and then. Here you go. Then so I, thought, I thought there was going to be that in the vault that had the money, there was going to be like a serum or a document that's super important. To Something the important, yeah. So they have to go to the vault. Right. But you're right. They just needed an alpha head. So they the, the vault is like unnecessary to the plot. Absolutely really. meaningless. So, like, so gathering the yeah. team is absolutely meaningless. And it's like you really actually could have gotten what you wanted if you'd just been, been honest and said, I want this thing. Yeah. I will pay you. I'm really I'm rich. Millions of dollars to go do it. Oh, great. Okay, let's go do it. Because he says, no problem. Because he says, I've been reimbursed by the insurance company anyway. Yeah. Right. So it's it's weird. It's yeah. just weird. Again, that's, why, why from? Yeah. I know. I know. Like, you can accept like dumb movie. No, I, but that I absolutely it. is like the core impetus of why the events no, of the film happen it. and when you think about it for just a second yeah. it's like that makes no damn sense i know and that's more the whole movie doesn't work i know you so, know the more i think about it the more i don't like this movie that's well no fine. i still think i still think it's it's i fun. yeah i still had a good time <laughs> yeah, One of the, I, still had, I still had fun with it it's just it's definitely a thing where i'm like what one what? of the things that i that i can't get past like spark said um is uh gita who is the crux of kate going into the the reason why everyone dies mostly and disappears once the helicopter leaves 
Yeah, they just they she don't died. even show her dead body. Yeah, it's a, like that's how inconsequential she was. That's gross. Right. So like, why have her in the movie? Why have that character in the movie at all? If okay. It doesn't matter. So, you know, so I was just about I, to ask about that. I was like, because I once the credits started rolling, I stopped watching. But was there like an, I was gonna ask no. you guys if there's no. an internet scene or anything with no. Gita or so. I was like, oh, so this is just a sad time. Gita would okay. just like lift up the lift up the in the post credits. Uh, she's the alpha. She's the alpha. Um, so what I hate about Kate going to save Gita uh, amidst everything else that was happening is that like it's so incredibly irresponsible because clearly the logic is like there is an atomic bomb about to drop. Like you don't get out of that building without your dad bringing the helicopter to save you. You know what you're risking, yeah. And you're doing it anyway. Like you're not even telling them like I'm gonna do this or or anything. You just take off and you're like I'm sure somebody will come get and me. And you know what? Or we'll be we'll be dead. If she was like a 12 year old girl, then I'd be like, okay, she's like young and a kid. Like sure. But she's covered in tattoos. Like she's a she's a young adult. Like she's probably like young, she's younger than us, but she's not a kid. So she's smart enough to know better. Like it was just a bad decision all around. Like the scripting. Like. So and again, like, it's, like I could accept it if the nuclear bomb hadn't, like, she didn't know that the nuclear bomb had been moved up. Mm -hmm. I could even accept that. But she did. But she, did. she knew that it was, like, less than 30 minutes inbound, and she's like, all right, I'm just going to pop on over, and I hope you all figure out I'm over there and bring the helicopter by. Otherwise, I'm going to die on this mission anyway. Yeah. And uh, my whole purpose of going is pointless. Mm -hmm. Stupid. I'm going to try to be positive for a second, because I did like this movie a little yeah, bit. Yeah. A bit. Um, I think the action is great. I think I think the action is great. I think uh, 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 once the nuke goes off, uh, I think it does look kind of nice, um, especially sure. at the end with like Batista's daughter, like that. Even though I don't like her or the actress, um, the moment with with Batista turning into a zombie, dying, and his daughter, I think that is a good moment. She is. I like that moment a lot. She's giving the best acting at that moment, which I think does help me with, with her character a little yeah. bit. Um, Tignataro, like again, like completely replacing a character and having it actually work as it does, like. She's like she's like the funniest person in the movie. Like it's so weird that like she didn't exist in the original movie. Like okay, like look, I know I'm way import more important than that guy. Yeah, yeah. We are incentivized yeah. to kill that guy. They're like, oh, you were listening to me? No, no, no. Yeah, I'm definitely more important than that guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, Tig's great. Like yeah, oh, yeah, I think the, most of the cast. The scene, the scene where where, where she's just like, I'm more important than that guy. Oh, you're listening to me? Well, I'm more important than that girl. You're listening to me? Well, I'm definitely more important than that guy. Yeah. Uh, I love all that, like and Dieter, like like him and um, uh, the guy with the saw. Like I like their relationship. Okay. Like Van, um, me too. A lot of it's like yeah, it's like it's underdeveloped. But like those actors are really, really. I think the, best. the relationship with Dieter and Van is the most developed outside of Batista's I agree. daughter. I yeah. agree. I think it gets the most like from from a point A to point B stuff that happened between them. Yeah. Uh, done well. And I think that that allows me to care about it when Dieter is the Dieter and and. Dave Batista are the only two that I cared about dying. Yeah, um, I cared about Tig too. Yeah. Well, because I like Tig, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but like as far as the character development goes, like I that that was a good character moment for Dieter to, to push him through into the safe. I, I cared about the girl that he screwed over who had to break through the window and everything. I cared about her just because she got she over. she got so like, far. I'm not gonna say yeah. her character was de well developed or anything, but her action scene was so good that I'm like, man, she earned her her not dying and she yeah. still got it, and that sucks. Yeah. <laughs> I was the only person I was like really happy to see die was the head of security because you can tell like Obviously. when they're in the bus he is told like especially when he's like going up to that girl and he's like trying you can tell he's like trying to grab her it's like oh yeah you gonna die um, and then also, and then he's like constantly talks about the tiger I'm like yeah I can't wait to see that tiger eat you and then balance. he does and then the tiger does I'm like yay yeah um I like the design of the zombies like they kind of seem like like they like they have a dehydrated look to them yes. already. 
Um, I really think it looks cool, especially the alpha has like some cool designs. Um, now let's talk about some robots on. Uh, can we talk about the opening? Oh yeah. The, the um, musical montage? Yeah, yeah the, the reason all this happens is because of Roadhead. Oh, um, yes! Uh, <laughs> I know, it's been a long movie. You might have forgotten. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't remember. That's funny. Uh, uh, it, it's cool that uh, that actor that played Jimmy Olsen got to come back to play a character for a little bit. Yeah, right? It's a little bit longer than Jimmy yeah, yeah. Olsen. Next time, maybe he'll have, like, a whole role. Um, I, I like that opening sequence. I think it's really cool. I like the idea that, like, they were, they were taking... I, th- I think the moment goes on far too long, but... Yeah. Um, I, uh, I, I kind of like it as a setup. It's one of the more unique setups I've seen for a zombie movie. I agree. I think that, that it, it was a good setup. I, I actually really do like the shot of him coming over looking at the, the skyline of Vegas. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a really good setup shot. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I think it set up the stakes well. And I like the concept of like, boy, we screwed up in that one place. We just walled off and nobody goes to Vegas now, guys. Sorry. <laughs> like, America's way. We just pretend that, it isn't there. Yeah. Yeah. That felt pretty, that felt pretty spot on. I oh, was line. Uh, you just made me think of the line. I love the line where it's like, uh, "We're we're this is a free country." Well, we're not in America anymore, technically, and it's like, "Great, so it's a freer country." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Shit>. <laughs> um, I I really I also like the designs of the of the the zombies. I did get confused when we first see the alpha alpha as I'll call as I call them. Yeah. Um, because I wasn't sure it was the same. There's. Two guys, pale, black-haired hair. guys, but one one's length is just a little bit longer, not long enough to make it. To, you get confused. I did. It was the it. when I when I caught the dog tags on the other one, I was like, oh, yeah. okay, that's the same one from that's who started this whole thing. And then the alpha alpha becomes a Yurikai from Lord of the Rings and puts a helmet on and a cape. So <laughs> honestly, so cool. Yeah. When like they they're taking the shot at him and he's like, no, 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 and it's like, oh man, smart this zombies, dude. Smart zombies are no. cool. I actually kind of like the the way like the main the head alpha is designed because he looks like a zombie or he looks like a necromancer. Yeah. Because he kind of is a necromancer. I kind of it's like a modern day necromancer with not a lot of fancy stuff thrown in. And I was like, this is kind of cool. Although I do laugh that when he's like wearing his armor, like, his faceplate, they everyone just keeps shooting him in the head and it just keeps bouncing. I was like, stop wasting your bullets. You know it's not gonna work. What what else are you gonna do? Yeah. Yeah, well, when, when when what they should have done is when when he takes off the helmet to, to fight the to fight Van, Dieter just shoots him in the head. Yeah, I was waiting for that. Honestly, I was like, "Is this good? is this honor good? doesn't exist?" Oh, I like the I like the world building that like they'll let you do whatever you want as long as you make a sacrifice. Uh, they won't let you do whatever you want. They just prefer they'll let you explore the outer perimeter. They don't want you coming into the heart of it. Yeah, right. Uh, that's that's trespassing on their territory. I do like the idea of them having to set up an established society, uh, the mm-hmm. way that they operate. I like their their rituals, their like, ideas. Um, I like the way that they convey the original. What is it? I am Omega. I am Legend. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I am Legend, which is a uh, well. Um, Omega Man. Uh, Omega, Omega Man. Man. Yeah. You, uh, yeah. yeah. Um, I do like uh, the the concept of. Um, him being able to listen and hear the baby and that kind of thing and ha- that's how they tell you. I think the actor who uh, played his queen did a really good job. She is a good visual focal point uh, for the alphas. Actor. Yeah, very, very good. Like uh, very, very iconic. Honestly, yeah, it's, um, it's, it's an iconic look. Yeah, and you don't get to see very many zombie movies where zombies are dodging bullets. So that's just it's just a fun thing where zombies like. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's it's cool that. It's cool that they have very different types of zombies. Oh, speaking of very different types of zombies. Okay, so throughout the whole movie, 
they're there, but they slowly just get more and more like inside we, these blue we, eyes. We were definitely like going like those are some blue eyes. Yeah, there's mm-hmm. there's one shot where like I'm not sure, and then it's like a zoom out shot of a lot of zombies, and you definitely see the two eyes like glowing. I'm like something's off here and then a zombie gets his head blown off and it's a robot it's all sparky and (laughs) the first time the first time i saw it was the dude who just had the blue eyes in the shadow and he gets and he gets shot and there was like sparks i was like that's weird and then the second time is is when they're in the casino and he shoots him and like his half his face blows off i'm like that's a robot that's when i knew that i didn't love the movie but i'm like yeah okay you're just you're just like whatever whatever i want to do i I want to like that's the that's another piece of world but like look Zack snyder is very interested in building this world of army of the dead it's very clear with more projects so like world building why are there robot zombies yeah um he did an interview and he he very quickly is like oh maybe it maybe they're fake zombies so the government can monitor what the zombies are doing almost like a sleeper agent kind of thing but i'm like so they built robot zombies (laughs) the government did and that's like that's what the anime's about. All right. That's what uh, about. Uh, but the other thing he suggested was that they're of alien origin. Yes. Which made me go, okay, well, that's at the beginning of the movie, we're talking about Area 51. So this he's actually building a franchise that's gonna allow him to do zombies and robots and aliens. This is gonna be the good sucker punch. It is much better than sucker punch. Hundred percent. Oh yeah. I am, um, you know, as Sucker Punch is, is his only other original feature, um, so it's really the only point of comparison that you can make because they are both original. Uh, yeah. Zack Snyder. You can uh, you can make a slight argument about Dawn of the Dead. I understand it's a remake. What about but, the Hulu? But it's the Hulu's based on a book. That's based on okay. a book series. Got it. Um, but it's very much like his own interpretation of the work rather than like a, a true remake. Like the main, the main focus is that they're in a mall and beyond that, it's yeah, not really anything that, from it's... the original. Yeah. But it is still, it still has a source that he's working from. I understand, I understand. Um, and it, it's not even written by him mostly. Um, so, definitely um, by him. definitely rewritten by him. Exactly. Um, and I think this is, this is far more successful I don't know um, why we didn't see the zombie baby thing coming. He did zombie baby and Dawn of the Dead. That's why I spelled it. I, I, I kept mentioning it. I was like, this yeah, is yeah. no, it's gonna be baby number two. Yeah. yeah. He, this is oh. he's two for two now. Yeah, I, I, I think this is, you know, more successful in what he's trying to do than than in Sucker Punch, because in Sucker Punch he is trying to look he he got, he got up his own ass at the Watchmen. Let's be let's be honest. He decided yeah. he wanted to make really smart movies, but he just couldn't. And Sucker yeah. Punch is one of those where he's just trying to make a a super smart feminist movie and it falls really short and yeah, i think in chairs on sets oh i heard that yeah, yeah that's um so like this is more successful in that sense also like it is it, it, he he's not trying to make a smart commentary on anything but it, because of that it's it's more successful in the places that he's failed in the past listen he's a guy who 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 plays the song viva las vegas when we're talking about the city of las vegas like he's not like no offense, but he's not a guy of deep, deep philosophical Okay. Things, even though as much as he wants to be sometimes. I can live with Viva Las Vegas. What I can't live with is zombies. Zombie, yeah, zombie. Yeah, I think, of course, now of that one is like, okay, that's way too on the nose. Nope. Nah, I, have, I have heard the counter argument. I didn't read too much into it, but he, there is there is relevance to what the song is actually about in relation to the movie. Yeah. Um, so what there was thought in, in, in that one, I don't, I, I didn't read it. I don't know what the song is actually about. So it's about the IRA I, I, in Ireland. I missed it. Cause you guys were talking at the same time. Which song are we talking about? Zombie. Zombie. Okay. Uh, I don't agree with, uh, with you, Ben. Sorry. 
I guess I don't agree either because I, I heard I, I did read a bit of what what is the song about anyway? It's about, it's the, about political strife in Ireland. Yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah, I, I I think thematically, in his mind, it works. He didn't pick it because it says zombie in in it. Yeah. Um, at least that's what his interview says. Yeah. The, the, the I recreated it because people like to make Zack Snyder seem stupider than he actually is, and I just think like maybe he just wanted to pick a song because it's cool. Now, my interpretation is he did pick that song because it said zombie in it. Now, if he actually did pick it because of what the song actually means, then okay, cool, good on him. I'll take back. I'll, I'll... again. That's what the interview that that Ryan retweeted said is that 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 is what Zack Snyder said is that there was the 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 political reasons for the song uh for the for, for the song are relevant to he the also movie. Also, listen to it while writing the script almost every day. He said because he had a zombie playlist, and again, it doesn't have to be deep sometimes. Either. Look, I know that the uh, like, sorry, just like uh, uh, the uh, Snyder has done plenty of things I don't like, but like zombie, the lyrics of the song zombie totally work in tone with what this film is about. It's not just like but people the being song zombies is titled zombie violence. and then and then nothing in the song's text has anything to correlate to the film it, it totally fits i don't think that's him just like bullshitting out of his own ass about a song uh this is this is a weird <laughs> i mean now you're defending him <laughs> no i because i'm not anti no, I'm him kidding, and i, I don't think i don't <laughs> i do not agree that like snyder is so artistically dumb that he does things like that uh i think he very much like i don't always understand the reasons he does things but i think he absolutely thinks through choices like that i i was i was going to say that exact same thing um i he, he is not a dumb person he's a very smart person um i don't agree with the conclusions he comes to and i don't agree with the politics he has but yeah. i cannot deny that he puts in a, a tremendous amount of effort into every single choice he makes in every film we saw it in justice league well at least you guys did i'll tell you uh, what much better choices in this than in Justice League, though. Okay, um, but we but we see it like he he is very methodical with his, with making his movies, uh, picking his song choices, um, everything like that. So he did not hear a song that says "zombie" in it and throw it in there. To him, it made thematical sense with what the song is about. And okay. whether or not you agree with that or not, that's that's interpretation. I'm yeah. just saying that when I first saw the movie, I I heard "zombie." I'm like, okay, really. But also. But you know what the have is about? Movie. That's what I mean. Like, if that's just bandwagoning, because like, this is not important at all. Um, yeah, I, I think I, one of the things I do appreciate about him is is his sense of um, uh, purpose, really, when it comes to uh, designing a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I may not agree with the final product at all, all times, but I, yeah. I, uh, I have to admire the struggle. I I definitely like it. It doesn't. Matt, I'm just changing topics, guys. Um, it doesn't matter that uh, in the context of like this movie that the robot zombie thing isn't addressed because we do know we're getting other projects, so I'm sure it will be explored somewhere. Yeah. But like in the context of me just wanting to like watch this movie, it is kind of something where I'm like, why? I saw that a little too much to not have anybody at least reference it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They don't even like, reference a, it. Like, because they don't even notice. And I'm like, uh, the fact that this is goes unaddressed the whole movie is a little bizarre. Yeah. I guess I can accept it because this is the beginning of a franchise. But um, in the context of it being its own film, I'd rather that was somewhat... It didn't even need to be explained, but acknowledged. No, I agree with that. Yeah. Uh, um, that's that's where I. Think. It's wild that he shoots that zombie and he sees sparks and blue like like like. I mean, they're in the middle of a firefight, but like I, yeah. He doesn't even go. What the hell? Yeah, yeah. Like not even that. Yeah. I was, yeah. I was expecting some sort of reveal, some sort of 
like even more sinister plot than what really is going on. I think but there is, it yeah. just kept going on with the heist, and I'm just sitting there going, even Fanny, she watched this movie with me. She's like, Did that look like a robot to you? I was like, Yeah, it did. Why are the <laughs> robots in here? And never answered. Yeah. Um, I think that that is something that kind of irks me about most of the characters uh, across the board is I don't feel like they, they question the circumstances of things that are happening to them enough. Yeah. Like everybody's kind of suspicious of Garrett Dillahunt, but nobody takes any action about it. And he even mentions, like, oh, I, got, like I got a, you twice. Or keeps like a good eye on him. Yeah. Uh, like every when he goes off with Lily, everyone's like, yeah, it's fine. Like, like it's, it's weird when they blatantly will be characters who will acknowledge like, uh, yeah, that dude, we can't really trust that dude. Oh, he's going to go off with only one other team member? That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's fine. I'm not going to question that. Like, that's that's a little strange. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, and especially because, like, the, 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 the friend of the girl who who died yeah. kind of is, is suspicious. Like, what did you do? Uh-huh. 100%. And like it's and then it's dropped after that and it, that that part is a little strange. Like everybody's clearly on edge about him being there, doesn't like it, mm-hmm. but nobody's really even like in some cases they're just not even acknowledging that he's really there. Uh, <laughs> Maybe he was DJI. He's almost in his own story separately in some instances, and it's a little strange. Um, I like a lot of things about this movie, but there's definitely some like character work stuff that I just wish was cleaned up, especially with the talented cast that he had. I agree. Um, one thing though, I do want to talk about is I want to talk about like what is essentially the epilogue of Van. Um, my only thing about it is that I I'm confused about how he's not already infected. How can get so far away? Only because it yeah. is clearly established very well up to that point that bitten by an alpha, you turn quickly. Yeah. Uh, and so, like, he couldn't have had the amount of time he had to have sat in the safe through the bomb explosion, grabbed the bags of money, emerged himself, gone to a to a, a vehicle, gotten to a jet, bought the jet, gotten on the hours, jet before. Like that's that it, it, you're just you're you're breaking the reality of the film that you've established in story just to circumstantially move the character so far away i'm like this is really hard for me to accept the circumstances of i would have taken much better what i would have bought entirely is if he didn't get bit but instead just had like a scratch and that a scratch takes longer and like Mm -hmm. just the implication that that was the case because we'd only seen bites work fast and if you told me like if all i saw was like he had a scratch on him instead and i'd be like oh dang does that mean He's infected and allow me to think about that. Like he's not feeling well, but I have to think about it. You're not even telling me he's infected. So what worries he, he, he could always, he could already, he could like, when I was doing this, I was like, okay, is this radiation poisoning? That, like it could be a myriad or just exhaustion yeah. after yeah. everything he's been through. And he did get into that fight. He did get hurt. Like it, it could be any of those things. Here's what um, I think it, here's what I think it, it could be. And this is, this is going to be awful. What if it's like more set up where he's like special? Right, and he's like, "Oh, maybe I'm. I like the infection doesn't do anything to me, or it's like a setup for something, and it's like we gotta wait for the next thing." Yeah, that's because otherwise it doesn't make sense. Because I agree. Again, again, uh, but the, but again, like the nice thing is like if it's a scratch, all those questions are still viable. Yeah, it's just like you're not immediately taking me out of the context of what you already pre-established. Yeah, I can still wonder like, oh, what's up? Is he infected? Is he not infected? Because the scratch is different. Is he just immune? That was a what's, big bite. What 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 are all the things? But because it's a bite, I have to like challenge the ideas of what you've already established yeah. and i have to now wait for another I project to explain to me that that, that was going to end with like a, almost like a cliffhanger with him being a zombie and turning the plane and then that's where the next infection happens right and i almost prefer that he just looks in the mirror and he's like shit and yeah. it's like you don't know is he turning i don't know yeah but i do wish that the context of how 
was something like a scratch. So I have to think through all the possibilities a little more rather than go, is this just bad scripting to put him further away? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, or it, it does this mean something else? Cause I don't know which the intention is. I think it, I think it might not mean anything. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of my bummer about it. Um, yeah. And I, and I think like, uh, you know, uh, there were ways to, to remedy it a bit. True. Sure. Um, but overall, I still think like it, it was fun to watch. Um, there's, there's overall some good action beats. Um, I do think the cast is pretty strong, even when their characters fall short. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Do you want to rate it? I'm going to give it a 7 out of 10. I think it's a perfectly good action movie with some kind of bad scripting. Yeah, I feel pretty comfortable with a 7 out of 10, too. I'll probably go there. So, 7 sounds right. I mean, the action is really good. I, I do like the action a lot. It's just a lot of the characters and the, the character stuff isn't the best and the and logic like, isn't sound. And I like the world. I like the idea of these alpha zombies. I like the idea of their kingdom. I like the idea of all these things. I, I wish I get to know more. I even like the concept of like, I like having the question of what's up with the robot zombies. I just, I just want it to have been acknowledged a bit more in the pretense of the film. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, will agree. Seven out of 10 for me as well. Just kind of wish it had more energy to it. Yeah. Um, but I was happy that it wasn't as mean as his other films. So. It's, this is a it's a pretty subdued Zack Snyder movie, which I think is a good sign for the future of his filmmaking, where like he can be like softer. Yeah, but I, but I it, wanted I wanted more of a I wanted more of a heist movie tone. Yeah, something with like you, you look at Ocean's Eleven, um, you, really Ocean's uh, Eleven, um, and it's it's fast paced. It's you're kind of having fun. I kind of wanted I kind of expected that from the trailers. I think that the movie, the recruiting part, all the way up to before they enter all could have been clipped along a lot faster, more like a traditional heist film. Mm-hmm. And then once we're in, you can get to this slow tempo and you can take your time and do the yeah. zombie movie stuff and have the heist happening around it. One other thing we, we didn't even touch on, but I do really love the scene uh, with Dieter and Van, where Van's going and getting different zombies to walk across all the pressure pads. Oh, yeah, yeah. That is uh, awesome. I think that's a really good bit, and I think it ends in a really well-done, gross yeah, you're right. smush that they have to pull apart. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, he said it was non-lethal. That doesn't look non-lethal to me. Oh, that was a good concept. It's uh, it's not the meat, it's the heat. It's not the meat, it's the heat. Yeah, except it kind of opens the... Why aren't they just eating themselves if they're in the hot sun? Because they're cold. They're cold. But they're always in the hot sun. We, we talked about the burning zombies. But that, that, that... Yeah, they get dehydrated, but their body temperatures are cold. Man. That's why their temperatures, their bodies are dropping decibels. All right, let's get into our book club. Let's stuff for that. Ryan, it's me. Do your thing. Hey guys, it's me, Ryan Eliopoulos from the Fake Nerd Podcast. Guess what I like? Comic books. We're going to talk about Bucky Barnes colon The Winter Soldier by Alice Scott and Marco Rudy. Um, this took place like seven, eight years ago, back uh, when uh, Bucky Barnes was um, the man on the wall, which was Nick Fury's old position. He, he guards the Earth from aliens. That's his thing. So in Bucky Barnes Winter Soldier, he's a space assassin. And um, you guys, this has probably some of the best art Marvel's ever published. 100%. 100%. Marco Rudy is a godsend. Um, Every single panel is a piece of art. Every page is a piece of art until we get to the fill-in artist. The fourth issue. Which is not his fault for being the talent that he is. But when you go from, like, when you go from the ethereal, beautiful stuff that you're doing in the last issues and you go to a traditional comic, it kind of ruins the flow of the whole comic, which is unfortunate. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, I agree. I read this when it first came out. Mm -hmm. um, I was picking up the issues. This was just after Original Sin, yep. um, where it was revealed that Nick Fury had always been a life model decoy and was, in fact, the man on the wall. True. Um, wild stuff. Yeah, and now he's the Watcher. Um, but <laughs> this concept was dropped after Secret Wars, um, and probably earlier than that, but I wish it hadn't. Yeah, um... I just, man, the concept alone, it's so wild, and it's not something you, you traditionally would, like, you don't think to do this with a character. Like, oh, yeah, let's make him a space assassin. Like, let's bring him in space and, like, interacting with a bunch of uh, alien civilizations. Um, it's kind of like a weird, like, time travel plot that I think is kind of cool that I don't think fully works out at the end. Yeah. Um, I just, man, I just, the art, it's just, this book is for, you get this book for the art, man. Um and like the 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 stuff with him and like the, the alien queen where he has like a relationship with I think that's really sweet. I think that's really great. I doesn't he have to kill her? I don't remember. It's been a while. Well, he's hired to kill her, but all all Bucky Barnes from across the multiverse all fall in love with the same princess and live that's after, right. happily ever after. That's right. Oh my gosh. Um. Yeah. I'm just looking at this art again, guys. And uh, it has been a several more days since I've read this comic. But um. Yeah. Just re looking through the art. Oh yeah. Crossbone shows up. It's a great crossbones. Uh, I I really love when crossbone shows up that the art changes and it's meant to reflect the perspective of the species that he's attacking. Mm. Uh. That this this change in like they acknowledge it. Like, did you? What's going on? Why are we seeing things? different i thought that was really cool and uh, uh, i love when comics do that when they're like we're going to present something different to reflect what the characters are experiencing as uh as a different thing yeah. um i will say like i think the art is gorgeous i do think that overall the paneling is really creative and i think it works really well i will say there was a section near the end of the namor part uh where i kind of got lost mm -hmm. uh in the art and i couldn't follow what was happening and i had to really look and try and suss it out and that that threw me a little but that was one instance where the art just kind of got yeah. too too confusing and and hard for me to make so, out what was going on something we, we talk about like when we talk about comics is like yeah is, is lettering mm -hmm. um and you know uh not covering up certain images and stuff and the thing with this type of paneling it's not traditional comic paneling you know you have like like you have six grids or six panels or whatever like every page is a different type of 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 page right so um marco does all this beautiful art and then and then alice has to make sure that the letter that the, the letters aren't covering up good pieces of art so it makes reading the comic hard at times where yeah. like you'll have to be like you're going from like right to left left to right up to down yeah. and you have to do that because you don't want to mess with the art because right. you have to redraw the whole thing to make the letters work um yeah. and that is like kind of a bummer sometimes but like and man it makes up for it with everything else for sure um yeah like overall uh it's just so so pretty and engaging and um the the reason why yeah. when the artist changes that it's such a problem is because uh marco is using the art to tell part of the story like uh even though it's alice cott still writing like once you hit the generic the more standard i don't want to say generic but yeah. the more standard style of comic paneling i feel like i'm not being told part of the story anymore yeah um because part of it was being told by the visual display that marco had been doing up to that point and uh, the way that he makes you look at certain things, the way he hyper-focuses on a moment uh, is telling you part of the story. And you to just totally lose that um, when we switch artists, which really, really oh, sucks. Yeah, and takes you out of the moment. Uh, I did want to spotlight what I know for a fact is absolutely Brandon's favorite part of this comic, which is um, the Guardians of Lower Asgard, uh, Kyle and Steve. Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, Little puppies. I saw them and I'm like, well, Brandon's favorite part of the comic just came up. Um, I love the characters that they're that are chosen to be in this. Um, yeah. You got old Loki, and then you got Daisy Johnson. You got Quake. 
and this is just like what Agents of Shield is like. It's like hit. It's like you know, like like a couple seasons in, but like Quake is not a character like anyone really cares about. But like Alice Scott's like, oh, who's a character that I can use that no one really cares about? But it's like big right now. And I think Daisy Johnson works in this comic. Like she's a cool, she's a cool like like a uh, helpful assassin lady. Oh man, this is good. The crossbow. Yeah, like, stuff. like this. This, this is insane. Tells, this conveys so much to me with this moment. That, bones that the that the other art just can't yeah uh you know in in telling the story the same way like it's not even fair to compare marco's orb from annihilation with uh the orb from annihilation presented in the other part yeah 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 absolutely. <laughs> um yeah ben you wanted to even want to say something yeah so at first i wasn't really a big fan of the art now before you guys all harp on me it is gorgeous it is beautiful but harp, it was harp, very harp 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 I didn't get that you were saying harp I thought you were saying art <laughs> go ahead Ben. because at first it was really hard for me to follow along what was going on as I was reading this book I get that don't be wrong when the art when the fill-in artist came in part of me was like oh thank god I have a better picture but then I was like Bleh. I actually don't know go back I don't like the fill-in artist no, I, that's, okay. I that, that's I unfair because it's it's work, but I personally, I I found his art to be ugly. It's no, just, I, that's what yeah. I'm saying. I didn't like the fill-in artist either because the fill-in. I was agreeing with you, Ben. Oh, okay. Because I mean, it took me a few times, especially uh, um, the Namor stuff. Like, I love the name. The Namor stuff. I thought with the, what I was reading was cool, but what I was looking at, I'm like, what the frick am I looking at? I really yeah, wish I did, man I did on the get wall. Lost in that. It was that that was the thickest part that I had the hardest time seeing through was the name work mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah, but then we, there we, were times. Good. But then there were times where I stood, I, I, I stood back and looked at it, and I saw like there's this really cool splash page. I really like. It's like an outline of the princess's uh, silhouette. It's like uh, her her profile mm-hmm. shot, mm-hmm. and I thought, oh, oh that's and like all the action was going on in those panels. I'm like, hey, that's pretty cool. And then I saw I saw a little bit more, and then eventually the art grew on me. So yes, it is beautiful, but at the yeah, that that was really That's cool, stunning. But there are <laughs> but there are times, especially in the very beginning of when I was reading this, that I'm trying to figure out what in the world's going on. But I'm just looking at to me, giant blobs of color and a few shapes here and there. I'm like, which one is Bucky? Which one is Daisy? Okay, there's Bucky, but who are you? Oh, are you Daisy? Are you sure? I totally, uh, I I totally understand what you're talking about, Ben. I had a similar problem the first time I read it. I have the benefit, much like Ryan, that I've read this before, um, so it was easier to follow along. Being my second time through, um, uh, I really, I really love the way that Marco uses art to do things like highlight Bucky speaking when he's not on a panel by the logo of the star. Yeah. Uh, the, the way he incorporates things like symbols to yeah. accentuate a character is so cool. Um, there's just there's just incredible stuff. His, his rendition of Asgard that uh, appears at the end of the first issue is incredible. Uh, this is very much this very much felt to me as I was reading it. Like I'm like, oh, this is this is Bucky Barnes does wasted space. Yeah, that's what this is. There you go. Yeah. Um, and I well, it wasn't in the news. Michael Morisi's doing a movie. Good Heck yeah, yes, yeah. love it. Um, uh, this this that was very much what this was to me, and I I'm really here for the story, and it, it is it's like a really sad and and not fair again, like it's not fair to this artist, but it's like a sad blemish on this story that the art had to change, yeah, because it just feels so absolutely immaculate and tied to the story it's telling you, and like I could kind of 
get past it the first time it happened because I was like, I can accept that this is like him future bucking his own space. But then it happens again later when he's interacting with Daisy. And then like we turn the page and Daisy's in another spot and switch back to Marco. And I'm like, man, I can't, ah, oh, that yeah. looks so bad by comparison. Yeah. It's not fair. Especially it's when they're side by side. have to put them next to each other like that. No, like my biggest takeaway with that, with the villain artist is that when I first saw the villain artist, like, okay, cool. To me, it was a clear picture. I was like, yes, I could finally follow along what's going on. I could finally see the actions that are supposed to happen. But then as I kept reading it, I was like, th- like there's a shot of old Bucky looking at 616 Bucky or like alternate universe looking at 616. And that it, it, just looked ugly. Like, it's bad. Uh, it's like, it's like, do you want the really cool, artsy, beautiful stuff, but you don't know what's going on? Or do you want do you want to know what's going on, but do you want it to look butt ugly? It's like, I you got to pick know. one. I I would I really wish this concept had continued. Um, yeah. This book did not do well. Um, I think the idea of Bucky Barn Space Adventurer could have been Evergreen, um, and we could be seeing him on the Guardians of the Galaxy, for example, right now. Dude, that would be crazy, yeah. Um, I, I mean, we saw Jack, uh, Jack of All Trades on the Guardians with Evan and the Landing. Jack, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, or whatever his name is, I forgot. Jack, Jack Flag. Jack Flag, yeah. Um, so it could happen. I'm bummed that we we lost this story potential because this yeah, book didn't do so well. Now that we have Falcon Winter Soldier, like this era, Bucky is never coming back. Yeah. yeah. So this is a this is like yeah this is one of those things where like it was a cool idea for a year and then that's that's it. Yeah. I'm just glad we got to have it because again like this art it's like it's, man it's extremely uh, creative. Um, it's a singular piece of like really interesting takes mm-hmm. on characters and really well done art. Um, I I want to read the rest of it and i'm going to okay. uh because i'm i'm very interested in where this goes uh i i think overall it's just a nice very different corner of marvel yep yeah i'm surprised none of us mentioned the best line in this entire book mm. imperious sex oh yeah God. <laughs> <laughs> so good. all right um that'll do it i guess so we only do this four yeah. hours all right. Um, this was a really turn. good pick, though. I'm really glad you shared this. Yeah. For no other reason than just to experience like this it's very different. this very different uh, interpretation. Yeah. yeah. I was happy to revisit it. Right. Uh, so my turn next next week. Oh. Um, I brought it stupidly because we were supposed to record last week. Sorry. But uh, I I Ben said favorite line and I realized I have a picture of my favorite line, which was. Um, uh, when he, right at the very beginning, when uh, the, they end up killing the dude who was leading the alien species, and he's like, you want me to be your leader, but I'm not going to do that. Um, but don't worry, we're, we're bringing you the gift of democracy. Enjoy it. And the alien's like, but this changes so much, we already discarded democracy. It proved rather faulty. What do we do? And I'm like, <laughs> yep, that's true. Democracy, faulty. Mm. Yeah. Uh, that first, that first, real quick, that first, like, uh, uh, action scene where it's him going to destabilize like a country to establish democracy is what America does to South America all the time. So it's like, this is, Alice Cott's a very political writer and that's why he doesn't write for Marvel anymore. Very much like a Rick Remender. He writes lots of indie stuff. He did Bloodborne, which unfortunately is not that very good except for the art again. Um, yeah, Alice Cott's so cool. And like, I'm just glad he got to try to do this little thing in space. Very cool. Yeah. All right. My turn next week on no more, no preamble. Alien 3, William Gibson's Alien 3 graphic novel adaptation. Um, we went through all the Alien films, supposed to do this weeks ago, but it just never lined up. 
So I want to do it before we get too far away from the Alien film episode. Um, so here you go. William Gibson's Alien 3. Super duper. Cool. Gets to see a, 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 another version of Alien 3. Another one. Another one. All right. That'll do it. Woo. That'll we do did her. it, guys. Another episode. Ooh, I'm tired. In the can. Next week, we will have two reviews. One will be a review special. Uh, we'll be talking to talking about Cruella. Cruella. And <gasps> A Quiet Place. A Quiet Place Part 2. Mag says, good night, everybody. Um, See you next time. Good night. Uh, so, yeah. So, Cruella and A Quiet Place Part 2. Quiet Place Part 2 is the review special. So, stay tuned. Um, all right. Until next time, you can check out our other shows. Uh, we have my new show, Conversation, where, uh, like I said up top, there are two episodes in the description below. Um, Chris Maverick and Sparks Witty, part one. Part two for Sparks Witty will be coming this week. This week. And you can also check out our YouTube, the rest of our YouTube page. Make sure to like this video and subscribe to this channel. Uh, check out their other stuff on YouTube, such as Fake Nerds Watch. Like I said up top, Invincible, linked below. Um, our Zack Snyder's review, Zack Snyder Justice League review, linked below. Um, all on YouTube. Basement Arcade, Basement Arcade Pause Menu, Top Loader. Basement Arcade Pause Menu mm -hmm. is up now, right? Yep. And then Fake Nerd Book Club. Um, a new episode of that, probably soon, now that Sparks is off of school, it'd be easier to record. Yay. Um, as well as a surprise, maybe. I don't want to say that. Oh. I already did, though. Oops. Oops. Crafted by Z Masked, guys. Um, I had the thing here a little bit ago, but yeah, check out our masks. Last call on the mask. I won't say exactly when, because we haven't decided totally. Um, but it's just kind of nice to have, if you're sick. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, check that out. Uh, otherwise, you'll just be seeing this fabric on something else. A dress. Maybe coasters. Oh, coasters. Ooh. Underwear. Okay, but it's only mine. And then we have to share it, like Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. This would be the fake nerd traveling uh, underwear. It's got a gloss on it. It's fine. No, no, no. Oh, okay. That's I want your filth. Oh, cool. I'm waiting for that lawsuit. You <laughs> <laughs> check out our Patreon. Um, one more month for the shirt and Patreon. Uh, Stephen King best friend shirt, and then we get a new shirt up there. So definitely make sure to... There's so many damn bugs. Make sure to check out that and of course our t public tons of shirts on t public um tons of things on t public mugs and whatnot linked below our website at www.fakenerdpodcast.com you can find everything linked there as well as uh in the description below you can find that linked thank you to everyone who listens thank you to everyone who watches the live show when you guys thanks, pop in thanks mag uh thank you to uh, everyone who watches the rewind thank you to everyone who just supports us in general we love you you can also check out... Sorry, thank you to Jeremy Vellucci. I say that instead. You can check him at Jeremy Vellucci Keyboards. He does our theme music and our interim music throughout the episode. You've heard it You've heard it a dozen times, uh, but you can find him and his podcast, Suburban Proctologist, um, at facebook.com slash suburbanproctologistofficial or Instagram at Podcast. Check it out on iTunes. Subscribe to iTunes, obviously. And thank you to Mike Matola. Mike, it's been too long. We'll get you on you find him at Mike Patola. He does our Patreon shirt, exclusive Patreon shirt, and our logos, and uh, uh, more to come, hopefully. 
Um, he's kind of our exclusive Patreon shirt guy. It's really nice yeah. of him to do that. I'm really happy about it. It's great. All right. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, all at Fake Nerd Podcast, fakenerdguys at gmail.com. If you'd like to get in touch with us personally, I'm at BT McClure on Instagram and Twitter. Ben? You can find me praying for forgiveness for my wallet and also posting way too many cat pictures on my Instagram at BenMagnet27 on Instagram and Twitter. And also, like Brandon said earlier, it's linked down below. My newest article from OldSchoolGamerMagazine.com is there. I still can't remember what I wrote about. It must have been something, though, because... <laughs> I, I wrote it. It's there. Sparks. Yeah. Uh, you can find me knocking out fools on Knockout City at Sparks Witty on Instagram and Twitter. S P A R K Z Witty. And for the last time, Ryan Eliopoulos. The last time? Yeah, remember we made the joke that this is your last episode because. Oh, Zach yeah. Snyder. Zach Snyder's next episode. Well, you can find me waiting until he makes that King Arthur movie or whatever he's making at DJ Tony Snarf. Or a religious movie or a porno. I'll take all of it at once. Um, Rachel from Boy Meets World is getting a new sitcom. The one oh. who became a porn star. Oh. Yeah. She's going she's going back to sitcom. Hey, hey, wherever pays the bills, right? Well, it's cool. She would be the first actress to do porn and mainstream. So to be fair, the sitcom is about a porn star. Mm. I'm sure we can find some other people if we try hard enough. <laughs> We're in a um, weird rabbit hole right now. You want to end this? <laughs> yeah, subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music and Podcasts, and Pandora. Rate and review wherever you get us. We'd greatly appreciate it. Like this video, subscribe to this channel. Until next week, guys, stay fake nerds. Bye.